Everybody, it is Saturday night, April the 11th, year 2011, here at 728 here on the West Coast. Hope you're all doing well. I'm doing fine. Going to be an evening that Patricia and I will be with you guys throughout the evening. We don't have any special live guests booked at the moment. So it'll be just us and the family. So that's good. We love spending time with you. But first, let's say our prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for the one out. Wonderful opportunity being all together. Bless all the listeners and supporters of the station. Bless Willie as he goes home this weekend. Bless all our friends who might be experiencing joyful reunions with loved ones this weekend. Those who might have good news or good good thoughts. Help those who might be going through difficult times at this time. We ask this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Okay, we're going to go get the first lady of yesterday USA and we'll put on a great song which I love very much. Here we go. How things in Glockamora There's that little brook still leaping there does it still run down to Donnie Cove through Killy Bay, killed Kerry and killed Our things in Glockamora? Is that willow tree still weeping there? Does that lassie with the twinkling eye come smiling by? And does she walk away sad and dreamy there, not to see me there? So I ask each weeping willow, and each brook along the way, and each lass that comes a-sighing to relay, are things in Glockamora this fine day? Donnie Cole through Killy Bays, kill Kerry and kill Dad. Ah, things in Glockamora. There's that willow tree still weeping there. Does that lassie with the twinkling eye come smiling by? And does she walk away, sad and dreamy there, 
not to see me there. So I ask each weeping willow and each brook along the way and each lass that comes a sighing to Things in Glocamora And how are things in Glocamora, Patricia? things in Glockamora are wonderful. Am I up to a four tonight? Nope, you're down at a, you're down at the three. How about a four? No. And we'll be dandy. Hi, everybody. Happy Saturday. Saturday. Hey, everybody. We're here. Happy Saturday. This is incredible. I'm not finished with Tuesday yet, so if it's all the same to you, <laughs> I'll finish up and be back later. You're dragging over here. Yeah. yeah. I had a good week. How was your week? Super. I had my physical. The doctor saw my numbers so well, he didn't. He said, let's just skip the blood work this year. I'm pretty happy about that. You know, he, he liked my numbers from last year, so we, we're going to do it every other, every other year, but he did give me a tetanus shot. That's okay. I mean, I, have, I haven't had one since I was seven years old, so I guess, I guess it's about time. I guess so. You're not going to run around step on any rusty nails or anything, are you? No. Wouldn't do that. No. Wouldn't do that. Physical was good. Uh, Thursday, I got to go over and see our friend Janet Waldo. Oh, hooray. How is she doing? She's doing super. And she's asked me to help transfer her transcription collection. So I'm getting that done for her. And so there's a lot of good goodies in, the, in those old-time radio stuff that's not been in a hobby, so... What are you transferring it to? Uh, it, it will be done external hard drives, and then, uh, you know, that way properly stored in the high-fidelity sound. So, Got it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that way, and then she'll get CD copies, but at least, you know, it'll be on external hard drives. Mm-hmm. And so I saw her... And talked to Frank a couple times this week. He's Great. doing well. Doing okay? Doing super. And next week, my Uncle Jim and Aunt Carol, the ones that live in Florida, will be in here with us Wednesday through Friday. So we got a big week around here. Family coming in and uh, and stuff like that there. So, so all good week. And stuff like that there. <laughs> Hooray. Hooray. Now, I have a question. You told me a couple of minutes ago, I could come stay with you anytime. That's right. And I asked if your mom knew about this, and you said, oh, it's okay. It is okay. And we're going to patent your mom. Now, where am I going to sit if you've got all of these relatives coming? Well, don't you be here. Well, see, my brother has five weeks off, and so he's wow. going he to sweep on the couch. <laughs> his little heart. Yeah. You know, I, he said, well, Philip, I said, why don't you sweep in my Walden? Yes. You know the phone rings all night over there. Why would I bother to move in your room when it's going to ring all night? So he turned my offer down. I let him take over my bedroom. I knew he was a smart person. <laughs> 
why in heaven's name would a person want to sleep in a room where the phone rings all night long? Well, you know, well, of course you could have him. You know, he works all night long, though. That's true. So he's just a, you could help him keep his schedule. He's just amazed. Well, the family's amazed. When I sneak off and go visit friends, it's totally quiet around here. <laughs> and they're surprised. When I'm here, ring, ring, bang, bang, you know, stuff happens. So Is it, we need to hire you out for New Year's Eve. The walking noisemaker. Oh, well, that's probably true. Sure. Guy Lombardo didn't know what he missed. No, he didn't. He was around too early. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Anybody out there, um, hope you enjoyed the first song. I was probably saying by, I can show one of the most underrated singers of the 1940s, uh, Buddy Clark, who had a great voice, great personality, and who is totally forgotten today. But I guess right the way he says how are things in Guacamole. We came from a Broadway play named. Anybody out there want to call in? You, you, you what, might want to guess what famous Broadway show that came from? No, it wasn't Brigadoon. No. Nope. No, nope, Brigadoon was much too late. And this week, the Broadway show, um, I said get Mom, Kitty Cow, and she took over to be the star of the show. So, anybody out there who wants to figure out how are things from Guacamole? I'll give you, it's based upon the Irish show. That, that'll give you a clue. <laughs> Boy, Walter, you just giving away the answer. <laughs> oh, my, we're going to have a long <laughs> show tonight. 714-545. Oh, no, no, that's the home phone. Patricia's over there. She want to talk to her. She called this number here. 714 Five four five two zero seven one. Give us a call. The water's fine. It's Would warm. you like to know what we have in store tonight? I have to, I'm in the wrong place again tonight, which is okay, except I'm in the wrong place, you know? Huh? I'm Diamond Jim Brady, da-da-da-da, the gas spill, notes, I got that, okay. Um, I'm, I'm on the smaller, on the laptop computer. Oh, you're over there. Yeah, I'm over there in the other room. You're in the other room. Working in this room is easier. It's just that the computer is a little bit smaller. It's a laptop, but the screen is a little bit smaller, too. So, <laughs> And obviously, a laptop works a bit differently from, yeah. from a big one. So I am going to sound like a doofus a couple of times. I'll say, wait a minute, it's here somewhere. It's here somewhere. What we need to do is have our computer techie people help Patricia by transferring her screen over to a TV set. Oh. Like, like that's how my friend Don and all those guys, they, they don't buy with a computer screen. They just use their TV set at their monitor. No, Joe. Uh-huh. Oh, you'll never get me out of this room. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is good. Can you do a split screen so like, I can watch NCIS and could. do my work at the same time? Probably could. How about that? <laughs> I'm going to be happy that I switched over from one company to another, but they gave me this um, computer. 
handheld computer that does everything except walk to the mailbox for me, and it lets me see what is happening for the next 400 million hours. So I ran all the way across, and I went past the paid programming, and you know, because it tells me what's on every hour, mm -hmm. and I got to 6 o'clock in the morning, and NCIS is on at 6 o'clock in the morning, and I have to watch NCIS. That's my very favorite show. And it's only on at 6 o'clock. It's the only show that's going to be on early in the morning. So we have to be, <laughs> we have to be home by 6 o'clock. <laughs> they are saying, well, then we've been on awfully late. Do you think people out there are listening to us lately? Oh, I know they are. Why, why are they calling us at 6 in the morning? I suppose. I suppose. Well, let me go through my list here. We have a theme tonight. Yes. We ought to do this ahead of time, like give one a week ahead so people can be prepared. How uh, do that? The uh -oh. is... I think somebody's going to interrupt us, but that's okay. good. Hello there, you're on the air. This is John. I called you a couple weeks ago. Hey, John, how are you doing? And I got, uh, Patricia sent me two nice discs. Oh, hooray. I'm so glad you got them, and I apologize that they took so long. I just wound up in a bubble, and I lost, I just, I think some people got duplicates, John. <laughs> I just hope I right. didn't miss anybody. And, I, and then I sent the, I checked the bill brag. Oh, aren't you nice? Thank you for doing that. And uh, Walden's question about how are things in Glockamora? Yeah, how are things in Glockamora? Well, not so good because it doesn't exist. That's true. <laughs> it's a fictional place. Right. Where did it come from? What Broadway show did it come from? Fillion's Rainbow. Very good. Oh, my gosh. You remember who was the original star of it? Oh, my goodness. That's been a long time ago. I, I know. was a little kid, but I do remember the show was on Broadway. That's right. It was Elder Logan. Elder Logan was the original star. And... My, if some people may know a long time, my second mom, who sort of adopted me years ago, was Kitty Cowan. And Kitty was a star. Pretty Kitty Cowan. Pretty huh? Kitty Cowan, you bet. And she was a star yeah. in the nightclubs in, in Coca Cabana. And one of her gifts was mimicry. And she could mimic Ella Logan. And the Broadway producers saw her show, and they knew they were going to replace Ella Logan because she was going to leave. But they saw her ability to mimic, they just gave her the job right away. I'll be there. Yeah. David Niven, when he took over for the, in the Pink Panther, uh, when he died, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, I think it was Richard Little took his place, uh, his voice or something like that. Something came that he passed away. Right. David, David Niven, and they mimicked the character for him. Wow. That's right. Picture. That's right. Wow. Well, John, I have a question for you. All right. Well, Walden tossed out this great question. I love the song, How Are Things in Guacamora, but I never knew where it came from, but you did, which means I get to send you some radio shows, and if you're patient, it won't take as long as time. <laughs> what do you think you'd like? I think you want another check. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, not at all. No, we've, we just have such a good time giving away radio shows because people enjoy hearing them. Uh-huh. So you'd like? Oh, my goodness. I, I like real old ones. <laughs> we only deal in real old ones. That's a house specialty. There's not too many from the 1920s. 
What's unique about that show? How the, the opening? What's unique? What? Right. What was unique about the opening? Texaco Star Theater. The siren. That's right. And then when December seventh happened, that Wednesday they had to take it off the air. They had to take the siren off the air and no longer use it during the duration of the war. It was confusing for the people. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep, I remember all those things in World War II. Uh, yeah. That's when girls used to play the paper dolls. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe somebody, uh, we should toss that out to somebody and ask who remembers playing with paper dolls. Who, who had the song? Who, who had the song on paper doll? Brothers. Oh. That's right, the Bill Brothers. <laughs> yeah, 1944. That <laughs> That's right. All right, now, what, it, what was the song? Um, I have a paper doll that... Uh, call my own. I'm going to buy a paper doll that I can call my um, own. Buy yeah. a paper doll. Oh. Okay. Okay. Oh, the other fellows cannot steal. That's right. Oh, oh. <laughs> that's sad. <laughs> oh. That was a very popular song. During the, it's a wartime song. Mm-hmm. That was a wartime song. Yeah. Oh, God, you know, we really had some heartbreaking songs in the 40s and even in the 30s. Oh, yeah. They were sad. They were really sad, right? Do you, do you like World War II music? Yes, I do. Would you like some World War II music? Oh, yeah. I have got a load of World War II music, I... and almost nobody asked for it. I think I've only um, shared it one time. Maybe twice, so I would be happy to send that along with the Texaco Star Theater. Yeah, they had uh, one of the famous uh, recording labels in those days was Decca. Yeah. Uh huh. Crosby, Bing Crosby, the Andrews Sisters used to all record on Decca records. Here's an interesting story. You know what? Um, traditionally, the the uh, the performer got a nickel for every time a record was recorded. Yeah. That for Bing Crosby, he got 15 cents. Now, when you say recorded, when you went and bought, when you went to the record store to buy a deck of records. Okay, so when it was purchased. When you purchased, the traditional performer got five five cents. Yeah. Crosby got fifteen. I'll be I didn't know that. Yep. Yeah. Well, I think that's pretty reasonable. Well, considering how hot, how big Crosby was, he could d- dictate his own terms. You know, pretty much. Yeah. It's like um. Uh, when uh, Irving Berlin, when they played uh, God Bless America, went to the Boy Scouts. That's right. We were just talking about that last week, and with Kate Smith, the proceeds from uh, her rendition of God Bless America went to the Girl Scouts. And you know, the interesting thing about God Bless America, 
Irving Berlin wrote that in World War One. That's correct. I was going to say that's an old song he dug out of the drawer. And he didn't think it was. He thought there were too many songs going out. And he put it away for twenty years. Yeah. Twenty years. I, I knew that. Yeah. Frank Brzee um, was in Las Vegas and he saw uh, a sheet music. It was a personal note from uh, Ted Collins to Irving Berlin. This was years ago. They were asking for a hundred thousand dollars for it. Oh my goodness! And Frank thought that might have been a pretty good investment. He didn't bother to buy it, but uh, you know that would definitely. I think most people probably would have preferred that to be our national anthem, really. Mhm. Yeah, right. Uh, like it was a move to do that, and it just didn't get far enough. Like America the Beautiful. Great song. They thought that that should have been our national anthem, mm-hmm. America the Beautiful. Yeah. But I, don't, I, I grew up not far from uh, Fort McHenry, where Francis Scott Key wrote the, the words to the Star Spangled Banner. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I, did, I lived not far from there when he, I was a little kid. Most people may not know. He wrote that in uh, 1814 during the War of 1812. He was uh, went to on a British vessel to release American prisoners. Right. Do you know when the Constitu- when the Congress decided to make that our official song? 19, 1932. Yeah, can you imagine? I mean, they waited over 100 years before they settled on that. You two are incredible. <laughs> I, lyrics, the lyrics are from an old English drinking song. I guess he, I guess he was over, if yeah, I remember... That. The lyrics, of course, Francis Scott Key wrote the lyrics. John, if I remember the story right, he was over to negotiate a release of a prisoner, right? That's right. And they made a deal that he could get the prisoner, but he had to stay overnight on the ship. Right. And And that's when he wrote the song. The person's name was Beans. Beans, huh. I never knew that. And there there was an old joke about that, that uh, Francis Scott Key wanted to get Beans out of the can. Huh. Now what? Now the, the can being the jail or prisoner. Is the fort still over there in? Uh, is it Maryland? What? What? Where is the fort? Fort McHenry is, is a um, in the Patapsco River, just before you get to the port of Baltimore. Okay. And uh, actually, I'm I've lived in Maryland all my life, and I never went to Fort McHenry. <laughs> I grew up in New York and spent a lot of years there, and I never went to the Statue of Liberty. Well, made it easier for me to admit that, John. That's, that's how those things work out, I guess. Oh, it's like, always, they're always there, and they're always going to be there, and they just kind of fall by the wayside. So I'm, I'm very disappointed in myself for not ever having done that. Actually, by the Francis Scott Key Bridge, which caused crosses the Patasco River, of course, it was named in his honor. There's a, a small fort called Fort Carroll, hmm. and it was put there to protect the city of Baltimore. Uh, that was before the Civil War, and it was uh, designed and uh, was under the supervision of Robert E. Lee. Robert E. Lee, yeah. yeah. They built a fort there that's a very small place now. It's rat infested. It's not being taken care of. Mm. Sad. That is sad. Really sad. Well, John, I will get some shows out to you, and I promise you won't have to wait as long this time. 
That's all right. That's fine. <laughs> Appreciate it. And this is our pleasure to do this. I mean, this is just part of the fun. You answer a question, and we get to send you some shows, and that's all there is to it. You bet. Well, I'm not as good as Walden, but I remember a lot. <laughs> just, I'm sitting here saying 1932. They both know 1932. Both of them know. <laughs> I'm so glad you two are there because I am a doofus with some of this stuff. I need. But you're a young... You're a young lady, right? Um, well, yeah. <laughs> Every week I get a call, or we both take a call, and somebody wants to know how old I am. Maybe I should have a contest. Well, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna ask you that question. Why? Why? Thank you. He's a gentleman and a scholar, Patricia. Yeah, and it's, you're right. And a scholar. <laughs> My gosh, you are right. What? What is your? Is it okay to ask? What is your background, John? Well, uh, I worked for 43 years at Bethlehem Steel. Oh, wow. I worked in the specifications division. Uh-huh. I didn't actually work in the mill. I worked in the sales. Right. I never got my hands dirty. <laughs> you were a long-time person there. 43 years. The name Bethlehem Steel still operational? Or had that been taken over by some other conglomerate? They, they threw in the towel about 10 years ago. Mm. Uh, they lasted that long, no kidding. And I remember when U.S. Steel gave up their name, like 20 years ago practically. Yeah, well... Oh, I think it was even longer than that. U.S. Steel combined with uh, Marathon Oil. Okay. And um, Bethlehem Steel didn't uh, merge with anybody, and they just went under... Yeah. Hold it up. And then the steel belt became the rust belt. Yeah, right. That's right. Mm. Like Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, actually, the city of Pittsburgh doesn't produce any steel anymore. None at all? No. Wow. Plant, the plant in Pittsburgh is gone. That's why the air in the Pittsburgh and the, the climate improved when the steel plant left. I, I can believe that. I can believe that. Well, did most of the steel prima came out of Pennsylvania and West Virginia? Were there any other states that we got our, our steel from? Oh, yes. There was New York State, mm -hmm. Pennsylvania, uh, Ohio, Indiana, a lot of, lot of states. Wow. Mm -hmm. oh. The Kaiser Steel Company out in the West Coast. Okay. And Mr. Kaiser uh, uh, was the one who uh, came up with the idea of uh, prefabbing ships. And he launched a ship a day during the war. Yeah, that's why I remember the the Kaiser Steel building ships. That's right. I I never thought I didn't know the steel part of it was. Sparrows Point, and then we had the the Fairfield Yard. Uh, I guess it was. Central Baltimore area. So during the war, did they build ships in the Baltimore area that left the the port for for the war? The only thing they really built in, in Baltimore were the Liberty ships. Okay. These were the uh, generic brand, uh, I call them liner. Just it was just a liner that you could put cargo on. It wasn't fancy. It was just enough to get the supplies across the ocean. Okay. Huh? And we could build them faster than the Germans could sink them. Mm. Mm. Amazing. 
You and, you and Walton are going to have to set up some appointments to talk about this stuff. I, I'm learning so much from the two of you. Okay, Texas Star Theater. Um, and there are, I think, three, three different versions, you said, Walden? Well, there was, there, 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 it was an interesting story. Um, well, if you it, count television, it would be four. And basically, it started, I think, in the early 30s, and they used it as a blanket title. And they read Eddie Cantor, Ed Wynn, Fred Allen, and then they also had some musical version. Oh, okay. and, and in fact, John Bermore did a lot of them in 38. Mm-hmm. And so, if you just, as John says, you look up the title, you'll find a lot of them. And interesting, the entire collection does exist. I don't know how much is, how much had to reach in general public, yeah. but the entire collection, but they had problems with the disc, so some some of the shows are real bumpy, and that's sad. Right. Well, you can understand that. Yeah. When they went to television, Jimmy Nelson with Farfel and Danny O'Day were the commercial entertainment on the Texaco Star Theater. For the commercial Texaco Star, Star what was it on television? Texaco Star? Well, I think it was Milton Berle. Milton Berle's Texaco Star Theater. Okay. And, and then Jimmy Nelson did the, the, the commercials. Mm-hmm. Yep, he and, did the um, Texaco commercials. And, and Danny O'Day, you can find him probably up on YouTube in, in the outfit. He was a fire chief. He <laughs> was the Texaco Star fire chief. It was, was really kind of cute. So Jimmy Nelson is one of our friends and has been with us a couple of times as a guest. And uh, he brings the kids with him. So we had Farfel and Danny O'Day. I'll be darned. Yeah, that was kind of fun. I hope we'll be able to have him back again. He's such a good guest and he's, he's full of great stories. And he brings Farfel. <laughs> he let the kids stay up that night. Wonderful. But the only problem with your show with me is it comes on late here in Baltimore, in Baltimore, live in Baltimore, but I used to. It comes on late for me, and my eyes give out around midnight. <laughs> when we have a guest, our guest comes on at 10.30, so we'll have to give you a special heads up if we are able to have Jimmy again as a guest. It would be very cool, and it'll be in time. At 10.30, you can do, right? Right. Okay. See? That's- We've got it all fixed. Patricia got everything worked out. <laughs> We're all fixed. Okay, John, I'll get your CDs out to you, and I really appreciate your calling in. Thank you for um, adding some information to my head. My gosh, between you and Walden, I'm going to be smart. <laughs> okay, well, it's been a pleasure talking to both of you guys. Thank you, John. Pleasure. Talk to you soon, John. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And there's John from Baltimore, and you can give us a call at 714-545-2071. Now, what was I telling you? I was telling you we have a theme for tonight. Ajax cuts grease faster than any other leading cleanser. There's a commercial spot for a show. That's the commercial spot for the show. Okay, now. Everybody out there, you remember that because I've got the Ajax words to the commercials on my product trivia list that I will be asking in a couple of weeks. So if you have listened hard, and I've asked some of these before. I know Ron in Hawaii got one of them, at least one, maybe two. 
Um, so you listen hard. Walden's going to be playing some commercials during the night. And uh, we'll have a test in the morning on them, a pop quiz in a couple of weeks. That's right. We'll have a pop quiz in a couple of weeks. That's right. Or drop them in once in a while. Uh-huh. So what do you guys have theme? Well, I've got, I did homework. Oh, Walden, I did all my homework. But for a theme, I thought it might be fun to talk about your first day at school. For some people, it was kindergarten. For some people, the first day of school was in first grade. For a lot of kids, it's the day you cry. For other kids, it's the day you're happy because you're in a different place. <laughs> Whatever you were doing, what do you I remember about your first day at school? I don't remember at all. I was three and a half years old. Well, we're talking kindergarten and first grade. Can you remember kindergarten? Yeah, but not my first day. Well, can you remember everything? I know. I don't remember. Oh, my goodness. Uh-uh. Probably because I felt like I was always going to school. All right. Now, well, let me, let me rephrase this for you. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody call in and help me. <laughs> Kindergarten and first grade. I will rephrase the question so Walden can answer it. What is the first day you remember being in kindergarten or first grade? How's that? Okay. Can you do it? No. Well, I just, it's just so, it's, it's, I seem like I was always in school. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but... I mean, we're past the take off your clothes in the sandbox. That's true. That's a pretty good story. I don't remember that, though. That was, that was a good story. I'm never going to forget that. Yeah. Walden took his clothes off in the sandbox one day. That's right. And I, what I, my earliest We're going to get calls in one night, and, and somebody is going to say, do you know I remember seeing that? Yeah, they should probably say, I see it up on YouTube. I'll tell you, I'll tell you my earliest memories of school in a second here. Okay. Hello there, you're on the air with Patricia. Hello, Patricia. Marvin Charles from New Jersey. Hello, Charles. I knew you would call tonight. How are you? How'd you know I was going to call? Well, because you always call, but you didn't call last week. Yeah, you were on strike. What happened? <laughs> what happened to you, Charles? I was busy. What? what? I'm sorry, I oh, am. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh, I'm heartbroken. And, and you know, uh, and let's face it, I mean, Charles from New Jersey and some of our other people didn't call us either. What? I have a whole list of whatever became of. And I have that show, by the way, for anybody who would like that show, I have that show. It's a great show. Yeah, it's a terrific show. Well, yeah. Well, we were all uh, partying, that's what happened. Without us? We went to Ralph's and, you know, had a big party. <laughs> I'm heartbroken. <laughs> I'm stunned. Charles, you're forgiven. Oh, good. I, but one time, that's all you get. One time. <laughs> I promise not ever to ask you again where were you because it's none of my business. But I'm glad you told me because... <laughs> so, uh, you are okay? You're doing well? I'm doing fine. Feel better. <laughs> What kind of weather are you having up there? Uh, it's, it's crazy weather, up and down, up and down. It's 50s, 60s, uh, 70s, everything. When you get to the 70s, this is a good place to stay. Well, Monday we're day, so we're getting to, we could hit 80 Monday. Then, of course, thunderstorms at night, then it goes back down to the 50s by Tuesday. <laughs> but, hey, I'm like, that's not bad. 
That's, you know, that's really pretty typical for spring. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then when you settle down, you're getting close to summer. Uh, yeah, I think we're gonna just gonna one the heat the heat's gonna come and it's gonna stay. <laughs> mhm. Mm yeah. So I guess being happy with what you've got now is the thing to do. Charles, do you remember a day in first or first grade or kindergarten? Do you remember your first day of school? I don't remember the exact first day. I do remember kindergarten. Yes. What did you What did you do? What do you remember in kindergarten? What's your best memory of kindergarten? Recess. <laughs> You are an honest man. <laughs> well, that went from kindergarten to high school. That was my favorite. I always tell people my two favorite classes were lunch and recess. Well, that sounds reasonable. Now, what did you do when you weren't at lunch or recess? Looked at the clock and prayed for recess. Oh, Charles, it can't have been that bad. Well, I do remember kindergarten, though, no, because I, I, I went to kindergarten and that, that it was just one kid... Every day he came to school, he cried the whole day almost. And it was like, God, it's only going to get worse, kid. Jeez. It wasn't you, right? Oh. I never cried at school. What the heck? You did? No. Oh, what a good boy. Why didn't you cry and the other kids did? Well, I always I always went to Catholic, Catholic school, so I was always, I was always an angel, so. <laughs> Are the nuns still out there? Yeah, we got, well, in fact, the, the grammar school I went to is in town here where I live, and it's still there. Uh -huh. st and then there are still nuns there. Okay. Not the ones I, when I went to school there, but... Uh-huh. You can, you can email their location, and I will backtrack and check. Your, your reputation is probably still with them. <laughs> yeah, I'm file. File. <laughs> On file. Are you in the market for a question tonight? As long as it's an easy one, of course. Well, now, see, and I even saved your envelope. I've got your envelope here. Would you like to know what's still in your envelope? Well, no wonder I'm keep looking for it and looking. Oh, Charles, you got the envelope from me. You're being so bad. Let's see what we've got here. I want to, that guy, when I hear you. Well, I was listening last week. I just didn't call in. Right. I was, because I remember you said, you told another gentleman that you mailed out a whole bunch of envelopes Thursday. That was right. And I said, oh, good, it's in the mail, so I'm looking. Oh, no, no, you're <laughs> No, you've got Sherlock Holmes with Basil Rathbone made. That's the one, yes. That's the one. Okay, now, if you answer a second question. See, I didn't put this in the mailbox tonight. I put a whole bunch of them in the mailbox tonight, but I didn't do that with yours, because that means I can put second CD in there because I just knew you were going to call. Well, you, yeah, you yeah, waited to see if I did call. If I didn't call, you probably wouldn't have mailed it. Oh, <laughs> oh. oh. It was really nice talking with you, Charles. Oh. Have a good night, okay? <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. I've got a, I've got a, a question for Walden, and I'll even send him. Harry Lime, if he answers the question, but let's see. Um, ba -dum, ba -dum, ba -dum. Who was, this one is in green, so I've asked it before, and nobody gave me an answer yet. Who was the detective known as the saint? Who are you asking this to? You. Oh. I'm sorry. Oh, you. Well, you said Walden, well, you threw me off. I, I confused. It's my want to do that. No, and I know it. Who was the saint? Simon Templer. Uh, 
very good. I, I thought I, I would stick you with that one. And it was uh, by Vincent Price on the radio. Very good. I mean, really good. Well, I got Walden on the other phone, so he's giving me the answer. <laughs> Walden? <laughs> yes, my dear. Did you do that? <laughs> you know me really well, right? Yeah. Okay, you know. So, my question is, Walden, did you do that? <laughs> On my honor as an Eagle Scout. Yes. And I love apple pie. Yes. I, I saw... Mom, and, and uh, apple pie and baseball and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah, I, I... Charles knew the answer. I... Charles knew the answer. Uh, huh. Okay. Uh, all uh, stuff uh. like that there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Charles, what else would you like in the envelope? One thing you said before about the World War II songs. Uh-huh. I'm interested in that. Okay. Right. But I'm also, I don't know, I heard a show the other day, I, I don't know, if I, if I can, I might, the name might be wrong, the Craft Music Hall or something like that. Oh, uh, you yep. got it exactly right. Yep. They had Bing Crosby and Al Jolson and Oscar Levant, and many people did it different eras, but uh, Al Jolson and Bing Crosby were the two main guests on the Craft Music Hall. Great show. If they're available, I don't know. Oh, yeah. They're, they're out there. Which would you like? Oh, jeez. Let's see. Uh, eeny, meeny, miny, moe. He has to think harder than for this than he did for the answer to the question. I'll take the World War II songs first. Okay, you will have World War II songs in your envelope. Along with Sherlock Holmes. Oh. Along with Sherlock Holmes, yes, with Basil Rathbone and Nigel Bruce. They're separate. Those are the only ones that are there. I didn't mix them up with any of the other ones that aren't nearly as good. I don't think they are. Walden has some thoughts about that. He, you like, Gilgood and... I, I grew up listening to Sugan Gilgood and Sir Ralph Richardson first. Huh? I heard, I heard there was, in, in the early days of the hobby, back in the 70s, there was only one Rathbone and Bruce. And Carlton Hobbs, and who was the other one? Uh, David Hobbs and Carlton, I forget the, uh, but what I grew up listening to was uh, Ralph Richardson's Mr. John Gilgood, and, um, and Orson Welles played Professor Moriarty. <laughs> so that was a pretty good run. Bless his little heart. Yeah. Carlton Hobbs um, played... Nigel, uh, played Nigel Bruce, played Dr. Watson in one of them, and right. I know I separated them out. I know he's in the 60s, I believe. Yeah, um, and I did separate them out for you one time, and they're still in their separate folder. I don't go through all of that work and then <laughs> mix them up again, so if you, do you have a Patricia, do you have a preference which one you would take? Oh, there's a rat bone in a heartbeat. Okay. Uh-huh. In a heartbeat. You like that. I'm not, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with, as you said, you grew up with John Gilgood. And Sir Ralph Richardson, yeah. And Sir Ralph Richardson. And it influenced what sounds right for you. Mm-hmm. I grew up with Basil Rathbone. And when I say grew up with Basil Rathbone, um, you know, I've, I have my my... Sherlock Holmes annotated book that's, you know, bigger than the dictionary and with the old movies with Basil Rathbone and Nigel Bruce. So when I heard them first on radio, it was that pair that were just a natural. It was almost an invasion when I realized 
that there were others who played the role. Yeah. I didn't think there was anybody else who played the role. And, my goodness, they and, were all over the place. And personally, I know there are true Sherlockians out there that do not like the way uh, Nigel Bruce plays Dr. Watt, but I like it. Yeah, I, I do too, because he wasn't... There, there were a couple who played a real buffoon. You know, I mean, he was mm-hmm. a jerk. But Nigel Bruce had a clever blend of being a woof, 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 of course, of course, Holmes, <laughs> and not being clued in many times. But he also came to the rescue at different times. Right. And he had the answer at different times. And he, he anticipated what Sherlock needed a couple of times. So it balanced out pretty well. I think it was a pretty well-balanced character the way he played it. I know my our friend Larry Albert, who plays Dr. Watson in the current American run, he does not like the Nitro Booth. He thinks it should be played exactly like the book. And I, I, I guess I disagree with that. I, uh-huh. I, I've grown up listening to that style, and I just yeah. prefer it that way. And you know, uh, I'm... I did an awful lot of Sherlock Holmes reading. I got lazy when I realized that they were radio shows. <laughs> Stopped reading and started listening. But I think Nigel Bruce pretty well captures the character in the Sherlock Holmes stories that uh, Doyle wrote. I think he pretty well captures it. I don't think there's too much of a deviation there. I think. It's been a long time since I've read one. <laughs> I'll have to go back to another medium now. So, well, Charles, you will have Sherlock Holmes with Basil Rathbone and Nigel Bruce, and I'm on your team. I think they're the best. Well, that's why I was uh, like, well, Walden said, I, I've listened to those shows with John Gilgood. I just can't, you know, grab onto them. Mm-hmm. Because you know why? It was, it was, the British did it very basic. Yeah. In other words, it was a lot. Of, it was they didn't wrap it up tightly with with sound effects and things that we're used to. No, 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 no. And that's what makes the modern ones, the ones from South Africa, the, mm-hmm. the Springbok renditions from Australia and several from England, London. The BBC mm-hmm. put them out. They are spectacular because the sound effects are so. They they are superb, just superb. But I guess we're. As a kid, when you're seven years, when you're in the in the seventies, when they hear the opening violin, I guess I was sort of a very romantic mm-hmm. picture in my head. You knew exactly what was happening. Uh huh. <coughs> Indeed. Okay, Charles. World War Two. Well, yeah, well, they just released the old uh, movies with Basil Rathbone and the Sherlock Holmes ones. They just came out on Blu-ray. So. Oh. How interesting. Good stuff. I don't know how they look. I haven't seen it yet. I... Yeah. Probably did a really good job with them. I don't know. So they, some of them, they come out fine, and some, I don't know why they even put them on Blu-ray high def. <laughs> <laughs> Probably didn't have the right put master print. Oh, yeah, DeVitz. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Charles. All right. Your envelope will be on the way. I'll let and, you know when it gets get, out. And get, and get to your age. I don't think you're over 21, so. You don't think I'm over 21? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> You're so sweet. Thank you. <laughs> I'll, make, I'll make sure that I get as many World War II music as possible. Back on our good side, Walter. I know. You, yeah. You've done it good. You know how to kiss up, I'll you, tell you. You've done it good. <laughs> Thanks, Charles. You have a great day. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Do we have time for another commercial break, Patricia? Certainly. 
family. All right, here we go, everybody. One of the classic ones of all time. Viva USA in your Chevrolet. America's asking you to call. Drive your Chevrolet to the USA. America's the greatest land of all. On a highway or a road along a levee. Performance is sweeter. Nothing can beat her. Life is completer in a Chevy. So make a date today to see the USA and see it in your Chevrolet. We're traveling east, traveling west. Wherever you go, Chevy service is best. Southward or north, near place or far, there's a Chevrolet dealer for your Chevrolet car. So make a date today to see the USA and see it in your And thank you, Chevrolet, for sponsoring this segment of Patricia's show. <laughs> and Dinah Shore. <laughs> That's right. So, cool. I'm going to ask you to do a very unusual thing. Yes. Would you play one more so I can heat up a cup of coffee? Oh, you bet. You're so good to me, All right. Thank you. You do that. Let's see here. What do we got? I have no idea. Let's just pop it. <laughs> Hello, amigo. I'm Chiquita Banana, and I've come to say bananas have to ripen in a certain way, and when they're flecked with brown and have a golden hue, bananas taste the best and are the best for you. You can put them in a salad. You can put them in a pie. Any way you want to eat them. It's impossible to beat them, but bananas like the climate of the very, very tropical equator. So you should never put bananas in the refrigerator. And there we go. So she's a banana. Perfect timing. I asked a question about Conchita Banana. Was it last week or the week before? I think it was last week. I think it was last week. It was last week. What did she sell? Now, my question is, why can't we put bananas in the refrigerator? And that's a sincere question. I don't know the answer. I think the answer is it will turn brown. But who eats the raw? You know, nobody eats the skin. Does it do something to the fruit? It must. I don't know. Well, if somebody has a way, a secret way to keep bananas from turning gushy, I mean, most people like really ripe bananas. Yeah. Like I'm as hard as a rock. <laughs> I think when I come home with a banana, I, I, I'm a banana squeezer. I mean, I don't squeeze them like to bruise them or anything. Uh -huh. I want to make sure when they don't make a dent, that's my kind of banana. I'm trying to remember some recipe that the way you actually should peel a banana is with a needle. Because that way you can get in there and slice it. And oh, it. yeah, that's um, that's one of the old tricks. Yeah. Um, and when you peel a banana, it'll all be sliced, and people will say, how did you do, do that? that? Did yeah. it with a needle, of yeah. course. Yeah. 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 But uh, I think it's something to do. Now, maybe somebody can <coughs> look it up. Somebody has a banana. Somebody here. has a banana. Hello, you're on the air with the banana people. Well, this is Dennis. Hello, Dennis. How are you? And, uh... Tell you a little trick about bananas. What about bananas? If you put them in the refrigerator mm -hmm. and uh, let them get brown, mm -hmm. then they are 
much easier to mash to make muffins and banana bread and stuff like that, and it doesn't deteriorate the taste at all. If you let them ripen on the counter until they're soft enough for, for breads and things, mm -hmm. you know, they, they kind of get a little tang to them. They get icky gushy. Yeah. I'm just trying to think, don't we, if we make a fruit cocktail, Mm -hmm. Don't we sure sometimes recommend to pour a little lemon juice on it to, as a preservative just to keep it going to refrigerate it? Well, that, that keeps it from turning brown. I don't know that it preserves yeah. it. It's like when you, when you cut up apples for a Waldorf salad, uh -huh. you squirt them with lemon juice. It'll keep them from turning brown while you're chopping up the rest of the stuff. Huh. Patricia's exactly right. Yeah. Why, thank you. Do yeah. I get a prize? Uh, sure. <laughs> I did something. That since you yelled at me last week. Oh, yelled at you last week? Oh, yeah, no. because I didn't do my homework and didn't have any idiomatic. Uh oh, uh oh, uh oh. So. A soup now, aren't I? I turned, I turned my ears on this week. Yeah? And uh, I have a couple for you. Oh, wow, I did it. A couple. I'm doing. How many do I have to get? How many out of how many? She got to get 10 out of 10, right, Dennis? I don't have 10, but oh. I have a couple. Oh. Excuse me, Walton. <laughs> No, I, I think you might like them. But, you know, Patricia, he didn't, he didn't put any criteria on it. So if you Excuse me, Walden. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you, you're just great. You know, I'd be standing in the middle of the track, and a train would be coming, and he'd say, Yeah, this is cool. This is cool. Look at them all coming right at you. No, you wouldn't do that. No, no, no. No, you wouldn't do no, that. No. Okay. Only two, Dennis. Can you get three or four? <laughs> You have two? Is it? Did I hear you? I have a couple. Oh, right. A couple. Uh, does that mean? Does that mean either two or three? I have, I have five, but. Well, I think you should. We'll see how the first couple. Okay. Oh boy. All right. All right. The first one. Yeah. And all these came up, you know, in this last week in conversation. So. <laughs> conversation. Um, Conversations that you've had or that you've overheard? Both. Okay. I'm this, the first one. I'm doomed. All right. Um, I'll let you guess what it is. And then? Because years ago, yeah. actually decades ago, Lee <laughs> Carson talked about it on his TV show when he was still in New York. Okay. And uh, he said, this is the amount of time it takes between... When the light turns red, turns from red, I'm sorry, to green, and the guy behind you honks his horn. That is a New York second, or a New York nanosecond, depending on which decade you're living in. Well, you're close. It's a New York minute. <laughs> and just, I just heard a congressman say this last week. There is nobody in New York who would wait a full minute before ramming you in the bumper if you did not move at a green light. So, yeah. okay, well, where, where does a New York minute... Well, it used to be that, yeah, it used to be like a New York minute was the equivalent of everybody else's hour. I mean, that's metaphorically. But um, that kind of gave way to a New York second. But a New York minute is a pretty even flowing, you know, the letters go together. A New York minute is very easy to say. Hmm. That's where it came from. New Yorkers are very fast. So how long is a New York minute? Well, it's, it's 60 seconds, but it's a fast 60 seconds. <laughs> <laughs>
it is meant to indicate speed. Do I get credit for that one? I guess so. I was just wondering where that came from. It's because oh, New York... How old it was. It's very old. Actually, I can tell you it came from New York. It came from New York. <laughs> New Yorkers are, are reputed to be very impatient people. And if you're driving in New York City, you can be assured that that is correct. Oh, I think it's probably true all over the U.S. The more current, the more current joke is how, how much time... Is it, if you're sitting at a traffic light in New York, how much time between the light turning green and the car behind you beeping the horn? And the answer is a nanosecond. How much is a nanosecond, Walden? How many millions do you have to have before you get a full second? Um, well, if, if you're going by the table, I imagine a nanosecond is less than a, a, is one tenth of a millisecond. One tenth of, of a, a millisecond. Yeah. And a millisecond is it's one tenth of a, of a thousandth of a second. second. One thousandth of a second. Uh huh. So I'm thinking ten thousandth of a second. All right. I'll deal with that. You know, just be. Basically, I think you have a millisecond. Right. And then you have a microsecond, which is one one thousandth of that. Okay. And then you have a nanosecond, which is one one thousandth of a nanosecond, or that, of a micro. That, that makes sense. So that means very fast. You know. Yeah, I think it's that would, faster than I can run. Okay, well, I get credit for that one then. Oh, it, this is good. It's interesting, you know, you know, we, my folks, been living in California since the mid-60s, and every time we go out and drive in another part of the country, it's, a, it's an adjustment. Oh, it is. It's an adjustment because... We're assuming when we have we wait that people are gonna uh, cut in right in front. They don't. Uh -huh. There's a lot. There's a there's a lot more gap. It's, it's almost an adjustment when you're driving out of California or New York versus let's say somewhere in the Midwest. And any from state to state, anywhere. One of the the challenges, and I don't think it's quite as bad as it used to be. But one of the challenges was that, especially for the six winter months, starting maybe the end of October and, and or into November and it goes through Easter, that's when the snowbirds arrive and they come from all over the place and they bring driving habits from all over the place. So as you say, you're expecting people to shoot in and out because you're from California, but the person from Indiana is expecting a courtesy mm -hmm. and he doesn't get it when a New York driver is here. And it really is an intriguing mess on some, on some of the roadways. But one of the really fun things that was pointed out to me, and it was quite a while ago, when people who live in farm country literally run farms and they're accustomed to riding and driving farm equipment, they make wide turns. So a person who is making a left-hand turn here would turn, maybe turn the directional on. It's usually within the last three or four feet the directional goes on. But they would pull to the right and make a wide sweep to the left. So you, you really had to be careful and watch for the license plates from the various places because the driving habits and techniques are dramatically different. But that's where pulling into the right lane to make a left-hand turn came from, from the farm equipment. All right, what's your next one, now that I have bored you to tears? Oh, you haven't bored me. What you said, I think, is quite right. The style of driving in different parts of the country. Huh? I've lived, you know, for times in different parts of the country. And I have to say, Walden, that 
my conclusion is that California drivers are really the best drivers in the U.S. I think my dad would agree. My dad was from Nebraska, and he agrees that he thinks California drivers are, are underrated. Yeah, I think one thing in California is that as crazy as it seems to people who come to visit, everybody on the road knows what the rules are. Even if you're breaking the rules, everybody breaks them in the same way. So there aren't as many surprises. The only people that give you surprises are the ones like me who come in from another <laughs> state. And well, I also, I also think that, that um, unlike some people in New Jersey who are texting all the time, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if they are in California or not, but uh, I think the drivers in California pay more attention to what the other drivers are doing around them. I think that's a necessity for the kinds of highways that they have out there. Yeah, the only better drivers that I know of are in Bangkok. And I didn't even try to drive when I lived in Bangkok. Mm. Just watched them in awe. I mean, oh. it was like poetry. Which side of the road do they drive on? Actually, in... Anywhere. <laughs> actually, in Bangkok, they drive pretty much anywhere. And I'm first served. <laughs> the thing that uh, really blew my mind was they have buses there. Mm-hmm. And the buses, of course, drive in the lanes along the sidewalk, and they go in the opposite direction from the traffic. Ooh. And several times when I was there, my partner who was with me, as, you know, I look both ways, go, oh, this is fine, and I start across the street, and she grabs my shirt and pulls me back just as this big bus goes right oh, by. Oh. <laughs> I wasn't looking for something coming from that direction. Uh-huh. I think in some country, it's not unexpected that the car might get kept on a sidewalk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really good. Okay, here's your next one. All right. I, I have one. I, I just, I, I want everybody to know I have credit for one. Okay. One down, yeah. Okay. Oh, you did really good on that one. I know. Finished. I don't want any more. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. I'm ready. This one is is simple and this is a real question for me because um i was asked by one of my english as a foreign language student um buck naked now why isn't it roger naked or vicky naked (laughs) what the hell is buck it is not buck naked it is butt naked b-u-t-t as in your rear end. No, you're wrong. Well, that's interesting. Go ahead and tell me. Uh, actually, I, I went on the net and looked this up. Butt naked is more recent aberration of the original buck naked. It, that's only showed up in, like, well, what it said in Wiki was it was the last few years, butt naked. It, uh... It said Buck Naked was the original. Yeah. I don't know if you can believe Wiki or not. I don't. But um, it's a good starting it, point. It, it's not necessarily, uh, not ever, the well, only could place it, you should. Could it be referred to Buckskin? Hmm. I have no idea. I mean, I'm yeah. lost on that question. Well, let's see here. Ask Yahoo. Okay. See who's up on Yahoo. Buck in a sense. But the wordsmith, the notion that buck and buff, another term, buck naked, has a similar, well... Uh, where did the word buff come from? 
are buff. You know, like you want to talk to people who are weightlifters. That's a good question, too. Yeah, I, I don't, hope no one asked. I don't know. Yeah. I missed, I'm, I'm missing the word, my... When you look at somebody who is a heavy weightlifter and they're really strong, much worse, they, they sometimes refer to me they're buff. Right. I have no idea. I have no idea where that comes buff, from. Buff, you mean B-U-F-F as in funny? Yes. I've never heard that. Mm. Where have you been, Patricia? <laughs> well, clearly not in the same place as you folks are. <laughs> I think it's a recent phenomenon within the last 10 years or so. Buff. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone someone actually told, said that to me about 25 years ago mm. when I started going to the gym. They go, oh, so it's going to be the new buff you. Ah. <laughs> and I went, hmm. <laughs> so maybe that maybe that really is a, a phrase from the gym. Might be. And that, that eventually came out to be part of our American language. Yeah, I... Both, both of those actually, I have, I have no clue on. Fuck, mm-hmm. naked. I don't know. I'm gonna have to look that one up. I really don't know. That's a good one. Okay, I'm one for two. Go ahead. What's number three? Um, what is the origin of referring to our policemen as cops? Constable on patrol from London. Oh, well, that answers part of it. I'll tell you what I found. What? Um, back in the days of Tammany Hall and Boss Tweed, mm-hmm. uh, the police there became so corrupt. They were doing prostitution and you know protection and just all that stuff. Huh? New York State got like. They had to do something. So they, they made state police just for New York, and those were carefully screened, and they were honest police. Mm-hmm. And so that the people could trust them, um, they gave them a different badge. The New York City police at the time had tin badges. So they gave their police cops copper badges. Okay. And they became referred to as coppers or cops. Oh, interesting. I have not ever heard that version of it. That was, that's from the History Channel. And... Copper badges? How do they keep them clean? <laughs> CLR? I don't know. Oh, Okay. But, um... You looked this up? Oh, it was, it was interesting because... I was recently talking to my friend in England, and they referred to their police both as bobbies and cops. Bobbies and coppers, yes. And I ask, I ask them, like, where did you get copper from? And they say, well, I don't know. Where did Bobby come from? <laughs> where did Bobby come from? Now, I, I should know that one. Bobby, Bobby. Wasn't copper a, a slang term by the by the mob and gangsters here in America? You know, it was sort of a derogatory uh, term. Uh, that, because it, it would come out copper. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the earlier days, yeah, I went earlier modern days, 
Well, it's not a complimentary thing to call somebody a cop. Mm. They want it to be called a police officer. Right. But you're right. It, it was a derogatory term mm. from the mafia because mm. they didn't like those guys. No. Those, those guys were incorruptible. Right. I mean, they came from the state, and, you know, that was how that was. Oh, this is good. We have um, a Snopes site here. Let's see. Um, the word cop came from the an acronym form from Constable on Patrol, and they say, no, the origins, there, there is something intrinsically pleasing, that a cop is a slang term for police officer, is neither shortening nor citizen on patrol. We'd say it again. I'm going to have to, they, you know, they get kind of wordy sometimes up at um, Snopes, but it says no with Constable on Patrol. By 1846, policemen were being described as coppers. Let's see. Coppers long existed as... I, I just thought the little story about uh, the battle between organized crime and the state of New York was was interesting. Mm-hmm. So that's why I picked that one. Okay, well, it says the first example of cop taking the meaning to arrest appeared in 1844. And the word swiftly moved from being solely a verb to, for taking up into police custody to also encompass a noun referring to the one doing the detaining. How about that? Okay, I, I still like Constable on Patrol. But Snopes said it's not true. What's my, what's my third one? Well, that works. I have, well, you know, especially since you got it from somebody in London. Could I have half a credit on it? <laughs> 1. 1.5 for three? <laughs> Okay. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not getting very far. With it. <laughs> okay. I'm ready. I think you're doing pretty good. Yeah. The next one. You're helping me too. And how about? Um, I'll take a buy. I'll take. A buy. B y e or b u y. You know, I've never seen it written down. I've never heard it. I've never heard but it. I've I've heard it. I've never heard the term. Meaning, I'll take a buy. Meaning, I'll pass it. I'll take a pass. Yeah, you'll pass. Huh. I never heard it. I never heard that phrase. Really? Mm -mm. Really. Okay. Must, uh, my guess would be it's a card term. For somebody playing bridge or some form of a card game, they might use it. Well, that would be a pass. Mm -hmm. I'll take a buy. I, I don't know. I'll pass by. I don't know. You'll have to look that one up. I, I'm, I don't think I should get discredited for it because I've never heard it. I didn't know that was part of the rules. <laughs> okay, one and a half out of four. What's the last one? Um, and this one should be pretty easy. And okay. I've heard this a lot this week with all the conversations on the news about um, our national budget. Uh -huh. High off the hog. High off the hog. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming that the better cuts of meat are higher, like, in the rump. What does that sound like? Well, I think... You know, it's like the, up, the upper crust. Um, it comes from the bread. The, the, the gentry got the upper crust, and the lower people got the bottom crust, because that was likely to be the burned part if anything was overcooked. Um... But high on the hog, I didn't, did you find out anything about it? Well, yeah, living high off the hog, 
comes from way back in uh, Roman times, actually, mm-hmm. when um, basically, like you said, better cut some meat, mm-hmm. um, higher on the animal, and so the slaves got to eat the feet, the eggs, or the legs, the belly, and the roasts and steaks and so on mm-hmm. went to the um, to the uh, peasants, rich people. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, and the the entrails and tripe and liver and hoofs and knuckles and all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, that went to the peasants. So, yeah, that was a pretty yeah. obvious one, but people are using it all the time now, and when they talk about uh, you know, spending. And I just thought I'd throw that one in, even though that was that was a pretty easy one for you. Mm, well, that means I... You get, you get full credit for that one. No, well, that's two... Okay, thank you for full credit. That means two and a half out of five. Yeah. You give me, if you give me a half for the cop, because it came from London, I mean, after all, they should know, right? Shouldn't they? Well, I don't know. I didn't know. Get a half of one for that? Should, should London know? No, well, you said you do? Um, somebody in London told you it was from Constable on Patrol. Yeah. Well, no, they said they didn't know. <gasps> but, yeah, you can have a half credit for that one. Well, no, I mean, if it's not correct, but that's the ex- explanation I had heard. Oh, I'm a failure. Only two out of I just, five. I just, I just liked... Two out of five. Ooh. I think you have. I think you I think. I think Dennis is going to have to come up with some more one for next week. Yeah, forty percent. We have to work on a Patricia Fanning average. I don't think forty percent is worth two Brussels sprouts. <laughs> we still planning for Brussels sprouts? I, I thought that's what. Kind of, what I kind of forgot about that. Oh, gee, I was a wreck. I thought that's what you. I thought I just gave you a buy on that. Oh, uh, <laughs> gave me a buy, you <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll buy. I'll take a buy on that. <laughs> Maybe it's a Midwestern phrase. I don't. I don't know. I'll take a buy on that. I'm, well, a buy without so much as a buy or leave. And I, I don't know if it's buy or leave or buy your leave. And I don't know if it's B Y or B Y E or B U Y. Me neither. All right, look it up. That's for next week. Wait a minute. <laughs> Listen, I've been getting homework from you guys forever. <laughs> it feels so good to be able to give out a homework assignment. How are you on comic strips? Um. Well, before we do that. Oh, okay. I'll do your theme. Oh, the theme! My goodness. Um. Do you remember? Thank you for reminding me. Do you remember? Anything about kindergarten and first grade? Do you remember your first day in school? I remember two things about, actually three, about kindergarten. I remember the first day. Huh? Ooh. And I went there with my mom. Huh? Of course. And um, she talked to the teacher for a few minutes, like all the other moms were doing and so on. And she takes me over to this row of lockers, and we 
hang up my coat and put in my little rug for nap time and my boots and all that stuff. It's like that there. And then they close the door and she takes me over to the door and kisses me goodbye. And I look at that row of lockers and I go, where's my coat? Uh oh. Oh dear. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> And, you know, for kindergarten, there aren't too many, and they're right in the room there. But I, I looked at that line, and they aren't marked. But somehow, my at least there was no mark I could see. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, my God. And I worried about my coat all day long. Poor kid. <laughs> oh, that's really sad. When, at the end of the day, did you have trouble finding your coat? Well... I made a plan. <laughs> you were supposed to be learning how to, how to color, and you were busy making a plan. What was your plan? Well, when the bell rang, uh -huh. I got up really slow and walked over, and I watched all the other kids go and open their lockers. And then I went and opened the one that wasn't open. The one that was left. Dennis, you're a, you're a smart kid. <laughs> you're a smart kid. You could have graduated to first grade based on that. Yeah. I mean, that is, that is sophisticated. Now, wait a minute. Uh, am I giving you too much credit here? Were you sitting in a corner crying? Or did you really figure this out ahead of time that if you just sat and waited like Sherlock Holmes would do? Well, no. I, I figured it out from being at home and watching the cows, actually. Watching the cows? Yeah. Whenever there's a new heifer that's been freshened and is now ready to milk. Uh-huh. She never knows where to go. You know, there are all the other cows come in the barn, and they go to their, their stalls, and they all know where they are. And, uh, well, the new heifer generally just, like, stands around in the back. And then at the end, she comes in and takes the last stall. How intelligent. Wow. So you and the heifer... We're on the same level. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm basically as smart as a two-year-old cow. <laughs> well, it's not a cow yet. If it's a heifer, it's not a cow yet. Well, when it's time for her to come in and stand in the stall and be milked, she is. Yeah, well, yes. <laughs> it's like that transition period, I'm giving her a little generosity. You're giving her a little, a little term here. Okay, so you and the heifer. <laughs> the two things I remember about kindergarten, um, oh. and actually this is pretty much all I remember about it, um, was um, nap time, which was so cool because we'd get our little rugs and we'd lay down on the floor and the teacher would read us stories. I never slept. I always listened to the stories. I don't know what the other kids were doing. And the other the other thing, the uh, city library was only, oh, I don't know, four or five blocks from the school. And once a month, we would walk to, uh, walk to the library. And, well, the walk was interesting because there was always kid stuff going on. But when we got to the library... Since we were in kindergarten, we couldn't read yet, or most of us. Um, 
the librarian would have story time for us. So Oh wow. The whole thing about kindergarten for me really was just one big story time. Yeah. Oh, gee. I vaguely remember coloring and stuff like that, sandbox, but <laughs> so really what I remember is stories. That's really neat. And um, I think that has followed with me my whole life. Because I still, I still love having people tell me stories like on the radio. That is so neat. And it's so great that you have that kind of a memory from when you were a little kid. It could have been terrible, like she beat us up and put us, put me in the corner, and you know. But it, um, storytelling is such a, a, it's a warm fuzzy. It's a warm fuzzy way to learn. Oh, that's so great. It really is. Yeah, you made me smile. Thank you. All right. Yeah, that's good. All right, now do you want on comics? Uh, well, I'm talking oh, like comic strips in the Sunday newspapers from way back, and some of these went to comic books. Mm. What do you think? I'm not too smart about that, but go ahead. Oh, I'll Somebody else will come up with it. All right, let's see what we got here. Which comic strip was set in Dogpatch? The Lamner. Very good. Oh, see, you these things. Well, yeah. that's like 100% for me. <laughs> I only had 40% of the top. He is a CD for that. I am a failure. Yes, and yours was one of the envelopes that went in the mail tonight. So that means I can start a new envelope for you, and I can send you something else. What do you think you're in the market for tonight? What did you send me? I sent you Johnny Mathis. And um, Johnny Mathis and Bold Venture. Oh, okay. Well, you sent me an email. Yeah, did I send you Dimension X? I read today, and no, you didn't. I did not. Okay, so I owe you Dimension X. What you sent me, though, and I wanted to say, was Dragnet, Pat Novak for Hire, Jeff Regan, and right. Pat Kelly's Blues. And Blues, right. I had never heard of Pat Kelly's Blues. Kelly's Blues. Or so I'm looking forward. I just got it in the mail today. Um, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to hearing that. Well, it is a fun show. You know, I, um, Jack Webb had the same personality with Pat Novak and Jeff Reagan. And he wasn't too far off with Pete Kelly's Blues, but when he got to Dragnet, it was a whole different person there. A whole different person. Let me see what I've got back here. I have Dennis Dimension X, and I've got a check mark here. So I'm thinking... I'm thinking somebody else got a surprise. Somebody else must have gotten a surprise because I've got a check mark next to it. I really messed him up, and I've got a new system now, so I'm not going to mess people up anymore. Um, that was Dragnet and Pat Novak. You got that. And then you went a whole week and didn't call us. And then... It's Dimension X, and then I sent you the life of Riley today, 
and then Bold Venture and the Johnny Mathis CD. So if you did not get Dimension X, I apologize. That is on my list, and you didn't get it. Somebody got it. <laughs> you know, maybe they'll call in and thank you after they listen to it. Oh, well, gee, this was really great. You sent me an extra one, which is fine. I mean, I don't have a problem with that. I'm just sorry you didn't get yours. So I owe you Dimension X. What else would you like? You want me to go to the other computer and give you a list? No. I should print out. You know, you sent me so much to listen to. Your ears are going to... Why, why don't we just wait for a while? Okay, well, I'll put Dimension X on the list. And your homework is to look up, I'll take a bye. Or I'll, I'll pass by, I'll take a bye. It, wasn't that, I'll take a bye on that? Is that what you said? Yeah, I'll take a bye, and I'm beginning to think from this conversation. But maybe that's like a Midwestern phrase. I don't know. But it's still legitimate. It should be all over the place because we're in such a mobile society now. Okay, so you have to look that one up. And then next week when you call, you have to tell me what you would like. So I will put down Dimension X. Oh, that's so much work. Plus IOU. Of course it is. <laughs> and it's so fun for me to be able to do this. I, I'm going to come up with something for Walton later. I don't know what, but... <laughs> I think my personality is just too submissive for you, Patricia. Submissive? Are you serious? You're the one who is going to make me eat Brussels sprouts and submissive? <laughs> well, I didn't. My heart. I've been worried about that for three weeks. Well, you shouldn't worry about it, but you should know something. What? When you show up. Yeah? Early gates. Um, <laughs> have Brussels sprouts for eat. going to ask you. Hey, Peter. Did, did you eat all your vegetables? <laughs> did you eat your Brussels sprouts? He's going to say, did you eat all your vegetables? And I'm going to say yes. And he's going to say, liar, liar, pants on fire, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't eat all my vegetables. Well, yes, I did. I mean, I ate Brussels sprouts. So I, that should qualify. I'm just not ever going to eat them again. Hmm. All right. So there. Unless I'm stupid enough to make a bet again. <laughs> and I'm an honorable person. If I lose a bet and I say I will do something, I will do it. Okay. Well, then I will think about a bet for next week. Wow, right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Your mission, should you choose to accept it. Yeah. I will do that. Okay, you've got homework to do. You take care. Okay, Dennis, thanks for calling. Have a great night, Walter. You too, Dennis. Bye. Bye. And there's our friend Dennis. And 714-545-2071. Here's our next commercial break. Hi. There's nothing like the face of the kid eating the sheep Nothing like it you'll ever see A face as happy as it can be There's nothing like the face of a kid When he's munching on the greatest taste around Hershey, 
Thank you for uh, our commercial break. What yeah. was the chocolate bar? Hershey. Uh, it didn't come through clearly I know, on the phone. It was a, it was a bad copy. The volume is a little squirrely yeah, I know. on the phone, it, and I didn't realize what I heard the word chocolate. Boy, yeah. I was sensitive to the word chocolate. 714-545-2071. That's why I turned it down, because it was squirrely. It was squirrely. It was squirrely, yeah. 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 yeah okay, yeah. we need to know about kindergarten and first grade. Do you remember your first day in either kindergarten or first grade? And if you can't remember your first day, what is the first day you remember? I'll tell you what sticks out in my memory in my early days of school. See, I knew you would come up with something. At the uh, playground, we have like a... Oval, uh, oval track where you could take your tricycle. Uh-huh. And what I remember, we had a red and green stoplight. So that's what I remember okay. as a kid. How interesting. Yeah. Hello there, you're on the air. Hello. Oh, Fred. I know who this is. Fred, where have you Who's been? Tonight? Where have you been, Fred? I've been great. Well, that's good. 
let alone being younger than anybody in your class. So it basically held me back in third grade. So they corrected what they shouldn't have done to begin with? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Or? I'm not sure. They should have just left you alone if you were doing well. Yeah. Were you doing well? Yeah. Yeah. I did well in third grade, too. That's what really upset me. And I would... Well, we just talked a good while. I did it. Okay. We trying to explain it. This is my second favorite word. My second favorite word is twits. They were twits. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> but they, they met well. They met well. Well, I know. But you know the old expression about good intentions. Well, the other thing that I can remember, I don't remember this. This is, because I was back for first grade. Because in first grade is when I found out I was colorblind. Uh... And the only reason I got back is that, uh, this is a story that I don't remember it. I remember it being told to me after the fact that the state basically called my parents up one day and said that I was going to require too much attention, that, that, that they should fly me over to the state, um, and that, you know, things would be better for everybody. And basically, my mom and my dad both told the person on the other end of the phone, get my son ready, we're coming down to pick him up. Hooray, you had good parents. Yeah, yeah. And they came and got me and took me home. You had good parents. Yeah, I did. Yeah. So, and then in first grade, I remember, I colored the trees green and the leaves brown, so they gave me a test. <laughs> I remember this because... I was given the test by the school's janitor. What? Yes. <laughs> the school's janitor slash bus driver gave me a colorblind test out in the hallway one day. In the hallway? In the hallway <laughs> of the school. I, I, got, I distinctly can remember that. I can remember being given the test the whole bit. This is really a high-class operation. Fred, I am so sorry. Yeah. You have a whole lot of really warm, fuzzy experiences to talk about here. Well, you know, it was what it was. Um, that's the only thing I can remember about first grade. The only other thing I can remember is playing, I can remember being in the classroom before a concert, bouncing a Super Bowl around with one of my friends. Yeah, he waited in the room, like you had a school concert to do. Uh -huh. I met in your classroom. Uh -huh. So I was just waiting to, go out the, waiting to go out and do a little thingy. Playing Super Bowl. That's about it. That was a long time ago, so. Hey, whiz. Really um, good. Yeah. I'm going to have to find some good experiences and let you borrow some of them. Well, I had a lot of good ones. They just didn't happen in... First and second grade. Yeah, exactly, first grade. I remember a lot of good experiences in Calvary in general. I didn't really like that place a whole lot. I can remember running away when I was four years old, pushing another kid in a wheelchair. Now, you were running away from the school or from home? From the Calvary. From, from the school. We were the place where I lived the first four years of my life there. You were on the lamb. We were, we were God, yeah. We were, okay, we were the van picking us up. You know, we thought we'd gone, like, for hundreds of miles. We probably gone three quarters of a mile. No, that's pretty good. And they picked us up. Yeah, there was this really big hill. How I got this kid up this hill? I'll never know. That went down into the place. Wow. I can remember throwing, we had 
a railing on the main building. I can remember throwing loose from butter knives and tie a rope to the butter knife. Yeah? Throw the butter knife off the rail and stick it into the ground and then pull it back up. I remember doing that. And I can remember laying in my crib. And I don't know what they were, but they would try to, one of the older kids would try a flashlight around at the wall, and you would see what looked like a window. And they used to tell us they were ghost windows. I can remember that. (laughs) (laughs) Fred, I'm, I'm taken with this sight of one kid who has, uh, you've got limitations because of pain, pushing a kid in a wheelchair up a hill. What happened when you got to the top of the hill? Where did you go? I mean, it's only down from there. Yeah, well, we just, I don't remember a whole lot. I remember sitting down to rest, and that's when we got caught. I can remember the van pulling up. I tell you, Fred, because going down would not have been any easier than going up. Right. And I don't think it wasn't down. I mean, I think yeah. it was kind of up, and then the road kind of leveled off. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, if he started rolling backwards, too, you'd pick him up in Sheboygan. Yeah, he would have been in trouble. Yeah. Holy cats. I'll tell you, you guys, I had such a goody two-shoes life. Well, goody one-shoe, anyway. Yeah, well, I was wanting to get out of there. I could remember that. Well, I'm very glad you did. Good for your parents. Uh, yeah, I also remember the first steps I took. That was pretty exciting. Remember that when you were three? Yeah, when I was three. Oh. That was pretty exciting stuff. I would guess so. Yeah. But, well, that was about it for, I could have said, that's a long time ago, kindergarten. Wow. I barely remember out of, I really remember high school. <laughs> That's really good. How are you on cartoons and comic strips? You can try me. I, I could have answered the last question. You could? I could have. But have last... Okay, let's see. The next one, though. Uh, most of these I've asked before, so if you don't get them... Mm-hmm. Um, who was Dennis the Menace's next-door neighbor? Oh, Mr. Somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Uh... Oh, God. Oh, I'm going to guess. Mr. Riley. That's oh. right, though. Yeah. Mr. What's the, what's the last, last letter? It was played by Joseph Coons on television. Oh, God, I know this. Mr. Thompson, though. No. You're getting close there. In the back end of, of the alphabet. Now, really, Walden. Back <laughs> end of the alphabet. I'm gonna, I'm gonna send you to your room one of these nights. Oh, you're already in your room. I keep saying that. Where I'll send him to the They help me any though. I'll send him to the backyard. Mr. Thompson, Mr. Uh mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember. Oh, but you're so close. Can All I, right. Can I give him a hint? Can I give him a hint? No. All right. <laughs> oh God, I know. I, I, I just. Can you do it anyway? It was Joseph Kuhn. You remember the Jack Benny show? The guy who with the vault, uh, Ed? Yeah. That's the same guy. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, reason I have Mr. Moody in my head. Yeah. Now we'll lose the neighbor. All right. Well, we're going to hold that one. Mr. Wilson. Yeah. Oh, see? You knew you could do it. You knew you could do it. Good on you. I knew it was there somewhere. Oh. Okay. got a show picked out. Good on you. Okay. Well, we're in the right territory here. We got two for two. I don't remember the name of the show, but I can describe it so you'll know the name of it. What? We got the Lucci dude that wrote all the letters home to Italy. To Baba. Life with, Life with Luigi? Yes. I would love some of those. You want some of those? Is that what you just said? Yeah. What I said. Life with Luigi. Life with Luigi. Okay. Mamma. Mamma mia. You know what I'm proud of, Fred? What's that? Proud that tonight you knew what you wanted. <laughs> well, well, this came to me. Oh, gee, let me think. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> and every week I say, Fred, when you call in and you know I'm going to give you a question, you've got to be ready. You've got to be ready to tell me what you want. And you did it. You know, you realize one of these times there's going to be nothing left. We're getting there now. Nothing left? Oh, to send you? Send me. We will never be in that position. Okay. <laughs> Not ever. Not ever. I'll have to give you a different rundown of shows that I have. What, what show did I just find? Oh, Big John and Sparky. No, I've never heard of it. Yeah, well, a couple of people have asked for Big John and Sparky, and I thought the only show that was available was one from the Saturday night show, No School Today, or, or Saturday show, No School Today, uh, with the Teddy Bears Picnic okay. as the theme. And I found a whole bunch of shows that I just sent to Ron uh, Miyashiro out in Hawaii today. So that, that will be very good. Well, they have... They must have had kids shows similar to like Captain Kangaroo for the radio, didn't they? Go ahead. Um, similar to Captain Kangaroo. Um, well, sure. Of, sure. Well, they had Big John and Sparky. Yeah, like oh, in the 50s it would have been the, the clown show there. Uh, Bozo? Howdy Doody. Oh, Howdy Doody, yeah. Howdy Doody, Doody was on radio. Yes, he was. Oh, it was he? Yes. Uh-huh. Well, there's something for the future. Yeah. Not for very long, but he was there. Hey, kid! His, his name was... Oh... Oh, he went by a... Oh, there was a name. It wasn't Howdy. You talking about Buffalo Bob Smith? No, Buffalo Bob... His name was Bob, but it wasn't Buffalo Bob. And they, they lived on a ranch, like the Triple B Barboo Ranch. I mean, it was just one of those. Are you talking about Bobby Benson? No, no. No, they, they had a ranch, um, and then, um, let me see what we got here. This is how you do the other radio? Trivia Master, yeah. It, it was uh, the precursor, or the fore, forerunner of Howdy Doody on television. Let me see, Howdy, Howdy Doody. Oh, those are cool, though. There's copies out there. Oh, Patooey. And I know I've got information on it. I will find the information on it. No. I wonder how long Captain okay. Kangaroo was on TV. I mean, I remember as a kid. It must have been, must be on for 20 years. It must be 20 years. It must have been. Um, I, I, I can remember looking up on YouTube mm -hmm. shows from the 50s. I remember watching it as a kid in the 70s. I do too. So, 
was CBS, right? Yeah, yeah. ESPN. Every morning it would be Captain Kangaroo and Rocky and Bullwinkle, and I have to go to school. <laughs> that I, I can remember. <laughs> well, I will find my notes on Howdy Doody, but they lived on a ranch, and their motto was help everybody be a good a good citizen and a good brother to everybody. It was good, good, good stuff. But his name wasn't Howdy at the time. That's where the, the name Howdy came from because the character would say Howdy each, at the beginning of each show. Oh, okay. His name wasn't Howdy at the time, and when they transferred over to television, he became Howdy Doody. No, is there a copy for that show? Yeah. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> I know one around there. I've heard this one. one. I've heard one out there. Uh, I've, I've said I, I apologize. I did, that was kind of sassy of me. I have never looked. Yes, I have looked. Mm -hmm. And I don't have them. I've only got uh, um, an audio of a television presentation, not... Okay. What about that show that, that used to be on? What did you do? When did you do just to play it on Yesterday USA? And I don't think it's on anymore, but a kids club. It'd be like a club they call it order every week. Well, it was a Mickey Mouse club, but that was television. Oh, it, was, it was radio. It might even have been like a mystery, like a ghost. No, I don't know. Like, oh, like, like the ghost core? Every week. Like the ghost core or something like that? I know what Fred is talking about, and it will never come. Well, there was, a, there, was a, there was called the Adventure Club. It was a kid's show. They, they called it order. That might have been the one. Uh-huh. I know, I know somebody used to play that yesterday in USA. I haven't heard it a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot time. Uh, Melvin, you probably know more of the details. I just learned this week that we have a new DJ joining the lineup who is going to play children's shows. Kitty Fox. Oh, cool. Oh, I haven't heard. Oh, isn't, and he goes by Treasure Ivan. And he had... He could call in. Pardon? He's out there listening. Yeah, give it a holler. And talk about what he's going to do, because that sounds really interesting. Yeah, it sounds like fun. So check the, the um, Yesterday USA homepage, yesterdayusa.com, and check the program listings and see, just watch for when he gets there and where he's going to be on the lineup. Well, I had a question from Bill. I don't know if he's out there listening or not. But Tuesday night, uh, on a show called Cable Guy, if you really say it, maybe the cable guy? Yeah. He's visiting the Texas State Fair Tuesday night. And I don't know if Big Bill, what if Big uh, Texas would be on that or not. I would not be surprised if he went to the state, if he went at the state fair, then Big, Back, Big, Bill, Big Bill Bragg would be on the show. And I know that they're talking, the big talking is uh, the food he's going there for, to eat all the different food. <laughs> But I didn't know if Big Tex made, you know, if he was making an appearance for that, or... I don't know. That would be kind of cool, if he was. That's right. But that's Tuesday night, I'm the cable guy on the network, you know. I forget what the network is, I think it's Fox. Larry the Cable Guy. <laughs> yeah, Larry the Cable Guy. They're kind of a foolish show, I don't usually watch it a whole lot. But it's basically about this Vermont-type hit me, but... Goes all over the country and loses all these different things. Hmm. Okay. I know Larry Cable is a big Nebraska football fan. That's what I know about him. Okay. It's, just, it's a big, it's a whole big premise. It's kind of like, uh, 
You go home, Brandy, give me a call. I don't know if you're familiar with Roger at all. No. Or, uh, who's the guy that does a whole line of redneck jokes? Oh, dear me. <laughs> Let me count the ways. <laughs> you, know, you know the guy I'm talking about? No. You know the whole line of, like... Isn't there a guy named Jeff somebody? Yeah, Jeff Foxworthy. Yeah, okay. It's kind of like a line of line. Uh-huh. And if you're, your relative's, uh... If your richest relative's health is out of wheels, you might be a redneck, that, that kind of thing. Oh. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, I saw the advertising, he's supposed to be at the Texas State Fair on this week's show, so I thought, you know, it might be cool if, uh, in Texas, maybe I'm there too to meet him, that'd be kind of neat. That's true. So. Okay, well, you guys have a good night. You too. And you too. And happy spring. Happy oh, spring. We're almost there. Hang in there. I'm happy. I'm, uh, this works for me. All right. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. And there's Fred. And here's our next commercial break here on Yesterday USA. Mr. Clean gets rid of dirt and grime and grease in just a minute. Mr. Clean will clean your whole house and everything that's in it. Floors, doors, walls, halls, white sidewalls, tires, and old golf balls. Sink, those bathtubs will do. He'll even help clean laundry, too. Mr. Clean gets rid of dirt and grime and grease in just a minute. Mr. Clean will clean your whole house and everything that's in it. Can he clean a kitchen sink? Quicker than a week. Can he clean a window sash? Faster than a flash. Can he clean a dirty mirror? He'll make it bright and clear. Can he clean a diamond ring? Mr. Clean cleans anything. Mr. Clean gets rid of dirt and grime and grease in just a minute. Mr. Clean will clean your whole house and everything that's in it. Mr. Clean, Mr. Clean, Mr. Clean. Mr. Clean. That is an unforgettable jingle, and by golly, we need to pick it. The advertising companies in New York, especially Madison Avenue, and ask them why they're not using jingles. <laughs> we need to get Don Sherry on the show. I talked to him, and I, and uh, he's the one that's seen that commercial, professional senior, professional golfer, and that was him seeing that commercial. No joke, really? Yeah. All right, we need to get him on there and give a full explanation and an accounting. I think we can do that. We have to we have to make these people accountable for yes. the damage they've done. <laughs> really, jingles are so memorable. Yeah. They are so, and it's why we teach kids ABCs to a, a song. They remember the song. They rem- a twinkle, twinkle, little star. Sure. Yeah. Yep. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. H-I-J-K-L-E-T. One four five four five two zero oh, seven one. The theme tonight is C-U-V W-X-Y-Z. Now I know my ABC. We're just not going to lose this. Yeah, if anybody knows, we do. We we work on the show all week. We script this hard, and you can tell. Uh-huh. Yeah, huh? Uh-huh. <laughs> Alden, Alden calls on Friday to say, everything okay? And I say, yeah, I haven't heard from you. Yeah. He says, it's okay, I'm fine too. <laughs> then, that, that's it. <laughs> now, that's a lot of pre-planning, I you know? know? I know. We put an awful lot into this. That's right. Anyway, the theme for tonight is kindergarten and first grade. Do you remember your first day of either one of those? If you don't remember the first day, what's the first day you do remember in either kindergarten or first grade? All right, Patricia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's your turn to volunteer. 
Oh, for really? Uh-huh. Well, I remember hating kindergarten. I don't remember specific days, but I do remember that um, we had a teacher who had a handful of favorite kids and a handful of kids she would never talk to and all the kids in between who weren't good or bad, they were just there, and I was in the wrong side. You know, I mean, I never uh. got to, I never... So I was not particularly fond, and I thought we did some pretty stupid stuff, like putting putting our bodies down flat on the floor and <laughs> pretending to take a nap in the middle of the day. <laughs> you know? So I thought that was kind of dumb, but I do remember first grade, my first day at first grade. Yeah. And I was one of the kids who wasn't crying. I was so happy to be there. I mean, it was just very cool. I was in first grade, and I was going to learn how to read, and um, so the teacher had me taking kids who were crying all over the place, either talking to them or bringing them to the right room because they were in the wrong room, or um, it it was just, you know, it's it's a nice memory that I wasn't the kid who was crying, and I got to take care of everybody else. You were grown up. I was, I was, listen, I was a grown-up by the time I got to kindergarten, I was grown-up. Yeah, they say that about my, I was thinking, um, uh, my kindergarten teacher was Mrs. Dieter, and she also my brother, and throughout life we always saw her, and when she was getting very elderly, she, her, her kids, her, she didn't have any kids of her own. And she kept track of all of us, and everybody looked, and eventually at the end, we used to survive with Thanksgiving dinner, and uh, go and visit her the day she passed away. Hmm. Yeah. I guess I was blessed. I knew... I uh, did... It's nice that you had a relationship longer than uh, just a few months. I can't imagine. 40-some-odd 40, 40 years, you know, practically. Oh. Anyway. Oh, nice. That is so nice. Okay. I've got... What have I got? Seven pages of stuff here, and I'm not past the first paragraph on page one. Seven one four five four five two zero seven one. Just remind you, call and see if Patricia can make it to the first page. Well, yes, yes, yes. I still need to hear from Bob in Massachusetts. Bob, we just haven't been able to connect, and I have some goodies to send to you. Where are you, Bob? And we'd love to talk with you again, so give us a call. That's right. 714-545-2071. The water warmed up, so I imagine all the ice can break away from the phone. People can call. Uh-huh. That's true. You know, that's what And we have figured out by the numbers that we have a lot of people out there who listen to us on Saturdays but haven't called in yet. So, if you are in that group... And I am talking to you. Please yes. pick up the phone and give us a call and say hi. We'd love to say hi. You, if and you call us, you get a prize. That's right. All you have to do is say hello, and you automatically get to choose some radio shows. And then if you answer a trivia question on top of that, you get to pick some more. And it's free. You don't have to answer a question if and you don't want to. It's free. No cost to you. No, no. Please don't send money. No. no this is free. our fun and our joy to be able to share old-time radio. And if you can answer a question, I mean, you have to earn it. We're not we're not giving these away just for the heck of it, you know. If you call, that's an effort. First-time callers automatically get some radio shows. And if you answer a trivia question correctly, you get some radio shows. But you've got to answer the questions. And Patricia's so. looking for more people to put on a map. She's got her map there in her little, uh, her little mansion over there in Fort Myers. <laughs> <laughs> And that's next 
list. I have my stump Walden question and my map. I get to put a dot on my map when we get a caller from uh, who is new. I get to put a new dot on my map, and I've got lots of dots. Hey, Hickory can see dot. I'm halfway up the clock. Oh, hello there. You're on the air. Oh, this is Dennis again. Hello, Dennis. Hello. again. Yes. I hate to interrupt your commercial. <laughs> I want to point out to all those listeners who used to be like myself. And uh, self was like Lynn, That um, Trisha is trying to drag you in because after you get the free stuff, then she'll start to give you work to do. Wait a minute. Let's let's get <laughs> let's get real here. How long has it been before I gave you your first homework assignment? I guess he's gonna say too long. No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. It was a couple months. Yeah, but wait a minute. Time out. You were gonna give me homework to find out an answer that you should have known. That's not homework. That's called giving you a homework assignment. Well, no. I mean, it's not a homework assignment if he should have done it before he called. Well, he was trying to increase your education base by allowing you to do the research. Well, then. Hey. Helping you, is he? This is me. I'm over here. I'm, I'm treading water. You guys, it's a guy thing. It's a guy thing. Yeah, we're all picking on you. Uh -huh. It's okay, don't worry about me. I'll be fine. Often <laughs> <laughs> and I tease about this. My mother was, um, she really missed her calling. She she was a great performer, but she, she did this routine. Don't worry about me, I'll be fine. But she would do it with a sigh that would suck the furniture right out of the basement. I mean, it was like... <gasps> Don't worry about me. I'll be fine. <laughs> so oh, I'm, I'm guessing then that she was either German or Jewish. How did you know she was German? Yes, she was. My, my mother was German. Oh, really? And she she was able to. Uh, to Expert on the guilt trip. She, well, well, I stopped going on a guilt trip and. Don't worry about me. <laughs> and the answer is okay. <laughs> no, the answer for us was always like, oh, mom. I know. I'm sorry. And that's what it was designed to do. And I got smart after a while. And when she would say, don't worry about me, I'll be fine, I would say, that's great. Okay, I'll be home in an hour. <laughs> yeah. But a valid warning for all those people who aren't listening that you're encouraging to call in. After a couple of months, Trisha is just going to, like, take over and mm -hmm. do homework. I thought, I thought this was going to be a warm, fuzzy phone call, and you were going to say, you know, I was so reluctant to call in for such a long time, and now I call in a lot because I'm really having a good time, and it wasn't awful like I thought it might be, and you should call, too. But it well, didn't turn out. There's that, too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Dennis, it's your turn. Go to your room. Okay. My room. Bye-bye. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. 714-545-2071. Our number, we're looking for a call. We'll okay. Now, 
I've got a list of people here we haven't heard from for a while. What we got? What we got? Who we got? Who's out We've there? We've got Rich in New Jersey. Yes. Dick Dyer, who yes. I know listens periodically. That's Dick's right. Been a US, oh, yesterday, USA supporter for a million squillion years, but he's only called us one time. Uh-huh. Maurice in Washington, D.C., yes. Bob in Washington State, Jerry in Washington State, Cliff in Ohio, Ray number two in Illinois. We heard from yep. Ray from Chicago, yep. um, but we've got a second Ray mm-hmm. hiding in Illinois who listens, and we haven't heard from him for a while. Michael in Pennsylvania, Bill, who is also known as Tar Heel in the chat room, yep. is in North Carolina, and he didn't want to sign in as Bill because we have... Bill, Bill, Bill. Bill, Bill, Bill. And, and that's how he picked Tar Heel. And, of course, he's from North Carolina. And Charlie in Seattle. We have not heard from Charlie in Seattle in a very long time. That's true. So we've been thinking about you folks. Give us a call and let us know you're okay. And Richard in Richardson, Texas. We need to hear from you. So give us a call. 714-545-2071. Here's a trivia question for anybody out there. You know how wrong is with trivia. What's next week is an anniversary in American history. Can anybody tell us what it is? 714-545-2071. Big anniversary in American history is next week. Can anybody tell us what it's going to be? We got a caller. Hello there, you're on the air. Hello. Hello, who's oh. this? My name is Chuck. I'm uh, calling from Schenectady, New York. Hi, Chuck. Chuck, it's good to hear from you. Have you thought out? From the, the Electric City. <laughs> the Electric City. Have you thought out yet? Uh, actually, <laughs> it's funny because um, the last bit of snow just melted uh, off of our lawn. Oh, gee. <laughs> I'm so sorry. You really had a difficult winter in the northern part of New York. I think we had 88 inches of snow. Oh, man. At all? You never made it to 100? No. Well, I'm, I'm, Syracuse did. I'm giving you a hard time here. 88 inches is dreadful. I think Syracuse went over 100. Did it really? I think so. My gosh. What did Buffalo wind up with? Yeah, Syracuse had more than Buffalo. No. Wow. Actually, Syracuse had the most in the state. Oh, real. Oh, my gosh. I used to live in New York, so I know what you folks were going through this year, and I wasn't even that far north. <laughs> Excuse me. I lived in the West Point area, which is quite far south. So, you know, we got a lot of Hudson River-generated snow, but nothing like you folks upstate. Oh, my goodness. What did you do with 88 inches of snow? <laughs> you just uh, keep paying your snow plows in. <laughs> <laughs> You don't go out with hair dryers. That doesn't work. <laughs> That's funny. The reserve of uh, money to pay for the snowplow and eat peanut butter and jelly that week. Oh, brother, I I would think so. I would think so. And you can't. I mean, this is not. You don't go out with a snowblower and a hair dryer to melt this stuff. It just doesn't work that way. No. And I have a question for you. How did anybody ever call you from Schenectady? No. Nobody. No. This is a first timer. Put it on your map, Patricia. I can put Schenectady on my map. Now, my question is... Can you spell it? Well, if I squeeze, I can. (laughs) (laughs) It ends in Y and begins in S. (laughs) 
S-C-H-E-N-E-C-T-A-G-Y. Wow. You know what? I spelled it correctly.
because brand new callers, if you're a brand new caller, and you certainly are, you automatically get some radio shows, and that means I can send you, you bet your life. Oh, that's so great. Thank you. Ah, there's a PS here. If you can answer a trivia question, I can also send the Bickersons. Okay. Oh, this is good. Okay. That's right, but I'm not really great at compared to the people that you've been talking to. Well, I don't know. No, let's not say it. If you like Fibber McGee and Molly, then we surely have a question here for you. Let's see. All right. Um, you guys keep talking. I've got 18 pages. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chuck, tell me about you. You you play you play jazz, or just a big fan of jazz? What what what's some of your? Well, I used to be in a. I was nine years in a band, and I I uh, I uh, I'm not anymore. Uh huh. Uh, what did you play? didn't want me. What did you play? Home at all hours after that band uh, got done playing, so I had to stop playing. What what kind of instrument did you play? I played the contrabass. Uh, and I played lead guitar. Oh wow! Either, either uh, the bass or the guitar. Wow! Do you huh? do you play for pleasure now? Uh yeah, I still do. Uh-huh. You still do. Okay, I've got a Fibber McGee and Molly question for you. Hmm. Okay. You ready? I'll try. Okay, all this all this tension and suspense. We have to get the tension and suspense here. <laughs> Fibber, Fibber used to call one of the weekly characters. Uppy. He would say, hiya, Uppy. Who was Uppy? Uh, Uppy. Was he the... He wasn't the old man. You're close. Yeah. The, the, uh... No, that was not the old timer. Not the old timer. Not the old timer. But she was old. I don't know, was she? Yeah. I don't know. I guess I don't get that. No, 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 right. don't give up. <laughs> Let's see here. Got another one, Patricia? Yeah, I don't remember him. Well, it's a her. He'd say, hiya, puppy, how you doing today? And it was a woman, and she was snooty. No, I don't remember. Okay, well, we're going to leave that one as a green, okay? What's and the... we've got another one here. Let's see. Um, who was Uncle Dennis? Dennis. Well, I guess I'm not good at these. Oh, this, yeah, I'm really being cruel here, You're aren't being I? Tough. You're well, being I, tough. I spend more time laughing at it than paying attention to the <laughs> Who was the sponsor of, of Film Again Molly? Just one. That's all we need is one sponsor. Just sponsor. Uh, was it? Uh, was it Chesterfield? No. Let's see here. Mm. What? What did Fibber open in his in 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 the hallway? His his uh, his crazy full closet. That was. Uh, there you go. There you go. There you go. He opened a closet. All right, you got it, Chuck. I get to send you the Bickersons. All right. Oh, oh man. <laughs> this is cool. That, that, that's not fair because I, you gave me too many chances. Oh, no, this is how we play. This is how we play. We <laughs> ask until somebody gets an answer, but you got to give me an answer. That's funny. And you did that. And Chuck, I have, I have to be able to... Oh, wait Hold on, Chuck. I'm going to ask Walden a question. Walden, can you take Chuck offline? I can do that. Chuck, can you can you send emails? Yes. Okay. 
Yes. Okay. Well, you wanna, uh, you wanna, you wanna, you wanna, Patricia, you wanna go ahead and give him his email address, or you want me to take him off the air? Uh, well, um, let me, let me. Can we do both? We can do both. We can do both. Okay. Chuck, I have an email address. I need your mailing address so I can get the CDs to you. All right. All right. So I need you to send me an email. Let me know when you're ready. Oh, um, I, I'll send it to you on my email? What? Uh, on, on email, if you could do that. I'm talking? Right now? You can do it any time. I'll give you my email address, and you can send me your mailing address. I don't want you to give it out over the air. You know, I get a little uncomfortable when people give out addresses over the air and last names and stuff like that. So, all right, when you're ready to take down an email address, let me know. <clears throat> Um, well, then why don't you just take... Why don't I take you off the air, Chuck, and I'll give you... And I'll get your address. If you're comfortable giving it to me, and I'll give it to Patricia. That'd be easier, because I don't have anything to write. Okay, I'll, I'll take you off the air. That's fine. Walden will get it. I will talk in the meantime. Or else we can play a commercial. Okay. So hold on, Chuck. Give me a second here. And Patricia, you go ahead and talk. Okay, I will go ahead and talk. All right. Now, some of the things that we didn't get to yet. Walden sent me off on a homework assignment last week. He wanted to know what Bunko was, and we knew it was a swindle. It was a crooked scheme, uh, something like a Ponzi scheme would be called Bunko. But I was supposed to find the origin of it, and it's another one nobody knows. They're thinking um, one place suggested that it would be a variation of the Spanish word Banca, B-A-N-C-A, for bank, which is a word that was used in gambling. But anyway, I did my homework. I didn't come up with very many answers, but I did do my homework, and we are saying first-time callers, and Chuck is a first-time caller, so I get to send him some radio shows. 714-545-2071. Let, give Walden a minute or two to finish his duties and taking down addresses and give us a call. Now, next week, April 16th, we are going to be talking with Claire Schultz again. Claire Schultz was with us um, all three or four weeks ago, about three weeks ago, four weeks ago. Three weeks ago. Doesn't matter. He was with us recently. He has a new book out. The title is On the Screen, On the Air, On My Mind. And it is a great collection of article-length items. Um, they're like an, it's like a collection of articles. And uh, he talked about entertainers like Al Jolson, Funny Men, um, with Bob Hope, Jerry Colonna, Arnold Stang. He will go through, or we will go through, a, a quick reference of all of the sections that are available in this book or that he wrote about in the book. But next week, he's going to be talking about the radio shows. And he's got Fibber McGee and Molly, Nightbeat, um, Stan Freeberg's work, Phil Harris and Alice Faye, which is fabulous. I love Phil Harris and Alice Faye, uh, the great Gildersleeve. So he's, he's got two, four, six, probably 15 or 20 of them. And we will go through them, and he will give you some great information about the show and the acting and the script writing and the performers. It, it really will be just a... All right, we're back with Chuck. Oh, hi, we're back? We're back. Okay, uh, just let me finish one sentence. Go right here. That will be next week, April 16th, Claire Schultz, on the screen, on the air, on my mind, interview, 1030, be with us. Hi, Chuck. <laughs> And next week, everybody, at the anniversary of Phil McGee Mario will be turning 76 years old next Saturday. 76. 
Oh, my goodness. And it has such staying power. I'm so happy that that's one of your favorite shows. Yeah. That's how we... we um, we got started on Saturday nights because it was a Cibber McGee and Molly slot. And we do play Cibber McGee and Molly shows when we have room in there. But we frequently have too much fun with phone calls and people calling in like you are and um, having some really interesting information that relates to old-time radio. But almost always we get at least one Cibber McGee and Molly in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we do. Sometimes it's late, and you'll have to be with us for a while, but, but we usually get at least one in there, and occasionally we'll get two. Yeah. And they will be... Like the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the bald fellow that used to be, uh, a, uh, used to have the marionettes. Um... Bald fellow with the marionettes. The, uh, oh, I can't think of the name of the show, but it was an old-time radio, uh, and I used to like to listen to that, and I can't remember the name now. Are you talking? I haven't heard it in so many years. Edgar Bergen. Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy. Oh yeah. That's what you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Amber, he had two other dummies. Do you remember who they were? Um, was it Knucklehead Smith? Nope. That was that was um. That was a. Paul um. Paul Winchell. Paul Winchell had Knucklehead. Yeah, that, that's right. You're right. Um. <laughs> But it was a similar character. It was a similar dummy. You're on the right track. Yeah, it was a crazy uh, guy who didn't act too smart. He was um, stupid. Okay, I'm, that, I will ask that question next week, Chuck. Yeah. You better be prepared with the answer. Uh, I will. I will. <laughs> I'm not threatening you. I really will. I'll ask you. I'm going to tune into this next week because I didn't even know this was on. Well, I sure hope, and I'm so glad that we can say, hey, I'm glad you found us. I, I am just delighted that you found us. And we do have a good time. We truly have a good time. Sure do. Yep. And uh, if you answer... If you answer about Edgar Bergen next week, you get some more radio shows. <laughs> okay. That's a pretty good deal. Yep. That's right. Great deal. Okay, well, Chuck, thank you so much for uh, for calling in and especially for adding us to the Saturday night lineup. We're really happy you're with us. Uh, do you also play uh, shows or do you just talk about them? Or? We do everything. We do everything. We will play at least one Cibber McGee and Molly show a night. Sometimes we get to two. And we'll have people on there who are expert and people who worked in radio. Um, and then we, we just take calls, so you, we never know what we what, what we do. Patricia and I are on at least six to seven hours on Saturday night, wow. and we run the gamut. That's great. We never know. So we, we uh, that's what we do on Saturday night. And we'll be here. So when, did, um, when did that show go off the air? Which show? Uh, Edgar Bergen. Edgar Bergen? 19... Around 1950. Well, it went off... Well, it had... In 1948, it was off the air for one season. Then it came back on, and it was on until 1956. Oh, boy. And it was on, it was on radio. But, uh, uh, but, yeah, he had a good run for over almost 20 years. It was such a good show, and I can't remember that year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All, All right, right, Chuck. Wait. I'm going to stay on tonight and listen tonight. Super. Thank you so much for calling. We'll talk to you next week, maybe. 
All right, thanks for everything. You bet, Chuck. My pleasure. Bye-bye. Bye now. Bye-bye. And there we heard from Schenectady, New York. I got on my map. Thank you, Chuck. 714-545-2071. The evening's young? The evening is young. I have something really, 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 really important to tell you. Patricia's hungry. Well... No, but it is food. (laughs) (laughs) I hadn't thought about it in those terms, but it's really true. All right, now for everybody, this, I mean, really, this is important stuff. Are you hanging on to your shoelaces? I'm thinking about going to get the Reese's Pieces over here. Yeah, but I've got this important thing to tell you before you go. But um, I, I got you in my head. You're my, <laughs> I'm in everybody's head. <laughs> the problem is not that I'm there. It's trying to get rid of me. Okay, on Tuesday, April 12th, this coming Tuesday, it is free ice cream cone day at Ben and Jerry's. Oh, right. That's all you have to do is show up. And at the anniversary of a couple of famous events. On the 12th? On the 12th. What is it? Well, it, what I was asking the audience, what happened in, uh, in American history... A long time ago. Oh, I've got some of that stuff. Down on the 12th, and Franklin Delano Roosevelt passed away on the 12th. And tomorrow, we're going to hear some special coverage uh, covering his passing for a little bit tomorrow night. Oh, that'll be great. Yeah. That'll be great. Yeah. For the history buffs out there, I have a file that I've labeled the death train. Um, there were broadcasts across the country. I guess, where was he? Was in Virginia? Yeah, he, he, he passed away in hot, warm spring, uh, Georgia. Georgia. Okay. And then they took the train up to D.C., I guess. And at each stop, there were broadcasts that were done until the train got to Washington. Could you sneak that in my my file, please? Say what? Could you sneak that in to me? I think I did. Oh. You know that enormous stack that you have still? Yeah, it's over there. I think it's in there. I don't remember it. I'm positive. Okay. I'll go. I, 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 got, I got your stuff in one little area. <laughs> You're going to have to rent a room for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. I'm glad it's there. Yeah, I'm positive it's in there with the history goodies. Actually, well, tomorrow when I'm playing are the various church services that happen in the country. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. that would be really neat. Really interesting. Would you... I don't know what you've... If, if you've got room to play with and you're looking to put other things in, I can email some of the Death Train broadcasts to you. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be good. I'm, I would be happy to do that. And okay. then you've got the whole collection on a CD. Okay. Which is what I was going to say. And you you got me to talk about it even gooder than I would have. Gooder? I, I, it would have been gooder. Uh, gooder than it would have been. Uh, you know I'm kidding, right? You, you know I know there isn't such a word as gooder. Well, I'm not too sure because one of the guests that Bill and I had from who was from the country, uh-huh. that's what he reused, so I'm not too sure if it's not a word already cloned. Well, no, it, it's one of those colloquialisms. It just belongs to some people in a particular area. But anyway, I have these this set of broadcasts that were done as the train moved from stop to stop to stop. And for the history buffs, if you like World War II history, I had a huge pile of World War II history, and that is one of the things in there, is this file that I call the death train, with um, 
broadcasts, and they're not very long broadcasts, but it's a collection of broadcasts that were done as the train moved to Washington, D.C. Mm -hmm. But Tuesday is a really important day with free ice cream cones at Ben and Jerry's. It is their celebration. They do it every year. Every year, Ben and Jerry's has a free ice cream cone giveaway type thing in all of their stores. And they say we do it because we want to say thank you to the customers who are making us successful and keeping us in business. Hooray! Not neat. So, do you have a Ben and Jerry's near you? I, if we do, I have never found it. Oh, no. Oh, that's a heartbreaker. Mm -hmm. But I think I'll tell Mom we might look for one. <laughs> for a free ice cream cone, I might walk a few blocks, too. <laughs> right, I have a brain teaser for you. For me? For you. Oh, man. Yeah, you know, I mean, I give you one of these every week now. Mm-hmm. These are good. Well, me, my Reese's Pieces, yeah. I never give you one that I didn't know the answer to. Huh? No sneaky stuff. Huh? All right? I mean, I'm playing fair. Not like Dennis, if you're still listening, Dennis asking me questions and you didn't know the answer to, such as I'll take a bye on that. Woo! Yeah. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. Two men play five games of checkers. Each man wins the same number of games and there are no ties. How did this happen? Um, they are playing different opponents. That is exactly it. Yeah. They weren't playing with each other. All right, Patricia. Thank you. Boy, you know what? I'm really proud of you. I am really proud of you. You've been, you have got such logical thinking. You've been training me, Patricia. Oh, my goodness. You think to be jabbers out of some of these things. <laughs> and the answer is pretty simple when you know what it is, but that is correct. All right. And played five games of checkers. Each man won the same number of games, and they did it because they didn't play each other. Okay. 714-545-2071. And I have an announcement to make. Very good. <laughs> The envelope, the magical envelope, is now on its 11th journey. I'm heading for the Starting to get pathetic. I mean, it really is pathetic. Well, you know, eventually, no one's going to have to personally deliver it to you if I can't go. If <laughs> but then, you know, it's really odd because our mail goes from my town or city, or county, whatever, um, to Tampa, and Nolan gets his mail, the central distribution system or center for him is Jacksonville. So it goes from Fort Myers to Tampa to Jacksonville down to his town on the East Coast. So it, it goes through one, two, three, four, it goes, plus his his post office there. So Fort Myers, Tampa, Jacksonville, his post office. Those are four post offices or postal centers, services. And it's on the 11th trip without the stamps being canceled. So well, maybe this really is not truly a post office route in going from Fort Myers to Tampa. Maybe it's, maybe Ron's Pony Express. Yeah, it's just all make-believe stuff. It has no hoof print. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> we, didn't, we didn't stamp the... Oh, gosh. This is... But really, I, you know, I, it, it's just... It's just getting kind of ratty looking, you know. I mean, we're down to... It's starting to thin out. We're almost down to the bubble in a couple of areas. You know, we're going to find out one day. We're going to get a call on a Saturday evening. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be from the... From the post office in Fort Myers in Tampa, and I gotta say, we are such big fans of Yesterday USA. That's why we have let it slip on by. Oh, I thought you were going to say this is the FBI. <laughs> <laughs> you committed a federal offense. Uh, it is. Well, you know, and if we have to go to court, there's enough tape floating around. We can't lie, so we're gonna have to plead. Well. I still think it's a it's a great thought that we tell them we are simply doing our duty and recycling envelopes and getting the most use out of items rather than filling up the landfill and it's not our fault <laughs> it's not our fault that the stamps just happen to be going along for the ride. That's a good idea. I love that idea. Hey, we got a no trivia question to put out there. Okay. We're going to institute a new type of trivia once a week, maybe more. Can you recognize this voice? And I told Patricia, so she knows. Wave your hand, Patricia. That way people know you know. See, I'm over here. I know what what this is all about. Walden told me last night. Last night. So We did some planning. So we did a little planning. We did do some planning. So Patricia is willing to give away a CD if you can tell us who is this person. I'll give you a clue, he's still alive, and this recording is from 1939. So, Patricia, should we go ahead and play it? Go for it! Alright, here we go. Have a heart, let's give love another chance, let's renew our old romance tonight, tonight. Again, though you pretended our love had ended, but I can feel the flame, that same old flame. So have a heart, though you told me you don't care. That old feeling must be there tonight. And here we are together. You know that this is the time to have a heart. And say your mind. Have a heart. You know, folks, little feet were made to dance. Come on, give those little kids a chance. Won't you please? Now, you know, this disease is something we've got to remove, every trace of. But for the grace of God in the heavens high, it might be you or I. So have a heart. Come on and send a dime. It isn't much. Help some little kid to walk without a crutch. Please do. So come on. Let's all pull together. Let everyone do his part. Some kid may get to live if you'll have a heart. And there's our mystery guest. Mystery guest. Yes. That's good of a CD if you can tell us who that is. I would not have recognized his voice from that song. And he wrote that song, too. Did he, really? Yes. 
You know, he didn't have a bad voice. No, no, not at all. Quite remarkable, and he's still with us. Still with, and still, still working today. Remarkable. Another one of those who <laughs> eats Wheaties and puts extra vitamins in the breakfast cereals. Can you imagine? She's 72 years. 72 years ago, he's performing that song, and we're still enjoying his work around the world. Not bad. Not bad. 714-545-2071. Give us a call. We'd love to talk to you. We'd love to have you drop in and say hi. If you don't know anything, any of the trivia questions, that's fine. We just love company. This is a test, Walden. Yes. Why is Tuesday important? Because it's... Free ice cream at Ben and Jerry. Free ice cream at Ben and Jerry's. All right. I, I don't have to. I, you just have to walk in, and they will give you a free ice cream cone. You think it could be a very big cone? I think it's probably they picked the size. <laughs> Hello there, Carl. You're on the air. Hello, Walden. Hello, Patricia. Hi, Jim. How are you? I was just thinking about you today that we hadn't heard from you for a while. Well, last weekend, let's see, what happened last weekend? One of the, well, you know, I, I have, it's my phone, but there are house, my housemates in the house use the phone, too. And one of them had the phone last last Saturday night. Oh, I'm sorry. We'll just have to get on that case. <laughs> Well, it helps them, and sometimes, you know, sometimes they'll go to sleep and forget to bring it back, you know. How uh -oh. But I but I did listen some. I'm in, I haven't didn't get a chance to hear too much tonight, but it's, uh, I, I, I guess you're just, what were you just talking about as far as 72 years and breakfast cereal? No, no, not breakfast cereal. We just played a clip. Yeah. Of a performer who's still in business today, still alive, still working. And he's our mystery guest. We want to know who that is, who that was. That's good enough for a CD. Mm. Alden said, how is that for 72 years? And I said, another one who eats vitamins with his Wheaties. Oh. That's where the cereal came in. It was. Just, I, I ask Frank Brzee uh, uh, occasionally, what do all of these people eat for vitamins? Because they just never stop. They're the Energizer bunnies. So that's where the cereal came in. Oh, I, I, I just tuned in, so I, I missed the performance. Yeah. Help you there. Um, just want to say, first of all, I got your I got your MP3. I haven't had a chance to check it yet, but I got it the other day. Okay. Well, well that was going to be my question because I've got I've got so messed up, Jim. I am so sorry, and I know it was late. Um, but I sent you commercials and vintage ads. Yeah. And if that's not what's in your envelope, would you let me know? I will. <laughs> Looking forward to hearing those. That sounds like it's really going to be fun hearing those. They are fun. Oh, I love hearing old commercials. You know, one thing that's missing now in advertising, no one writes original jingles anymore. That's, we've, we've been talking about that at different times. We've been playing jingles throughout the night. Yeah. So, so I mean, no one, I mean, what they do now, basically, or at least what they have been doing the last 15 years or so, or 20 years, maybe, they just take old rock and roll songs and adapt them to commercials. Uh-huh. And now they're into the 80s and 90s songs. Yeah. I have, a, I have a trivia question for both of you. Okay. It's a jingle. Okay. Patricia, I bet you, I bet you know who this is going to be. Okay. So I'm going to play this jingle, and we can talk about this. Maybe you guys can figure out who this is. Okay? Oh, my best. Let me turn you both down. Here we go. Here we go. If you're swinging, if you're boating, if you're pushing, if you're floating, you need manly quick and milk this summer. 
you're trying, racing. Try the drink that's really bracing. It's magic like a nose in a summer. Delicious chocolatey quick makes the most wonderful energy drink. Gives you all the health of milk plus quick own vitamins and iron. Never sticky sweet so it really quenches thirst. Get cool, get a great chocolatey treat, and get lots of energy builders. Take a sip from all us right kids. It's the drink that's really right kids. As for nerves like a milk this summer. Oh. And the FDIS must please make the very best. Yeah. Oh, well, you, I, I, I know you had this person as a guest on your show. <laughs> yes, we did. A few months ago. Uh-huh. And he was very fun to talk to, and I learned from him, and I did not know he actually had a weekend show on ABC Radio in the late Didn't know it either. Isn't that amazing? That was the first I heard about it, too, Jim. Who is he? He is uh, Danny O'Day. I know it's Farfo and Jimmy Nelson. Jimmy Nelson. So Jimmy Nelson with Annie O'Day and Farfo. It's just you know what I still find amazing is Farfo's a dog. Right. And chocolate is dangerous to dogs. That is correct. And I just find it amazing, you know, and I did not know as a child that chocolate was toxic or dangerous to dogs because I remember when we got our one of our first dogs. My sister wanted to, just out of goodness, wanted to give our dog a bite of chocolate ice cream. Uh-huh. My mom said, no, 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 you never do that. That's dangerous for a dog. And I didn't know that. I never knew it either. I did, and I don't know how it came about that I knew it. But Faisal has been singing commercials for Nestle's, my goodness. And it, just, it seems strange that a dog would promote something... It was so dangerous for us. You and Walden have such logical minds. I never would have thought about poor Farfel dying because he drank. That's <laughs> quick. I mean, have you ever had Jimmy Nelson? Or, I'm trying. Maybe you can ask. I mean, I mean, it's just, have, did, have, ask, we can put down this. Did have Farfel ever drink Nestle chocolate? <laughs> I mean, I never knew. If, and, he, you know, if, he, if he never killed over, then we know it's not true. It's not true. Oh, Farfall. I met Danny O'Day in Farfall. Yeah. Wonderful. I, I'm, forgive me if I've mentioned this while you were listening, but I met Jimmy several years ago. He was working at a bank, actually a savings loan at the time. He was in the um, public relations and marketing. He was head of public relations and marketing. And I just, I thought it was really delightful that some stuffy old banker wasn't a stuffy old banker, and he decided to put two dummies and a ventriloquist in as a public relations director. But it worked, and um, so I, I scheduled a couple of interviews with him, and I asked him if he would bring the dummies. I met him at his workplace. Mm-hmm. And Jim, I never knew. I mean, I thought it was like, you know, put the kids in a paper bag and show up. He came in with this thing that looked like a steamer trunk on end. It was on wheels. And it was easily three and a half to four feet tall. Three and a half feet, I guess. And he put he had to put the dummies together. So he had, you know, the heads, each head had its own compartment. The bodies had their, so there were four compartments. And one at a time, he took out the pieces and he put them together. And I just had no idea what kind of trouble this man was going to for me. And he was like, oh, sure, I can do that. He was so gracious. 
the logistics, uh, I mean, I, I imagine, and it was a lot heavier than, say, what Edgar Bergen did had to do with Charlie McCarthy, right? I mean, Bergen just had, I mean, not that it wasn't talented, but Bergen had like a wooden, uh, the Charlie was wooden, right? Just a straight wooden, I mean, he didn't use a lot of props, right, did he, to my knowledge? That is correct. That is correct. Well, Charlie was dressed up in a formal outfit. He had a tuxedo and a monocle and, you know, a high hat. Um, and it, it's interesting that at the same, that Frank oh, oh, Mitchell, I think, Marshall, Frank Marshall, carved Edgar Bergen's Charlie McCarthy, and Frank Marshall also carved Danny O'Day. Interesting. Yeah. So the, the two of them were from the same artist. Now, Frank Marshall also created, I'm going to say, I believe he also created Farfall. And that uh, Jimmy went back and, and asked about Farfall. Um, but uh, Frank Marshall apparently was the Leonardo da Vinci of the carved figures business. He was the master. So having Danny O'Day created by Frank Marshall was, was really quite... I well, I remember, you know, Ed Nesley's Quick had, uh, you, if you watch TV in the early 60s, uh, on Saturday morning, those commercials dominated television. They were on, they were featured on the Alvin show, the Roy Rogers reruns. No oh, kidding. Various shows all through Saturday morning. You could hear, you could hear, there wasn't an hour that went by that you did, you did not, would not have heard one of those Nestle's Quick ads. Wow. I had no idea. Oh, they were everywhere, and uh, and and of course they had. Then they also later they advertised some. I don't know if Farfo did them, but Nestle's of course also promoted some of their other products like Nestle's Crunch. And in fact, one jingle I remember for Nestle's Crunch from 1964. Or so you might remember, who taught chocolate to talk a lot? Who taught a bar to say Crunch? I have a hunch. Each chocolate bite a crisp delight. Nestle's, ha ha, you're right. I see you remember that. We need to get Madison Avenue on the stick here. People That's what remember jingles. They remember little. I can't remember the last foreign policy decision. The last uh, what Wall Street did yesterday. I know. <laughs> I know, but we we remember these. Uh, I we, don't know. Do we remember this jingle? Okay. Here we go. You think we remember it? I bet we do. Here we go. <laughs> See? Yes, of course. Yeah, they were singing Nick. I sang that jingle to me when I was a child. I can remember that was one of the first. She was remembering when Pepsi was a nickel. Yes. Now, well, then at the end of that, Jim, you, you have better ears than I. Were they singing nickel, nickel, pickle, tickle? Yes. They were doing a mix. I... Oh, nickel, nickel, trickle, 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 trickle. Uh-huh. Yeah. Was it trickle or tickle? Trickle. I think. Pretty sure. Walden, help. Play it again. All right. We rewind. Can you do just the end of it? Yep, we can. Just give me one sec. Ralph got this for us one night. He actually sang it for us. So we, can all, we, we can always call Jimmy Weldon. He could tell us, too. But here we go.
Trickle. Trickle or nickel? Yeah, trickle. Trickle. So then it must be like you're pouring. Yeah, I think so. Now there's a later version of Pepsi Cola. It goes like this. Pepsi Cola, See, the name used that. And of course, you, you might remember uh, two other Pepsi footnotes. Mm -hmm. When David Harding Counter Spy, or Counter Spy was sponsored by Pepsi in about 1950 or so. Right. You might remember that in some of the Counter Spy episodes, we talk about Harlow Wilcox and so forth blending the commercial. We can understand it on a comedy. But when David Harding and Peters were investing a investigating a case, often within the drama, there might be a restaurant scene or a or a, a, a drugstore scene. They would order a Pepsi as part of the story. <laughs> I'll be dying. How about a pe I'll have one of those Pepsi Colas or something. Oh, that's good stuff. Uh, uh, uh. Walden and, and Jim, you too. On um, the old dragnet, so there is no such thing as a new dragnet. On um, on the radio shows. Did they not occasionally do the same thing with a product? I'll have a Coke. Well, they had. A, they would order a. They would order. Well, they would order. They would. They would offer. You know, the, being with Chesterfield being the main sponsor, and then Fatima, they would often offer cigarettes. To the suspect would ask for a cigarette. Right. I never heard the suspect say, "That's not my brand." No, and nobody ever said, "Here, have a Chesterfield." But but, but my brother told me that in the Dragnet movie from 1954 and on the Dragnet television show. You did see packs of Chesterfields clearly displayed. Oh, that doesn't surprise me. But do you know on Gunsmoke, Patricia? Yes, Walden. What? I think Jim can tell the story. Are you talking about Polly Bear story? Yes, yes. Story? Yes, tell the story. George Walsh, the announcer on Gunsmoke, years later was reminiscing about the radio Gunsmoke, and they, and they were doing a recording one day, and one of the advertising agency people were there uh, at CBS who represented Ligon and Myers, and there was a scene where Marshall Dillon and Chester, I believe, were out on the prairie. All of a sudden, there's a gunshot that fires, and it misses them, and Chester supposedly says something like, if I remember right, Boy, we were sure lucky, Mr. Dillon, and then right up then, the, you know, the ad immense, cut, cut, stop it, stop it, you can't use the word lucky. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> and, and, uh, George Walsh, uh, and then, and, and, and of course, uh, Norman McDonald turned to the, this ad guy and said, now, Mr. whatever his name was, he said, do you really, can you really? Like, uh, there was a Twilight Zone, I guess, maybe Martin knows about this. I read one of the other books I read, there was a scene where they couldn't drink tea on the boat because, you know, coffee was one of the sponsors. Uh. There was a scene in, uh, uh, let's see, what was it? There was a scene where, oh, uh, also getting back to Gunsmoke, George Walsh, this ad man kept correcting George Walsh on the way he was doing the commercials. And, and at one point he says, you know, Uncle Fred isn't going to be very happy to hear the way you've been treating me. And, and this, there, there was a guy named Fred who was some big honcho in the advertising world. 
And the guy just kind of shook. He really, George really didn't have an Uncle Fred, but he merely mentioned Uncle Fred. Uh-huh. And, that kind of, and the guy just shut up, and he couldn't do anything wrong. George couldn't do anything wrong after that. Oh, that's funny. Boy, you talk about manipulating. <laughs> well, I also heard, this is a little more serious, that when Playhouse 90 was doing judgment, uh, judgment at Nuremberg and the subject of the Nazi me- execution method came up, because the international, a gas company was one of the sponsors. Oh, no. And I kid you, I've read that in broadcast history books. They couldn't say gas because of the, uh, you know, the, the, the sponsor association. Uh, and, you know, and, and when you think of how, I mean, when you think of how silly, I mean, I doubt if one listener in 10 million would even think about lucky strikes. They'd be, they'd be paying attention to the Gunsmoke episode. Of course. I mean, I mean, I wouldn't think of Lucky's. I mean, I, I you know, it just, uh, and of course, you never, in those days, you never mentioned a competitor's name. You, you always talked about brand X or the leading brand or about Dragnet because I recall only one episode, and both of you probably know which one it is. I believe it was a Ben Alexander episode where he was um, Frank Smith. And the two of them were sitting in a diner waiting for a woman to come in and give them some information. And one had a sandwich. And, and I believe one of them said, I'll just have a Coke. One had coffee, one had a, And I thought he said, I'll have a Coke. Hmm. Well, they did, you know, a lot of times they would do that. And sometimes, you know, to show how closely Coke has become part of our lives, people, it's kind of like scotch tape. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's. Well, I mean, it may not you might not be ordering a Coke in a store, but people that say I'll have a Coke. I'll have a Coke, meaning a cola, right? It's right. They don't, and and you people don't generally say Pepsi or RC. They just say, use the word Coke generically. Well, you you know what came to mind when you guys when Patricia made it the famous stuff that the Jack Benny writers used to pull. What was that? During Christmas times, when they wanted to see if they're going to get any free gifts, they always write in. Jack. Oh my God. They were right. Jack asking for fourteen or fifteen different products. Yeah. With a line with Rochester, doing generally the uh, the they would hit, they kept all the free products. Stuff would come rolling in. Uh, right. Anybody who mentioned a product yes. by name on a show yeah. frequently or typically mm-hmm. got a complimentary product yes. from the manufacturer because it was mentioned. It was like a thank you gift. Yes. You know? And the one he did around Christmas time, he had a Cadillac in there. Mm-hmm. He wanted tragic. A, he just, yes, it was tragic because for Jack Webb and as far as Chesterfields go, because I read in one of the web, it may have been the one Michael Haley wrote, I can't remember if it was his or the other book, uh, that the Ch- Liggett and Myers kept Jack Webb because Dragnet was so popular. Liggett and Myers kept Jack Webb supplied with free Chesterfields. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that smoking was a factor in the later health problems. That oh, sure. His demise. Oh, absolutely. But they supplied him because, you know, it was, a good, it was a good promotion. It seems like I heard a dragnet once, too, and I've been looking for it, or maybe in my subconscious I remember it. I haven't found the recording yet, but it was an episode around 1950 or 51 when Jack Webb would do... You know, at the end of the show, before the trial was out, he did, he did the last commercial for either Chesterfield or Chesterfield. 
Seems like there was one episode where Jack Webb said that uh, in a recent survey among the nation's police officers. Oh, I don't recall ever having heard that one. I think I heard that once, and I just can't remember what episode, or maybe someone told me they heard it. It's one of those things, you know, maybe an urban oh. legend, but I would swear I heard once, or someone may have mentioned that Jack Webb oh. said more uh, survey among police officers say that Fatima is the preferred brand. And you talk about sponsor identification. Mm-hmm. I, I always found it funny, too. My friend Harold, who was another radio collector, always found it funny that on the adventures of Rin Chin Chin, which was set at Fort Apache in the 1880s or late 1870s, at the end of the episode, it was sponsored by Nabisco. <laughs> at the end of the episode, the announcer and Corporal Rusty, the little boy, they would always, he, Rusty would always give Rinty a milk bone. A milk bone in the middle of the 1800s and the Indian Wars, and there were no milk bones. <laughs> but it was just funny to me, like, I, I like what Harold said was, he said the same thing, Fort Apache, the, the, the cavalry in, in serious peril, and they had milk bones. <laughs> now see, there you go. You and Walden with your, your literal analytical minds, you're the only one who really had a problem with milk bones. You're probably the only person in the United States who picked it up that they were giving a doggy milk bones in the middle of the... 1800s. The 1800s. That... No, I, I, just think, I just think like that. It, just, it doesn't... It's just the way I... Um... I, I just think like that, uh, it, it, and, uh, and, uh, and I know that the advertisers would not, it's funny, the advertisers would probably be real upset with me if, that I could remember the jingle but never use the product. But I guess if you remember the jingle, I guess that's what people... Uh, it tells them it was memorable and you know what the product was. They'll be thrilled with it. Well, what's what do advertisers spend money on advertising for? Is it really to push product, or is it really to identify that way people will have it part of their memory bank? Probably both. They want you to buy it, and they will have a better success rate if you remember the product. Mm -hmm. So I mean, like no one remembers. Uh, oh, what's an example? Um, you know, uh, uh, you know, as, as great as U.S. Steel was, and prestigious as it was, sponsoring a show like the, well, I guess. DuPont did certainly work with better ways through mm -hmm. chemistry. And then I guess the United States Steel products were effective on Theater Guild. You know, but, the, yeah. Norman, when George Hicks did those. Right. I, but, think I remember the slogan exactly. But some of those shows, it was not necessarily to push products. Prestige. It was, it was to remind people of the brand. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, for example, I have general... General Motors sponsored the symphony show during the war when they couldn't sell cars. Right. Uh, the railroad hour sponsored the railroad hour. You you can't really buy a train off a train track. Right, but but it's a good promotion for the uh, for the association. Mm -hmm. Correct. Those are feel good commercials. Yes. They want you uh, to feel good about the company. They're mood commercials. Yeah. And they're very effective. What was really odd is listening to a. Uh, 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 we were listening to a, uh, I, I think it was a, a You Bet Your Life from like, 19, it was, you know, You Bet Your Life for years was sponsored by DeSoto. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But in 1959, when Spot Radio was taking over and, and the network was offering the show to participating advertisers, it was really weird hearing when it was a monitor segment, it was weird hearing You Bet Your Life in a commercial for Rambler. 
I never heard that, but my goodness, that would set your teeth on edge, wouldn't it? Well, you, you know, you associate George Fenneman, it was a recorded ad, but you associate George Fenneman with DeSoto, and, you know, it was such, it was such a part of you, bet your life, for, oh. for so long. It just was weird. Oh, it was like, uh, yours truly, Johnny Dollar, for years, and this was, again, in the spot era. Mm -hmm. We're at, in the 1959-60 era, R.J. Reynolds sponsored it either for Winston or Camels. Mm -hmm. Then in 1960, when it moved to New York for a few months, Philip Morris sponsored it for either Philip Morris cigarettes or Alpine cigarettes. Now that's really interesting when you go with a different manufacturer for the same product. And then in 1962... The last year Johnny Dollar was on the air, Ken and Newport sponsored it. And it, they're totally different tobacco companies. Huh. But it was just weird hearing the, uh, pro, you know, the, the, the show that was so representative. Huh. So many, it's, I guess it's kind of like when a show switches networks in a way, maybe. Mm -hmm. uh, Absolutely right. But it's, but it's always interesting that... When did, Plymouth, when did um, Chrysler stop making Plymouth? I mean, DeSoto. When did they stop making DeSoto? I think it was 60 or 61, I think. Really? Wow. But I know that, I know on, by, of course, by 59 on television or 60, there were, Groucho was sponsored by products like Somonex. And, you know, again, it was, again, the spot advertising. It was just, it's weird when you think about some of the products that that's, uh, some of these shows advertise. It seems so unrelated to, I mean, mm -hmm. as, as great as Have Gun Will Travel is, and I love the Western, it was a great Western, but somehow hearing ads for things like Dristan and Exla and those type of things just seems so out of place. A Western. So out of place. They didn't match at all. But again, that was the the whole object was they had to get some sponsor to buy it. So and I guess they I guess they just bought them in a group. Well, I think what happened that when the late Diffies uh sponsors were buying across the board. Yeah. Uh so they just bought they 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 show so many spots for the week, and that's why they just spread spread them all out. And you heard the same. That's why you often heard the same spots show after show after show. Right. I learned something interesting last night listening to those one man's families you were playing. Uh huh. You know, we we heard the I heard those NBC, and I thought at first maybe they were bulletins, but apparently NBC had a feature on the half hour call. It was called Service. Was it service? They called it service or something? NBC service, yeah. NBC service. Apparently, it was a one-minute news update mm -hmm. that was done every hour, and I got that by the end. The announcement at the end of the announcement it brings you news on the hour and service every half hour. Mm -hmm. Apparently, you know, the person recording them didn't always record that minute, but apparently that was a feature NBC used during that time period, and I, that I, it was not wasn't just for bulletins, but apparently it was a regular feature. They got me too. You, we talked about it briefly at that time. They were always doing five second spots. Five seconds. Yes. The end of the sixty second spot. They would quick. They would do a, a quick five second spot. Yeah, there's several like there were a number like that, like the one for Dove, the Dove soap case. Yeah, Dove soap case. Don't forget your, uh, your you can get your perch for your Dove soap. Just a quick five-second hit. Just a, a quick spit. Uh-huh. Well, you also had another thing you noticed on some of those. And NBC did this clear to like 63 or 4. Remember that little harp you hear between pro, uh, commercials? Mm hmm That harp bridge? NBC used that clear to like 1962 or 63. Mm. What that harp represented, I have no idea. Probably helped to separate the for, commercial. The, for the commercial for the listeners. Huh. 
Well, they, I know what they used to do, too, is, and they did it before conglomerates became so big. If you bought 60 seconds of ads on, on radio or television, they would do 30 seconds for two products from the same company. Like, uh, you might get an ad for American Home Products or Whitehall Laboratories. You'd get Anison and uh, Outgrow, the treatment for ingrown toenails. Or, or with the Sterling Drug Company, you might get Bayer Aspirin and Haley's Emma. And it would be like two products from the same company uh -huh. represent I, those 60 seconds. I used to hear that a lot in the early film game. I was in the early 40s. The hitchhike, the one in the back, would always be for car new. Yeah. Oh, yeah, two different Johnsons. Pro right. or, or they would have a backup product at the end of a given show. Like, it, was also, it was always a Johnson Wax product, mm -hmm. but it was, it was a different product. Right. Or, another, or an example of that might be at the at the last year of the Jack Benny program, when Lockheed's was still the sponsor, you heard Teradin ads at the end. Mm -hmm. What ads, Jim? Teradin. Teradin cigarettes? Uh, or was it pipe tobacco? Well, some it may have been pipe one year, but one year it was Teradin. Uh-huh. A filter cigarette. Oh, Teradin cigarettes? Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh, okay, Teriton. I got it. Yeah, I can I mispronounced it. Terryton, yeah. Yeah, and that was of course they were both American and I heard somewhere originally was it Pell Mall supposed to be the the sponsor on Benny after Grape Nuts left and We have one sample of it. And Mary Livingston preferred Pell Malls? That was in her contract that she was gonna smoke that brand anyway, no matter what sponsor they gotta go. <laughs> so there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I know there's a couple of Jack Bettys from 44 where Pell Mall is actually at, uh, sold, right? right? I think there's a few yeah, in 44. I have one of those. Like, yeah, I have one of those. But it was just weird, it was just weird that, uh, but you, you can't deny that with the sportsmen with their commercials and all, sure put Lucky on the map with those Lucky jingles. Mm-hmm. And then we're back to jingles again. Jingles! Yes. Well, I, I miss the creative end. There's, there's one that grades on my nerves now up here, and maybe, I don't know if Walden gets it down there, and it's just, Maybe it's just because the re it's hurt to play so much. That made that song with about cars for kids. That, uh -huh. Singing that song and the guy just grades on my nerves. They've been running that for years now. Seems like. <laughs> it's one of those things that. I mean, one eight hundred nine 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 cars for kids. Yeah. Yeah. One and and and. I don't even like to think of it. <laughs> grades on my. It, what's your what ad, Patricia, on radio uh, from the golden age annoyed you the most as far as hearing it when you listen to shows? Annoyed me the most? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, Jim, this is a pop quiz. <laughs> I think it be a lot of choices. I oh, let me count the ways. Um, Bruma Seltzer. Oh, the train? Yes. Yeah. It makes me nuts when I hear it. An inner sanctum. For Bruma Seltzer, Bruma Seltzer, Bruma Seltzer. Yeah. Uh, did, did, did. However, there's a PS to this. Yeah. I remember the product. Yeah, that's true. You, that's what they wanted, of course. That's what uh, a commercial has to do is make the product memorable. Geico has some television commercials that should be flushed down the toilet. They are, they are so memorable and they are so bad that I wouldn't buy the product simply because the commercials are so offensive. When you, hear, well, when you hear the Mr. Keens and you hear about Anison and how your doctor and dentist, uh, you know, huh? and when you when, uh, when you hear more doctors and dentists, you know, you, you can get Anison from your own doctor or dentist, it gets to a point, you me you memorize those, and when you think those never varied from week to week, uh -huh. they use the same copy every week on, on some of those things. They were as dependable as Mr. Keen. Yes, they were. Uh, or, or another example would be, uh, let's see. 
uh, on, on the soaps. I mean, you always, uh, you, you, even they never vary. Of course, what I enjoyed, like on the day of radio in 1939 from WJSV, have you heard of the Arthur Godfrey local ad he did for Pepsi that day? No. It was funny because, first of all, he talked about how Pepsi, Pepsi, how good Pepsi was, and he said, he told Mother, get, get, get your kids some Pepsi, it's good for them. And he talked about how Pepsi had natural fruit juices, how it came from Pepsi. Serious? Death. I kid you not. How, oh, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> oh, this is really cool. Okay, now, Jim, I'm giving out homework assignments tonight. This is my turn. Okay. You have now in your hands a huge collection of vintage ads, radio ads. Okay. Your job is to pick through them and come up with some really fabulous ones that you think were so well done they ought to be keepers for today. Okay. And if I can't next week, I'll certainly have it in two weeks. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'm going to go. That's going to be my next big listening project now that you've. Uh, you know, they're kind of fun, and they're extra fun because they're so short. Yeah. Go away and come back, go away and come back, and it's not like you're coming back in the middle of a show. So you can hear an ad or two or three and then come back to it the next. And, and, since, and since they're separated, you can find them easy. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. I have a question for you now. Okay. Because I, I have to send you something soon. Um, in information, please. Yes. Franklin P. Adams. What did the P stand for? Oh, boy. Oh, I know you know it. You know everything. You and Walden are a pair. Franklin P. Peter? Nope. Hey. Well, just let that one sit out there. Okay, let me see what we've... One of your listeners will know. Pardon? I'm sure one of your listeners will know. Somebody will know. Let's see what else we got here. Ah, <laughs> uh, in the voyage of the Scarlet Queen. Right. Elliot Lewis played the captain. Right. What was the captain's name? Philip Carney. Oh, there you go. I just knew you'd let me send you something. <laughs> this is good. Yes, it was Philip Carney. Did you enjoy, that's a series I really enjoy. Did you enjoy that one? I like it very much. It was so well done. You know, when you think of, when you, and it reminds you again, just how well, just what a renaissance man Elliot Lewis was. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. He was... Uh, in the I wish I could have met these people, he's right up there with John Dana. He just, you know, when you think that on one hand he could play a role like that. Uh-huh. He could play Remley, of course. Right. All the producing and production it for Broadway's My Beat and on stage and suspense. Yep. And, yep. and uh, Walden and I sort of agree that the auto-light suspenses in which Elliot Lewis was the major figure... For he and I both agree that our favorite era of suspense was the Autolite era. Yeah, he would take comedians and have them dramatic roles, right? Right, yeah. you know, he had, he had Milton Burrow playing a dramatic, mm -hmm. he had Jack Benny playing it. Bob Hope, Bob Hope, Hope. Uh, yeah. The Autolite stories, to me, was, had the most punch, uh, and of course, we've, my friends and I have often debated about the different eras of suspense, because each era had its own unique sound. Mm -hmm. It was over 20 years, you know, 945 shows. And then he wrote uh, record albums? That's right. The man, What was the Manhattan? Uh, Man yeah. Manhattan, I forgot, Towers, I Tower, think. Manhattan Towers. Yeah. And then Happy Anniversary, Happy Holidays. He and Kathy Lewis would do those. 
Biden. And he did, uh, and of course he did uh, so many, uh, uh, even in the 70s and 80s, yeah. well he did, he did the uh, Zero Hour first, yeah. and then in the 80s or late 70s he did the Sears Radio Theater, Mutual Radio Theater. Well, director, and then he, wrote, then he wrote a series of detective novels. Oh, did he? Yes. I'm he's, not surprised. He's eight or nine. Yeah, it, it was quite a few. I looked them up yeah. one day, at, at least six, mm-hmm. and probably more, and, and they were pretty well received. He was a remarkable person. Edie, well, and then when you think he even goes back, to, I know it wasn't one of your favorite Christmas shows, but he goes back, he, didn't he have a part in the Cinnamon Bear? No. Oh, I don't know about that. I think, I think that was before he, he broke in. Okay, well, maybe... Cinnamon Bear was 37, and I think he didn't really get it, he was, uh, didn't get in until about 39. Okay, well, it may have been, I mean... No, about 37, 37, yeah, he wrote it, I think he missed it. Okay, I think of one of the other actors then. Uh-huh. Uh, that whole Hollywood, some of those Hollywood people go back that far. That's true. Mm-hmm. Bill Gordon, of course, and Henley Stafford. And Frank, Frank Nelson. Oh, yeah. I have to say, I don't have anything against the cinnamon there. I thought it was one you didn't like. Oh, it, it, it's, it's not one that I would sit down and, and choose to listen to. I would do a Christmas carol before I did the cinnamon bear, but it's a really cute story. It is. Well, I, I know who didn't like If I remember right, at one of our Spurdback dinners, we were at the table. I think Leonard Maltin was definitely not a cinnamon bear fan. Mm-hmm. Um, to, and people who don't know what we're talking about, it took me forever to pick up and, and catch up with the cinnamon bear, is a cereal that was played... Every year, and it's still played every year. Someplace. Still play in Oregon every year since 1937. It's a, a story about kids who went searching for a star mm-hmm. in the forest, the, the missing star, and the sequence was played from Thanksgiving to Christmas Eve every single year. And if anyone would like it, I have it. 26 chapters, a virtual cornucopia of well-known radio voices are in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, people who you know, uh, and then you also think, and, and it's one of those things that if once you hear it, especially if you're if you're young at heart, uh, children once they hear it, they'll want to hear each chapter. The hard part for families, and I've given it to friends of mine as a gift, and I'm giving it to a friend of mine this year who uh, has a seven-year-old or eight-year-old. She's just at the age now where I think she can really appreciate it. Uh-huh. Well, I'm going to suggest to her mom that she. Uh, Play one chapter a day. That's the because that, that was the excitement of radio, not hearing all the stories at once, but coming in each day and listening to it. And listening to the next segment of the story. I agree with you. I agree with you. So, but, but it was one of the again one of those classics. Uh, I, I I do agree with you though about the quality of uh, commercials today, and most of them today also. They seem so. Uh, it's not like, you know, like watching a TV show today. The commercials are so, they're all like short 5, 10, 15 second ads. And you don't get like a, 60, a beginning commercial, a middle commercial, an ending commercial. You get this whole cluster all through the show. Yeah. And that makes t- watching a show hard. I, one thing I've definitely given up on, and we stopped doing this years ago, we stopped watching theatrical movies on regular television. Because they're interrupted. So, you know, a movie that might be two hours in length with the commercials, like on cable, on t- TBS and the like, it could take three or four hours to watch a two-hour movie because of mm-hmm. But I guess that's the way broadcasting is now, I guess. Well, we're just going to have to fix them. Jim, what can I send you? 
Well, right now I'm I'm kind of I'm got I'm a friend of mine just sent me two whole spindles of CD of disc to listen to. Oh boy, you're gonna have busy ears. Okay. I know. I, I can't think of anything right now. Maybe the next caller you can give something to. I would. I just marked I O U next to your name. So when I start talking about something. Oh wait, uh, I know. I know. What? You can even send him B L O N. Thank you, Walt. <laughs> oh, Walt. Would you like Blondie? Um. I don't think so. But it's nice of the gesture, Walt. <laughs> yeah, Walt is in one of those moods tonight. Well, it would be like it would be like sending you. Uh, it would be like sending Walt. What's your least favorite show, Walden? I have to think about that. Oh, he's mentioned it one night. <gasps> I'll think of it. Okay. It's a bad comedy. Oh. Well, yeah, and I, I guess I can't say Walt, Walt, Walt Blondie's the worst show ever. It's, it's, it's just the episodes I've heard. Well, it might be the worst show for you, and that's perfectly acceptable. You don't like the show, period. Next time you call, I'm going to ask you what Blondie's dog was. And you're going to know the answer, because I'm giving you advance warning. <laughs> Well, I mean, I was, I'm sure I've got an episode in my collection, so I have one at least. That was, I mean, that's what turned me off right from the beginning, maybe. But, I, but this isn't to take any way of thing away from Penny Singleton. She was a good actress for the Right. Well, oh, my goodness. Well, you know, an, an awful lot of really great actors wound up in some really questionable shows or ones that did not have broad appeal. So Penny wasn't the only one who wound up in a show that was not loved by 100% of the audience. Well, you know, I, I guess there's no show that was loved by 100%. No. I guess, even you know, I'm, I know that most people, uh, I think among comedies, most people say Jack Benny was probably the best comedy, but I'm sure there are people around who were not Jack Benny fans. I mean, for various reasons. I mean, uh... <laughs> Uh, and I'm sure there are people that love, that were, I know people that are not Fred Allen fans, and I think the reason for that probably is since Fred Allen's humor was so topical, in a way. I mean, people who weren't familiar with the 1940s would probably have trouble relating to some of that. I think part of his challenge was working with scripted material. He was so good at ad-libbing and extemporaneous and... Uh, casual pickup shows. I, for example, when he did guest appearances on Information Please, I am on the floor every time I hear that man on that show. He was yeah. really funny. What made the Eagle show so? Because it was it wasn't planned. No, it was spontaneous. He played off other people. It was truly his medium, and he was in a scripted situation with the Fred Allen show, and it, he just didn't shine in it. Well, it's kind of like. Uh... We all agree that as talented as Stan Freeberg is and was in his in his prime, most people, I'm sure, and didn't you say Walden once that Stan never usually liked to talk? Did he say particularly, or is it just he just never liked to talk about that's rich? It's not in his autobiography. Right. His very first radio show that he started in, he doesn't even mention it in his book. Oh. Yeah, that's should wonder. <laughs> That'll give you a hint, won't it? I guess he would have mentioned it if he thought it was important, uh -huh. I guess. He would have mentioned it, but he did give us eight great tomatoes in that little bitty can. Indeed, indeed, and, and you know who, you know who, you know who. Oh, my favorite thing in that one is when the announcer says, in case you don't. 
it's content the way that announcer added that little line there I, I also like Stan Freeberg's uh, Mars Junior Bars ads you know the Tom Sweep and his electric Milky Way machine that was in the 60s that was kind of funny yeah. and there's so many things he did accent there's one Walden and I have it on a monitor segment where in 1964 when people are demonstrating this one demo civil rights and Vietnam demonstrations were going on and there's a guy demonstrate there's a demonstration in support of accent and are you and the guy Stan Freeberg's playing the demonstrator and he says uh, are you are you demonstrating no I'm just a run-of-the-mill demonstrator and things like that and he says uh, I tell you, and he says that somehow the subject of conservative comes up and, and, and he says, I'm just a conservative, and, and, and this is in the 64 campaign, and the guy says to Stan, I take it you're for berry? And he says, well, I don't know how it is on berries, but it's great on vegetables. There you go. What a great idea. Yeah. Well, anyway, you both have a wonderful evening. Okay, Jim, thanks for Always coming. I have your IOU, and you know what your assignment is. Oh, again, again, it's going over those ads and picking the three that I thought really stand out. Perfect. And if I have time, do Blondie's dog. Blondie's dog, right? <laughs> you know, you know, uh, you know. Who knows? Maybe, maybe someday some collector will unearth the complete series. You never know. And in that case, it will be a gift, my gift to you. That's right. Well, well, uh, okay. Well, uh, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe my, uh, my, my friend, just my landlord's uh, daughter, just gave birth to her first baby. Maybe he can become a Blondie fan. <laughs> We'll figure something out. Okay. You both have a wonderful evening. You too, Jim. Thanks for calling. See you, Walden. All right, Jim. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Here we go. 714-545-2071. Turn number. I think, I think one might sneak in a song in here, Patricia. That way you and I can stretch for about two minutes. Okay. Is that okay? That's okay. So let's, let's play another Buddy Clark song, everybody. Great, great singer. And this is my dad's all-time favorite song. Here we go. Cutie, what's your name? Fresh. I don't talk to strangers. Oh, I'm no stranger. Been waiting every evening for you to walk by. Keep waiting. I'm still walking. Oh, what's your name? None of your business. Pretty name. But I'll just call you Linda. Well, how did you guess? When I go to sleep, I never count sheep. I count all the charms about Linda. And lately it seems, in all of my dreams, I walk with my arms about Linda. But what good does it do me? For Linda doesn't know I exist. Can't help feeling gloomy. Think of all the loving I have missed. We pass on the street. My heart skips a beat, I say to myself, hello, Linda. If only she'd smile, I'd stop her a while 
And then I would get to know Linda But miracles still happen And when my lucky star begins to shine With one lucky break I'll make Linda See you again sometime? Maybe. How about uh, Saturday night? Well. Shall I pick you up at eight? Okay. Oh, boy, that's a date. Bye now. So miracles do happen. And now my lucky stars begin to shine. With one lucky break, I'll make Linda Buddy Clark, big hit in 1947, Linda. Perfect. Yeah. With Bing Crosby, and I never know the women, the female singers. Who was the female singer? That was Buddy Clark. Oh, it was Buddy Clark? It wasn't even Bing Crosby? No, Bing. That was not Bing. That was Buddy Clark. Because you even told me it was Buddy Clark. (laughs) And that was Anita Gordon, who was the female. And you would hear her sometime as the female singer, I think, on the Red Scout radio show. Sounds about that. Yeah. 714-545-2071. Thank you for a stretch. That was good. And Tuesday is what day? It is the, it is the anniversary of Ben and Jerry giving away ice cream. They do it every year. Show up at a Ben and Jerry's and you'll get a free ice cream cone. Have you looked up on Google to see if there's a place near you? No, because I would go. <laughs> I know we have at least one in the area, but I I try so hard to be good. You are and good. Then, and then somebody like Ben and Jerry's comes along. Hello there, you're on the air. Just one quick, quick postscript to that song. Of course, you know who you know who wrote it. Of course. Yes, I do. And you know who it was dedicated to. Yes, I do. I wonder if your callers would want... That might be a good contest question. That would be a terrific... I can't remember there was a website, actually. The, the songwriter just passed away within the last year. I thought he'd been great to get on his show. But he lived to 98. Right. And he... Um, you remember the name of the songwriter? Well, wasn't one of them... Wasn't it Lawrence and Lee that did that song? No, what? no, no. Not Lawrence and Lee. But I'm trying to think of the gentleman's name. Uh, but he, it, he wrote it on the behalf of... His lawyer's daughter. Now, that would be the clue. And, and, of course, the daughter later became famous in a very big way. Correct. So that might be the question. That would be the question. Okay. Who is Linda? Okay, I'll, I'll leave you with that, and I'm sure one of your listeners will know. They better. Okay. Bye. Talk to you later. Or else. <laughs> well, I know it because you told us a couple of times, and eventually it sunk in. Uh-huh. And I know what the answer is, so... I hope there's somebody else out there who was listening, too. 
Hey, there better be with me around here, or else I'm always now as I get keep pulling over it here. It pours out of you. It just pours out of you. 714-545-2071. Tell Walden who the Linda was they were singing about. Yeah. Good stuff. Okay, I have something for you. I have something for you. Well, before I give something to you, I'll give something to everybody else. Mm-hmm. Are we ready? Right, do it. Oh, see, yeah. I knew you were on the other side of the well, room. Well, you know what? I was, when you were talking about Stan Freebird, I was pulling up the big old box that I have a Stan Freebird commercials. But I'm oh, gonna, wow. I'm oh, gonna, they were so good. Oh, yeah. He did such a great if job. If I have time, we'll one in. We talked with Donnie Pitchford, yes. who is the president of the National Lumen Abner Society. Mm-hmm. And if you go to their website, I think lumandabnersociety.org. It's .org. Mm-hmm. Okay. You, you can go there. It's got some great information and super questions. It's just really a fun place to visit. If you like Lum and Abner, that's the place to be. If you don't know about Lum and Abner, that's the place to be. Mm-hmm. And you can join the National Lum and Abner Society by just leaving your name there and yeah. saying, hi, this is me. And it's a free, a free <laughs> membership. Sure, it's just um, people sharing a really neat love for Lum and Abner. And Donnie was so terrific yeah. with his information. What I didn't mention last week, and um, this is good because I, I save it for this week, I found a really great article about Lum and Abner that Donnie Titchford was quoted in, and Kathy Stucker also, who with her husband Lon owns the Jotham Down store in Pine Ridge, Arkansas, and Kathy was with us during the Christmas holidays. We were talking with her on Christmas Day, as a matter of fact, and I hope we'll be able to talk with her again, maybe for Christmas in July. What do you think? Up to you, yes. That would be fun, and she said she'd love to come back and spend some time with us, and we'd love to have her. Uh, She is with Donnie, the two... I guess the two of them are the quintessential Lauren Abner experts, and it was such a wonderful series. But I have this terrific article, and I would be happy to send it to anyone who would like a copy of it. I can email it. It's just an attachment. And, um, you know, it's really well done. It's got some great information, and Adani is, is sharing information. Kathy is sharing information. So it's a good... The word is primer, and I always have this urge to say primer. It's a primer on Lemon Abner, and if you love Lemon Abner, it'll be a fun read for you as well. So you can email me at floridawriter, F-L-O-R-I-D-A, just like the state, writer, W-R-I-T-E-R, at hotmail.com. And I will send you this really nifty article. I was just so pleased that I found it. I should send it to you too, huh? Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you are, sir, a piece of work. I'll tell you. <laughs> we, if, if nobody hasn't figured this out, we have a good time being together. We have a good time. Okay, <laughs> let me put this at the bottom of my page. Remember? That's one of my goals in life is to see get a smile from Patricia. Article on Lauren Abner. Okay. No, I, I, like making, I like making Patricia smile. Yeah, you make her laugh. Yeah. Okay, we got Harry Lyon and Lauren Abner, and I've got one and a half lines set aside for you, so... You have to fill them up before the end of the night. Things that you would like to uh, to have that I can send to you. All right. 
We can come up with some goodies. We got shortchanged last week. Well, we really didn't get shortchanged. We just got short of time because we had Donnie with us. I know. That but was more than an hour and a half. That was almost two hours. Yeah, I think he stayed on to almost uh, one, close to 10 o'clock West Coast, 1 o'clock in the morning. I think we had him for two hours or so. Yeah, it, it was at, at least two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. He was really gracious with his time, and it yeah. was so nice of him to do that. And he's a good guy. Oh, gosh, what a nice person we he was. We love Donnie for uh, giving you time and being such a good guy. Uh-huh. And, and with such great information. Yeah. Well, I had all of this stuff and stuff like that there. Stuff like that there. And I've looked at it back and forth. I don't even know if there are some things in here that I'm going to ask you that I already asked you. So please forgive me if my brain is out to lunch tonight. But your brain's never out to lunch with me. Did I ask you a Michael Jordan question? No, you have not. Oh, good. Then I did write. It's it's still here. Okay. All right. These you are haven't asked not... my stump qu- stump walling question. You only give Wait, me Jose. You only give me my brain. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm not going to ask you a basketball question <laughs> and expect to stump you. <laughs> but all right, here we go. Basketball. Basketball, great. Michael Jordan. Yeah. I mean, he was the basketball king of all time. He left basketball for a short time, but returned to basketball, the Chicago Bulls, yep. in 1995. Correct. What did he do during his time away from the Bulls? He played minor league baseball. See? I knew it. I knew you knew it. I knew that. Did you know something about Michael Jordan, what happened to him in junior high? In junior high? No. He could not make his own basketball team. He got cut. Oh, my gosh. So, tell you, that was a that incentive him to get a little better. <laughs> it's like, I'll show you. <laughs> like, did he? Yep, but he got, oh my he got cut on his own junior high team. Well, somebody is sitting in a corner and does not want his name known <laughs> in the United States for having done such a foolish thing. Well, I, that's not really, I, I shouldn't say that because we don't know how he was playing that's right. in junior high. That's right. Okay, okay, all right. Second one, this is not your stump, Walden. This is just one of those. Just fun, fun for Walden kind yeah. of stuff. <clears throat> Excuse me, it's a fun for Walden. You like Doris Day. I love Doris Day. You love Doris Day. Yeah. She's singer, actress. Happy birthday, Doris, last week. That's right. Yeah. Um, and we did, we remembered to say happy birthday. That's right. Yeah, such a special lady. Right. Okay, singer, actress, Popular star in both areas. Comedian. Started out wanting to do something else. What was it and what changed her mind? She wanted to be a dancer. Uh-huh. And she got in a car accident and broke her leg. See, I know I can't stump you. <laughs> that is correct. Now, I have the date of the car accident. Do you know that? I do not know, but my guess would be 1938. Darn close, October 37. 37, yeah. She, was, she wanted to be a professional dancer. You and, know what her, um, you know what her, real, her right leg was very badly broken in the car accident. You know what her true last name is? No. Kappelhoff. Well, that would make Day look really appealing. Uh-huh. <sighs> My goodness. And you know how she got the name Day. In her audition for the song band leader Bonnie Rapp, she sang the song Day by Day. He liked, oh, yes. He liked the song. Uh-huh. And he said, you know, Doris, 
I like the way you sing that song day by day. What to call you, Doris Day. Doris Day. Well, that was a very wise thing. Yeah. Very wise thing. Now, last week, I did ask where the expression, the whole nine yards came from. That's right, you did. Yeah, Dennis, are you listening? The whole nine yards. What does that mean? And it has nothing to do with a football field, Mm. which you need 10 yards to make anything good. Um, But I've I've got some really fun stuff. You, are, are you going to keep it to yourself, or are you going to share it with well, I'm going to share it. one 4 5 We have a million squillion people we need to hear from tonight. Where is the windiest place in the world? Chicago, Chicago. In the world. Probably somewhere up in the mountains, but I have no idea. It's Antarctica. Really? It says the Commonwealth Bay, George V Coast, in Antarctica, where wind speeds of 200 miles an hour have been recorded. That's faster than a tornado. I think that's going to blow me down. (laughs) Very good. (laughs) All right, you get a point for that one. All right. Traditional English toffee. That's good stuff. Do you know what's in traditional English toffee? Well, I wonder if that's what I eat in the ice cream, English toffee. Um, well... It's a candy. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I, I like the ice cream. Mm-hmm. Um... Got a nice flavor. me, and I actually went out and looked it up. Now, this is traditional English toffee. You got your Jack Benny down pat. I, what? Well. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Oh, Patricia, you did so well. Traditional English toffee is made by boiling brown sugar, butter, and vinegar. I would never get the vinegar part. (laughs) I mean, vinegar and candy? Wow. Wow, that's pretty good. Pretty good. I never would have guessed. I like the taste, though. Yeah, I don't know about that from now on. Mm-hmm. Oh, eat. yeah, that's okay. I'll still eat it. Yeah, you will. I mean, it's not like you, you're you going to read the context right. or anything. Yep. Okay. The only country in the world that has a Bill of Rights for cows is where? Probably India. That's exactly right. Yeah. India, yeah. where the cow is a sacred yeah. animal. All right. Um... Now, this one is very important if you're planning a trip around the country anywhere. More people are killed by donkeys every year than are killed in plane crashes. So don't ride... So when you and I are traveling, we're not going to take a donkey ride anywhere. Do not hitch a ride on a donkey. Take the plane, you're safe. So I guess when we visit the Grand Canyon, we're not taking a donkey down. We're going to visit the Grand Canyon? Well, if we do... If we do... That's one way how they travel, Hatch. We no, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to stand up and look in a hole. I, I, would, I would be very happy to... You can't get down there without a donkey? You can walk it. I don't think so. It's a long trip. I'll 
I'll be the one in with the hamburger and Coke. There's another We can always kick a helicopter down, though. Well, oh, gee, not one of them either. Yeah. Well, you have a good time, and I'll I'll have the welcome home committee. Well, if, you, if you're not going to go with me, then I guess... Or the other way you might we might go is actually get go okay and get, take, a, take a boat through the, through the river. That would be acceptable. Okay, so we'll... Unless it's a big boat. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we want to paddle. You understand I don't swim, right? Don't worry, I swim. Did you know that? Well, that's okay. I don't. That's okay. I'd be embarrassed by it, but I'm no, not embarrassed no, anymore. No, I'm just no. self-protective. Don't throw me in love. I will not do that. I will take a big bow. We'll make sure you have plenty of double life preservers, front and front and on the side. Uh, I'll make okay, sure. Just dress me up in something puffy and floatable. There you go. I can deal with that. All right. This is good. Ovaltine was named by accident. Did you know that? I did not know that. I did not know that either until I found it, and then I read it in two places, so I think it's probably pretty good. Ovaltine, it, it, it was, I don't know if it still is, but um, it was made in Switzerland first from milk, malt, egg, and cocoa. And it was originally named Ovo Malti, Ovo Maltine. <laughs> Ovo maltine, uh -huh. ovo meaning egg, uh -huh. malt, and the rest you get T-I-N-E. But it was a clerical error, and it was manufactured as Ovaltine. I think it stuck. I think it stuck. I think it was a gosh darn better name than Ovo Maltine. Uh -huh. I mean, can you imagine going up to the counter and saying, I can't find my Ovo Maltine? That'd be a little tough. Somebody would have cut it down anyway. Uh, you know, they're blaming it on a clerical error. I think it was probably a very smart secretary. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now this is this is one for you. This is good. This is good. Venus. The planet Venus. Yep. Does something different from every other planet in our universe. What does it do that's different? Well, she's a female, and she decides to take a take a vacation once a year. What? Well, I'm just Where trying. Where did that come? <laughs> Venus the model. I was just trying to think of a female. Uh, we'll see here. No, who said Venus was a female? Well, I just did. Well, she is. Yeah. Uh huh. Um. But it really blew me away, and I actually went out to uh, some special sites and verified it. It is the truth. I have no idea. Venus rotates opposite from all the other planets. No kidding. No kidding. Wow. The sun rises in the west mm -hmm. and sets in the east mm -hmm. for Venus. Mm -hmm. Isn't that amazing? I guess she... I haven't she, figured out why that happens yet. I guess she made it. She's still going strong. <laughs> I'll show you. <laughs> Another one. Okay, in terms of safety... A honeybee kills, this is a honeybee, not an African, Africanized honeybee. A honeybee kills more people each year worldwide than venomous snakes. Not the same, honey. Oh, okay, okay. Well, because I was thinking that would be a pretty dangerous honeybee. That's a busy bee. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was good, Patricia. I know. Bee, bee. Busy bee. Busy bee. Okay, and I even put together some limerick information from last week because the show we played, did we get to play a show? We sure did. Yeah, we did. That's right. We signed off, and, and you played a show for people. That's right. Um, Fibber won 
a contest, a limerick contest, and I even put together some limerick information, so I'll save that. I will save that for a while. That's true. Let's see here. I wonder, do we need any more coaching out there? 714-545-2071. Have everybody gone to sleep? I don't know. Everybody awake? It's early, too. I know. I guess hey, what? everybody wants Patricia and I to go play away. Nah. Oh, they like us. I know. Well, let's play, let's play part of the song again with our mystery voice. I want you to figure out who this person is. We played this an hour ago. So here's a little bit of who is Let's give love another chance. Let's renew our old romance. Tonight, tonight we meet again, though you pretended our love had ended. But I can feel the flame, that same old flame, so have a heart. Though you told me you don't care. Can you tell me who that voice is, everybody? It's worth a CD. Been around since 1939. That's when he made his song. Still performing today, 72 years later. We still like to know. Right, Patricia? Yeah, I know. You I know. know. You know. Not because I recognize him, but because you told me. That's right. Here's a little more. Have a heart. Yeah. Have you know, a folks, heart. little feet were made to dance. Yeah. Come on, give those little kids a chance. Won't you please? Now, you know, this disease is something we've got to remove, every trace of it. But for the grace of God in the heavens high, it might be you or I. So have a heart. Come on and send a dime. It isn't much. Help some little kid to walk without a crutch. Please do. So come on. Let's all pull together. Let everyone do his That's part. Right. He talked some about polio back in 1939. Ah, see, I was going to ask what he was singing about. Uh huh. You beat them. You yep. beat them to it. Yeah. So I want to know who well, that... We're going to have to put you off in a different part of the room. Who, me? Yeah. Why? Well, because I was I was going to ask people what he was singing about. Oh, my You came God. back and said, no, he was singing about polio That's in 1939. True. That's true. Isn't that a neat concept, though, how they came up with the concept of the March of Dime? Yes. Please tell that story. Um... I think it was 19, can't remember exactly, I think it was either, it was Thanksgiving time, either 33, somewhere in the 30s, Eddie Cantor uh, went and visited Franklin Delano Roosevelt, and, you know, of course, Franklin Delano Roosevelt suffered from polio after he got done swimming in 1921, and that would have caused close to his heart to try to discover the cure for polio, especially for children. And he was trying to come up with a concept and, you know, to have people donate a dollar. And, you know, Eddie Cannon pointed out, you know, a lot of people don't have a dollar. Why don't we ask him to send a dime to the president, send a dime to the White House? And he basically came, Eddie Cannon came up with the concept of March of Dime. And really thanks to that concept, thanks to Franklin Delano Roosevelt and Eddie Cannon, the, uh, the push to fund... The cure of polio. That's when Jonas Salk came up with the uh, the right potion in 1955. 
help a lot of, a lot of kids and a lot of people out over the last, what's it been, the fee six years. Pretty nice. Pretty remarkable. Pretty nice. And I guess Jonas Salk is still with us. I don't think he's passed away. I think he's still around. Was the first one to develop a vaccine. Mm-hmm. Yep, 1955. Nope, there were two of them. Were there really? Yeah, who was the first? One used live vaccine, uh, live um, virus, right. and the other sock developed a vaccine that was much safer and I used the, uh, the dead vaccine. Uh, so I don't know who, I don't know who did the, the live... Sabin, S-A-B-I-N. I don't know what the poor man, this is really shameful of me, I don't remember the man's first name. Uh, but it was just a of years earlier. It was around the same time, but I, I don't think it was more than three years that separated. Too bad he didn't get any credit for it, really, considered it in, like Jonas Stock remembered today. That's right. Well, hmm. you're right. You're right. But both of them were working on it, um, yeah. on the same thing. So the Sabin vaccine was used and used very much. Um, there are some, maybe somebody has some information about this. The, uh, there's a, a syndrome called post-polio syndrome, mm -hmm. where people are starting to develop symptoms of polio, and what they have traced it back to is that when they were kids, they had such a mild form of polio, they didn't even know it, and as they grew, you know, they just thought they were in bed with a virus, and as they grew, their muscles compensated for the weakened muscles, and it was not so pronounced that, you know, it caused a limp or it caused a problem with arms, it, it just didn't cause a problem, because their stronger muscles took over for the weaker ones, and everything developed normally, or everybody thought. Mm -hmm. And now as they're getting much older, there are some people who are now in a position where they're, they have symptoms of polio because the stronger muscles are no longer strong enough to compensate for the the ones that were damaged. I never knew that. And with polio, and they call it the post-polio syndrome. Wow. Which is, you know, it's just heartbreaking, just wow. heartbreaking that they made it through uh, with such a mild case that they, they didn't even know they had it, and to be stricken with symptoms at this stage in their lives, it's really... Mm -mm. Makes you wonder that's what uh, Mike Andy's dad had. You know, he's... Uh, was healthy until, you know, adulthood until some form of polio struck him down. He, but he actually had polio with polio symptoms, right. and it was clearly a case of polio. Yeah. Um, and these these people simply did not know. You know, they, they would go back to their parents and, and say, this is what they're diagnosing me with. Do you remember a time when I was a child, when I was really sick? And the parents were saying, oh, yeah, but you got this. You know, everybody gets a virus. Everybody had to go to bed. Everybody was sick. Everybody had a fever. I mean, it's, it's just part of growing up. But they were able to isolate a lot of them because it was a little bit more serious than, you know, the 99-degree stuff that kids come home with with sniffles. And uh, that's, that's what they're dealing with this many years after the fact. It just, just, it just breaks my heart to think about it. Okay, I have on my list here, sir. Yes, my dear. It says Stump Walden question. Ah. Uh, Somebody doesn't call to bail you out. You're going to have a Stump Walden question. I can always sneak a radio show in. 
No, 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 no. That's All right. Name is calling. All right. 714-545-2071. You call in and rescue Walden or he's going to get his question. And I even gave you this answer one time. So, are you ready? <laughs> okay, he's ready. Who was the first person to earn more than $2 million a year on radio? I never knew that one. You never, I haven't heard that one before. Um, it was one of those casual pieces of information I dropped about a year ago. Well, I would have remembered if you had told me. Uh huh. Major Bowes. No kidding. No kidding. Yeah, you probably did mention that, yeah. According to John Dunning, yeah. from Dunning's book, Bose was radio's first $2 million a year man. Wow. He was making twice the take-home pay of such stars as Al Jolson, Eddie Cantor, and Jack Benny. Wow, that's amazing. Edward Bose was radio's unlikeliest star, and in 1935, its biggest. Wow. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. $2 million a year in radio? That's... Hey, Patricia. What? I'll split that with you today. My dear, I, I would I would take the pocket change that fell out in the sofa from this one. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Two million dollars in radio. Yeah. I mean, it just, it's beyond comprehension when you realize how little, by comparison. Can you imagine what the purchasing power of two million dollars from 1935 would be today? I don't know. I, I have no access, or have never come across, I know it's out there, but well, I've never come across a conversion table. I, I know, I see in my economic book from like 1965 to 85 or 86, it's seven times. So, so you're probably looking at 20, 30 times more, be, mm -hmm. would be my guess, who yeah. knows? Yeah, that's who? a lot of shekels. Yeah. I, I mean, really... Like Al Jolson, Eddie Cantor, and Jack Benny. Can you imagine the, the three of them and others just walking around saying, this guy is doing what? Yeah. yeah. He's having all these people show up in New York? Hello there, Carl. This is Danny Thomas. <gasps> Hi there. How are you? Good. How you doing, Nolan? I'm well. Good. Uh, that's not Danny Thomas on the heart song. No. Nope. Nope. You're good. Because not Danny Thomas. Oh, in the song. In oh, the song. I thought, I'm sorry. And, and he is still with us. Still performing. Uh, did you notice it's running a little fast? Well, he speaks. He he goes that fast. I have different versions all pretty quick. Oh, is, it, is that uh -huh. right? Well, the pitch seems to be a little... Maybe I was trying to make it sound like Danny Thomas. Oh, uh, probably true. Oh, how interesting. I would be, be wrong. Where are you? But uh, nope, that that gentleman is still alive, still performing around the world. Huh. Had two, and could, and had, could sell vitamins if he wanted to. Had two, had he was on radio. Had two, he had two two radio series of his own in the forties. Better known in, in a different media. Oh uh huh. So that, so that. Okay. I have to think about that some more. I know. I know. Patricia. I got the dates for the Green Hornet show, so I appreciate it. Oh, cool! And I have narrowed it down to the one called Parole, Paroles for Sale. And that was on the 16th of August, 41. 
and uh, for the benefit of those who didn't hear us last week talking about this, there is a reference to Filipino valet, or valet, however you say it, in that show. And I, I think it is referenced that. I heard the Filipino part, and the other was kind of muffled, and I, I didn't. But I know that uh, it's worth listening to again to see, because we were looking for the episode where the, the uh, change went from Japanese to Filipino. If it, that, in, in fact, did, it may have been Filipino all along. I've heard it both ways, haven't you all? Well, I I have listened to a lot of the shows, and I've come across several where he's mentioned as Filipino, but I've never heard the reference to Japanese, which doesn't mean anything because I haven't heard all of them. Right. Did you say August 16th or 14th? 16th, 1-6. 1-6, 16th, okay. Um... I'm feeling so powerful. You went and did homework for us. I'm usually the one who gets the homework assignments. I gave I gave out two homework assignments to other people tonight. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. What well, we, we talked about those. Uh, we got uh, on the lamb, and we got take a powder, and huh? was there another one? The third one we, you were going to look up for us, or did we get them all? I think we got them all. I, I think I guess you're right. Yeah, we had a whole new raft. Do you know what I'm I'm going to, what, what was the phrase, Alden, I'm going to take a buy on that? Uh-huh, I'm going to take a you buy on that. that one? I had never heard that one. Going to take a buy? Yeah. I'm going, um, I'm going to take a buy on that, meaning I'm not going to take it, I'm going to pass by. Oh. Have, have you, have you, I think that's what it means. Have you ever heard that expression? No, I haven't. Well, I feel better now. I never did either. Have you heard the expression, first crack out of the box? The, the guy went in and the, and the first crack out of the box, he made a sale. Nope. No. It's a, it's a, I've heard he made a sale right out of the box, but I've never heard the word crack in there. Walden? It indicates nope. the first, first time the bat touches the ball in a baseball game. Ah. In the batter's box, it's a sports. Uh, Got it, okay. So it's a, a, a first crack of a bat, and they... Yes, yes, but the first sound out of the bat, batter's box is the... Uh, is, sure. Contact. And so it's used, uh, you know, the guy came in the first thing out of the box, uh, yeah, the first thing out of the box, he asked for a raise or something like that. Huh? That one just came off the top of my head. I forgot about that one. All right, well, keep going. You're doing good well. Have, hmm. I have two Danny Thomas trivia questions. Oh, now, see what you did, Nolan? I, I was trying to save him earlier, but I couldn't dial fast enough. What, you got a question for me? Or? Yep, for both of you. You can work as a team. What is Danny Thomas' real name? Oh. Oh, oh my goodness, he was Lebanese. What did you say, Lebanese? Lebanese, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, Walden, I can't remember. Amos, Je Amos Jacob, with Danny Thomas' real name. And yeah, there's maybe now that you said it. Um, and then, my second trivia question. What was his, what was his first semi-big break in radio? The Bickersons. N well, before then. Before the Bickersons? Before the Bickersons. Oh. Okay, I'm, I'm toast. Nolan, it's up to you. I'll give you a trivia. I'll give you a hint. Oh, Walden is so good at hints. Think of Detroit and WXYZ. He was on the Green Hornet. No, but it was. He did 
the Lone Ranger? He was on the Lone Ranger. What did he do on the Lone Ranger? Heavens to Betsy, I do not know. He was a struggling actor, and he got a job to do sound effects to do the horse winning on the Lone Ranger in 1940. Oh, gosh darn it, I knew he did side yeah. effects. I should have known that. Yeah, so that's what that's what he did. That was his, really sort of his, uh, his biggest name to fame for a while before he really started to hit it big. And it works the other way, where Alan Lane at the end of his career did horse sound. <laughs> That's right. Mr. Ed. Mr. Ed. Patricia, do you know who uh, Alan Lane is? Alan Rocky Lane? I do, because I've heard, I've heard um, Patricia, you know who that is, right? Yeah, he, well, he wound up Mr. Ed, but I believe he was a cowboy. That's right. Alan Rocky Lane was his name. Yeah, how am I doing? Very good. And he was not, a, he really ran into some trouble later in his career as a cowboy, so Mr. Ed was actually a comeback for him. Exactly right. Oh, do I get a CD? If you, I'll, I'll send you a picture of Alan Rocky Lane. Really? Yeah, I can do that. Very cool. I tried to send you one of Johnny Mac Brown. Did it come through? You got an 8x10 from me with a man's face you've never seen before. No. Okay, I tried. I, that was a couple of weeks ago. I meant to ask you about that. Oh, gosh. Um, you know, once in a while, it, you said you, you tried to send this by email? Yes, uh-huh. Once in a while, Hotmail will read an incoming email that has an attachment as junk mail. Oh. And it uh. automatically diverts it into a box that I don't check often enough, and that's where it may have wound up. I apologize. I should have been more careful. No, not, but I have a new printer, and it, it's supposed to be able to email from the printer. Oh, so maybe it wasn't me. So it could have failed, yeah. So I, I haven't used that successfully yet, although I haven't tried a lot, but uh, yours was one of the first. But I thought if you had that, you'd be as smart as me. You'd know what you look like. Oh, would you try again? Yes, I will. Oh, very cool. Now. Yeah, and, and if it works, I, I have several. I can send you Alan Lanes and Johnny Mac Brown and... Uh, some of the others that, were, you, that you would not be familiar with. What's fun? Heard the names. What's fun? Yeah. Saturday morning at the Bijou. At the Bijou, yeah. You spent your Saturdays there. I have something for you. I have something for you. What? What? The envelope has been launched. The eagle is flying. It has not landed. The eagle is flying. Oh, okay. Okay. It's really getting ratty looking. <laughs> uh, next time it comes back, I'm, I'm going to have, <laughs> I think, positive. When it comes back, I will trim it and redo it in such a way that we might be able to get another 28, <laughs> 28 trips. So this, I thought, thought about doing is getting a new one and placing everything on it exactly the same way. Oh, uh, gee, you know. It, it, you know, if this thing you can always buy you can always buy reinforcement for it. Stick bubble things inside. Oh my God! Well, it's not the bubbles that are the problem. It's the paper on the outside that's uh -oh. starting to wear down. Because um, I I took your address label off, and of course you just cover on on the address part. Your name is there, and then you just cover it with a card with my name on it, so that I can just peel off and your name is still there. But in the upper left-hand corner with the return addresses, uh -huh. it's, getting, it's getting pretty ratty up there. How about, why don't you put a return sticker or two in there next time? I'm going to do that. I can use that as a mailing sticker. Oh, 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 what a great deal. Okay. 
Okay, let me see. Yeah, Let, let's <laughs> I can do this with the least amount of damage. We need damage control here. <laughs> we may. I tell you who's going to bust us is the postman, your postman or mine. Well, I mentioned to Walden before. Now, you get your mail via Jacksonville. It comes down from Jacksonville. Is that correct? I think so, yeah. That's your central station. Mine is Tampa. So it goes from Fort Myers to Tampa to Jacksonville to you. So that's a minimum of four postal facilities that envelope goes through. Not to mention the local carrier. That's exactly. He's the guy that's going to, this looks familiar. You know, this this package looks familiar. And every two weeks I'm putting it in it. They're probably sitting home on disability. <laughs> You're not going to believe this, but I know I saw that envelope again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we'll schedule you for some time with the doctor next week. So, but that's fun. It's on its 11th journey now. It's starting to sound a little bit like the Challenger and the Enterprise, you know? Yeah, we may want to just put it in the Smithsonian and let it believe it does.
American Forces Network. Got it. Okay, AFN. And this gem, from what year? Uh, ooh, let's see, I'm saying 1961, 62. 60s, okay. So it, it's going to be a treasure. It'll be it's 50 years old that we're talking about. This is scary. How's that? Well, it's 50 years old. Oh, gosh. Don't tell me that. No, that's what I said. It's scary. I'm sorry I said that. Pretend I didn't say it, okay? Oh, well, I was a young buck. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> oh, that was one of the questions tonight. Buck naked. Where did that come from? <laughs> Where did buck naked come from? Well, if it's in the South, you're buck naked. You're buck naked is one way, but if you're buff, buff, buck naked, you're up to something. In, in the buff means no clothes on. I don't know where that expression came from. Buck naked. Where did that expression come from? I don't know. Sounds like a cowboy's name. It's what? Sounds like a cowboy's name. Buck? <laughs> <laughs> we have, this is a family show, no one. <laughs> this week starring Buck Naked. <laughs> right. Um, this, this is a family network. I understand. I'll, I'll behave myself. Well, no, don't do that. Just be cautious. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't behave yourself. Oh, my gosh, you're funny. Well, uh, I'll tell you what. I have something here I want to ask you. Uh-oh. Yeah. Um, oh, dear. I was going to save it for just a, a really fun thing. Let me I have to find it. I'm on a different computer here. You have more than one computer? Yeah. So you have to forgive me. Um, my my big regular computer, I thought died a couple of weeks ago. It just, I you know, I was giving these little flutters on the side, and, and one night it just went pop, and the screen went blank. And oh, it didn't go blank; it went black. And I I was so thankful because it had been giving me these little signals. I got all of the information on disks and backed up and. So I was really happy. Within 24 hours after I finished, the thing went poop. So in I come. I'm on a laptop, and it's, it's also a Mac, so it, the information is interchangeable. That's not a problem. It's just that I'm in an unfamiliar place to be using a computer, and it's a laptop, so the keyboard is just a little bit different. So I've, I've been coming out with some really strange words. But anyway, that was that was my way of saying I thought I was in trouble, and in the meantime it came alive again. So my big computer is fine, this one is fine, and I found the question for you. Okay. Tom Nix, do you know what his full name was? First, middle, and last. I was seven years old when I listened to Tom Nix. <laughs> didn't have to hear the, here is uh, the two names. Oh, I have no idea. Thomas, oh, Walden, do you know? And this is the real Thomas is probably what you're asking for. Oh, I, oh, indeed, yes. Yeah. I do not know. Hezekiah. Oh, I, wow. Biblical name. Thomas wow. Hezekiah Mix. And cream of wheat. Well, Hezekiah? <laughs> That's a sponsor. Oh, <laughs> I was still on the name, and you were in the sponsor. I'm sorry. I didn't make the transition very quickly. I said the sponsor was the middle name. That's where it threw you off. Got it. Okay. Tom, Tom Cream of Wheat. Mix. 
you are hot tonight. This is good. All right, now here's the rest of the story. Can I give you the rest of the story? Oh, please. Okay, he was born in a rural area of Cameron County, Pennsylvania, on January 6, 1880. Later, however, he would claim Oklahoma or Texas as his birthplace, and he would assert that he was one-quarter Cherokee, but all of his ancestors were English and Irish. Nice. And the question is? Well, it was just a comment. He, oh, okay, okay. I was looking for something to answer in there, and I couldn't... Oh, no, no. The question was, what was his middle name, and you didn't know. Uh, I'm, I'm behind, okay. Yeah, and I said, this is the rest of the story. Uh, he would claim that he was one-quarter Cherokee, and it had to come from either England or Ireland. <laughs> That's where all his ancestors were from. He did not have any Cherokee blood in him. Okay. And I feel comfortable saying that because this was something that Jack French put together. I ordered more premiums from him, I think, as a kid than any other radio show. Crikey, I think he had more premiums than <laughs> the radio show. What, what, did, what did Tom Mix really run in the 30s? What was his big occupation? He was a rodeo rider. Something. I said, well, he was silent, silent movie. Well, he was a silent movie star, but he had something he took on the road. Well, he took his horse on the road. Right. Um, but he had a company. He was actually a, a rodeo stunt rider. Yeah, but he had a company. He had a company. How ironic that a guy who was in silent movies goes into radio. That's true. <laughs> well, he didn't. I mean, it was... Uh, it, Different actors, Russell Thornton and Coley Bradley played it, but yeah. Uh, but what did he What did he took on the road? I don't know. I don't either. He owned a circus. You know what? Oh, that's right. Yeah. When you said took on the road, as soon as you started talking, I thought circus. That's, that's right. I think he could do when, with the trick riding. Yep. He owned a circus. He was apparently a very fine rodeo and trick rider. He must have been, yeah. He was a real, real deal. He was a real deal. A real cowboy. I'm fast. Real cowboy. I went to the um, Guam and Chinese, and that's one thing I went. They, he took Tony with them to put the horse. The horse print in this, in, when they did your, the when they put your print, you know, your hand and feet in the in the, in the mint. Sure. And he took Tony to put the in 1923 they stick it his hoof paw. His, his horse paw. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's hoof. <laughs> the thundering hoof paws. Of, That's right. The thundering <laughs> paws of, of Tony the Wonder Horse. <laughs> Oh, well, then I'm going to go off again. <laughs> one night, I don't know if you were listening, but one night, Walden and I started to laugh, and it was one of those where we started to laugh and couldn't stop. Oh, yeah, I did hear that. Oh, my God. Were you, were you with us? Yeah, it was, and I wasn't on the air with you, but I was uh, listening. And we're listening. There. I've been there with uh, my friend Jim Davis and I doing that children's show in Germany but all those many years ago. Occasionally, we, we would hit something that struck us both funny. We, or we had done about three shows and we were getting tired, and that's when it would really happen. But it's like it happens in church. You just can't stop. Uh-huh. You get silly. Yeah, just very, very silly. Anything will set it off. I mean, even a serious statement will just keep it going. Fred and his squirrel. Jeez. <laughs> he sold the squirrel on eBay. After this really emotional story, did we tell you what the background was? Oh, you were listening. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. The squirrel died or the... And we were talking about Christmas gifts. I guess it was around Christmas time. But he had bought his mother 
this squirrel nutcracker, and it was the first gift he was ever able to buy with only his own money. He had earned it with only his own money, and, you know, he was talking about being a little kid and giving this gift, and I said, did she like it? And he said, well, she said she did, but, you know, it was the first time I ever did it. I said, Fred, where is it now? He said, oh, I sold it on eBay. And it just, was funny, I, you sold this emotional story on eBay, Walden and I started to laugh and just couldn't stop. So he sold his, I mean, I am almost got tears in my eyes here. You know, this little kid with an iron squirrel, uh, nutcracker, and, and now, today, they're collectibles. And he's talking about the first gift he was ever able to buy for his up eighteen dollars and sold it on eBay for forty bucks or whatever, you know. <laughs> oh, I sold it on eBay. <laughs> it was a squirrel story, and it happened only last week. Apparently, a squirrel was making his nest in the uh, part of our, our house up in the eaves of the house where he could squeeze in. Oh, didn't get the end of the house, but into the attic space, and that wasn't even accessible from in, inside the house, so there was no danger unless he chewed through the wall of him getting into the house. But we were standing out there, and apparently he had been making these trips back and forth and not being disturbed, nobody was there. And I was talking to my neighbor, and we were standing on the sidewalk between our two condos, and this this uh, squirrel comes around the corner as big as a beagle. I've never seen a squirrel this big. <laughs> and, and he ran up to the where he, he normally would go through, we figured, and he had apparently put on a little weight and he couldn't fit through the hole he was using prior to his last visit and he came out of there and this is this is hard to believe but he ran on a vertical wall now can you picture a wall it's like stucco yeah and he ran the length of that of that uh, that part of the house which is the garage right defying gravity running on a wall Spider-Man. So was he running sideways or was he running vertically? He was running vertically. Wow. He was running just like it was a flat surface. <laughs> but he, 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 you could hear his claws, you know, digging in there uh -huh. as he went. But he, we scared him to death. He hadn't been back. <laughs> well, that's, that's really scary because those creatures, they can chew to get in. They can chew, they can keep on chewing. And you get up in the morning and find them sitting in the kitchen having your breakfast. <laughs> that's right. Eating your grape nuts. <laughs> That's funny. Oh my gosh! And he, he didn't seem intimidated by you. No. Well, yeah, I think so. I think he, he saw the two of us standing there. We were—he was big. We were bigger than he was. But he, when he decided to leave, he was going to go whatever. He hit the drain, the uh, downspout at the end of the wall, and either went under it or, or around it. He made a loud noise when he got there. And uh, as far as I know, he's still running. Boy, that's kind of spooky. I'm, I used to be one of these, oh, isn't that cute? Come on over here and have a nut type person. You know? I don't yeah. do that anymore. I have sworn off wild critters. Well, I, I really got off topic there, but I had to tell you that story. Well, I mean, it was a squirrel. It was not off topic. We're still on squirrels. Oh, that's right. You were, were talking about. Sure. Sure. So your babies are all doing well? Oh, yeah, two are coming tomorrow, and one is going to stay with Mama, and my son's bringing the other two over here to play. Uh-huh. And uh, we have some, a lot of fun with them. I, I told them we were going to, they're going to grow up kind of twisted, but of course my son and I both are twisted. 
but then we laugh at them all the time. It's so funny. They're, they're very entertaining. They're just at the age where they'll respond and you tell them to dance or do something. It's like a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> different different uh, things they've learned. I promise not to mention that. When will they be old enough to know that you can reconstitute crushed cars? <laughs> I, I think um, about the third grade or somewhere in there. They have a while to go. They're still safe for a little bit. Yes, yes, they are. We're just uh, not into teaching them the really good stuff yet. Now, I've told a couple of people about the cow um, sleeping bags. Uh-huh. And, and for people who are hearing this story for the first time, Nolan used to tell his kids that they had to get up really early. And he would tell them that the bales of hay, the round, they're not bales, they're rolls. What, what do you call them? Yeah, that, uh, that's all I've heard is rolls. Yeah, rolls. Um, the big rolls of hay in the fields were actually the cows' sleeping bags. And if they got up early enough and they were on the road fast enough, that maybe they could see the cows rolling up their sleeping bags. <laughs> I have told a couple of people that story, and I'm sitting here holding my side saying, I can't believe you did this to these kids. And the people are on your side, they're saying, Wow, what a creative way to get kids up and moving, which <laughs> so, is, of course, what you wanted to do. But they're all on your side. I'm sitting here horrified that your kids are turning out all, all bent out of shape. And they're saying, isn't that wonderful? So you made a lot of people happy. Well, is it any more harmful than the Easter Bunny? No, of course not. <laughs> That's right. I, I know it's a, a fantasy, but it's sort of like that, that sort of thing. Which I think I told you in Germany, we, we had this German-American restaurant, and we were in there talking to some folks our age, you know, young young people at that time. And I told them about the Easter pig that came every year in, in our country and delivered eggs to the children. You're kidding. No. <laughs> I, I did a lot for German-American relations. We wonder why we have cultural challenges. <laughs> <laughs> the Easter pig. The Easter pig. Was, was um, there any special way that the Easter pig carried these eggs? No, I just left it to that, to their imagination. <laughs> Same way the Easter bunny does it. <laughs> There's a movie being advertised on television with an animated creature, I, I guess a couple of animated creatures with real people, you know, I guess it, would, it was like um, Roger Rabbit. Uh-huh. And this bunny, he gets cuddled by the girl, and he's got these goofy little eyes, and the guy is looking at him saying, this is terrible, this is terrible. Apparently, in this particular setting, the jelly beans come out of the rabbit. Oh, okay. They're leaving presents all over the house. And this guy is all hysterical because he knows what's happening with the rabbits and the girl is reaching for jelly beans and he's screaming, don't eat them, don't eat them. I didn't see that. He said, it looks like it's really a great little movie. I wish I were a kid. You don't have to be. It's not. I guess I could go. I'll loan you a child. (laughs) Would you really? Sure. He's got three now. Yeah, we can have rent a kid. <laughs> who pays the shipping? Who pays, who pays what? Who pays the shipping? Oh, the shipping. We, we, we'll do it the same way. We'll just put some stamps. <laughs> put him in the envelope. Will he fit in the envelope? Uh, he will. For the next two weeks, he will, but he's really growing. 
this envelope is just too much, just too much. I'm starting to put notes in people's envelopes. Let me know if the stamps are canceled. Yeah, please.
have some news for you folks. This is a live show. <laughs> and four children going to do with my I was going to say, uh, and then, of course, the next morning, <laughs> we went out with horseback riding and swimming. Uh, <laughs> Anything we say now. <laughs> Whatever Howard Blake can say. Let's go, Bill. Come on. we got to move the show. He doesn't know I fainted. <laughs> Roberta, thank you, dear. <laughs> this weekend. David! Dave! Come on here, will you? I don't... <laughs> you want to appear too curious, but what... I don't either. <laughs> what is it? We're all going to jail together. That's yeah, everybody. Yeah. What do you have in the folder? Uh, uh, <laughs> you're afraid to ask, huh? Well, I'll tell you, I hate to go through all this right now. Yeah, I don't blame you. Take the heck with it. <laughs> well, outside of my pink slip, what do you have in the photo? Well, I'll tell you, that's, uh, just, this is just some stuff. You know, I have a collection. Uh... <laughs> There's a lady with a collection, too. Uh, uh, we have a collection, you see. Uh... <laughs> How do you spell keyhole? No, seriously, I have to I have to go through this because we may never get off the air otherwise. Dave, uh, is it true that you have traveled 250,000 miles around the world entertaining our troops overseas and everything? That's right. That's right, isn't it? That's right. You want to leave right after the show? Because I'm going with you. There we go. Uh, I have a problem. Yes. I couldn't clearly hear what the bad word was. What? What did she say? Because Bill Gordon was trying to talk about Walter Weichel. Right. And it's notorious for going through the uh, peeking hole. He just pronounced it pee hole. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. The audience, I've never heard an audience in that bad a shape. They were <laughs> laughing as much as you, you yeah. were. Uh, they, uh, my goodness, they were just out of control. And of course, they were. <laughs> I'm sure that there were facial expressions that, of course, we had no way of knowing that just made it even better. Um, right. Ellen, I have that show from August 16, 1941, Parolees for Sale, or Paroles for Sale, I'm sorry. That's it. And it's not in the collection I sent to you? No, I, I didn't get any from you. I don't have any Green Hornet. I double-checked. I have all, every disc you sent me, I have in one file. Yeah? And I'm just almost positive that I never got a Green Hornet. Uh, I'll be good. I, I am very sorry. I thought I had sent you the Green Hornet. I think we talked about it, and then we switched gears and sent something else. Oh, man. I know I think... Uh, I mean, it doesn't make any difference, but um, even as we speak... Is it in the envelope that is on its way? No. <laughs> Everything else is in there. <laughs> um, if you want to run up to Jacksonville, you can catch it and put it in there. <laughs> I can catch that's right. Well, you know, I only dropped it in the box tonight, so if I can break into the mailbox down by the bank. <laughs> I don't.
don't want you to walk that too far. That for sure will get you in jail, Patricia. Don't that do for that. for sure will get me in jail. Yeah. But the, the really good part about all of that is if I go to jail, I get fed three times a day. Uh-huh. I get medications delivered. Uh-huh. I get, um... You get free board. I get free board. Room and board. Room and board. Yeah, right. I get room and board, and I don't. Are they are they charging people now? They were talking about charging people who are in jail for accommodations. Are they doing that? I, I don't know, but they'll be split with you and Big Bertha. <laughs> oh, I better be good. I don't think I could deal with that. <laughs>
sent it to Rotten Ralph, and I should have thought of that before. I, I sent it to your regular one, and after I did, I thought, well, this is silly, because Hotmail gives us 25 megabytes. Oh, I see. I can, we can both send and receive up to 25 megabytes. So I sent it to Rotten Ralph, so if you check Rotten Ralph, it might be there. Well, wish you luck, Rotten Ralph, isn't that terrible? That's, what he, that's, that's the way his Hotmail account is set up, Walden. Rotten Ralph at Hotmail. What? It rhymes. Rotten Ralph. Well. Wow. <laughs> uh, oh, gosh. Well, I want to say, oh, I had something bright to say. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> I know what it was. <laughs> what? What's a megabyte? Oh. <laughs> a megabyte <laughs> is 1,024 bytes. And a byte is a single unit of space on a CD or in a file, actually. It's, a, it's in a file. So when you get a Word document, yeah, they're very small. So you'll see that in, like, 25K, those are kilobytes. Those are thousands, okay. Those are thousands, right. And a megabyte is 1,024 of the kilobytes, and a kilobyte has 1,024 bytes in it. My goodness. Bits, not bytes, bits. No wonder I didn't know. <laughs> well, the magic number is 1,024. 1,024. Every time you go up, you go from kilobytes to megabytes to um, gigabytes to terabytes, you just keep multiplying by 1,024. Wow. <laughs> I guess I, I was better off but I didn't know. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those, who cares, as long as it fits, you know? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I understand mechanical things, but electronic things, they're just beyond me. Well, they're beyond me, too. You have just asked me the only question I can answer. Really? And I'm so grateful <laughs> because it made me sound like I almost knew what I was talking about. So, how are you? Did you get any snow this week? No, but uh, we had a very warm week last week, and then this week it cooled off significantly. It was 32 out there this morning, I think. Uh-huh. And um, I'm ready to go. I want to go to. I want to go out on the lake. The lake is full. And uh, it's too cold. Aww. <laughs> uh, and when you say 32 at night, that's not cold. That is bitter cold for poor little me. Uh, it's just a little bit cold. Yeah. Well, you know, you're you're tough. You both of you are are tough. You know. Yeah. It was, it was, it was, Tony's tougher than me. <laughs> Did she know that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> No. I just heard that. <laughs> oh, what a pair you are. What a pair you are. You had to be tough to put up with me in my younger years. <laughs> Thanks. I'm not so bad. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you just worn out now, right? So she's been able to catch up. Well, I, I, I don't know. I, I think being married all these years has had an effect on me because I've lost three inches. Right. <laughs> Have you really? No. <laughs> oh, gee, you did it again. Wore me down. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm the one. <laughs> when you see a t-shirt that says I'm with stupid. Yes. I'm the one who wears 
the one that says, I'm stupid. Oh, it just says stupid, yeah. Yeah, it just says stupid. I'm with stupid. Well, you know, uh, years ago uh, when I had my 55th birthday party, uh -huh. the theme of the party was Old Buzzard. Old Buzzard? Old Buzzard, and they, they had a stuffed toy that looked like a buzzard. And my partner wore a thing, says, I work with the old buzzard. And Tony had one, says, I sleep with the old buzzard. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I still have the stuffed buzzard. <coughs> um, yeah, I think that's a good thing to keep. Would you like to have it? <laughs> I, can't get, I can't get rid of it. Why would you want to get rid of it? Hanging in my workshop, hanging by its neck. <laughs> by its neck? Yes. Oh, you you really do have a love-hate relationship with this. He thing. has a nice long neck. I couldn't figure out where else to tie the rope. It is, it is now. <laughs> so what did you do this week to entertain yourself? What did we do? Oh, did you get your chickens? Oh, no. They're coming soon. Uh, they're, they're being hatched locally. <laughs> And uh, she says, the, the gal that's going to sell them says she's having them hatched uh, right in town here, and they're going to be sexed. Okay. So uh, apparently uh -huh. uh, they... Yeah, with little tiny chickies. ...to give you roosters if you want hens, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know, but how, I don't... It beats me how they can do it with little teeny chickies. Yeah, well, the males have a much deeper voice. <laughs> I don't know how they do it. <laughs> the little girls go peep peep, and the little boys go peep peep. <laughs> yeah, uh, so I've been working on my uh, my chicken coop on and off, and been messing around with my boat a lot, trying to get everything going, and uh, nothing really exciting. Well, we're really excited about the the pending event with the arrival at the chicks. Oh yeah, well we'll have a we'll have an announcement. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. And you said about six. You're going to get about six. I was thinking of that. Yeah. I, I don't think we need more than that. I I kind of think six cluckers going off at the same time is going to be cacophony enough. Yeah, I won't hear nothing over here. I got, I got five acres, I can put them away. Ah, oh, okay, you put them over on the line so your neighbors can hear them. Uh, I don't have any neighbors that close. Well, on one side, the, uh, my nearest neighbor's a quarter of a mile. Wow, so you really are well located for something like this. Not a rooster, uh, however. As I said, when I, you know, we always lived in the city, of one city or another. Uh-huh. And I said when we moved here, you know, if I if I want to run out the front door and scream out a curse word at the top of my lungs, I can get by with it. Uh-huh. There ain't nobody there. Did you do it? No, I don't do it. I didn't think you would, but... I, I think I did yell shucks once. All right. Did you really? <laughs> the first time you did it again, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I, I did yell shucks once. Did anybody answer? No. Uh, I think I heard a frog. Yeah? We have a lot of we have a lot of frogs in the springtime. No kidding. 
No, no, anywhere there's a puddle around here, we get pollywogs. Get pollywogs. Did you know, of course you already knew, you, you're so smart, you know that it's only the male frogs that, that sing? They're just trying to attract attention, huh? They're trying to attract females, yeah, it's their love song. I don't know. It's true. It work for me, I can't sing. Well, you can make noise, that's all these guys are doing. <laughs> it's, it's just, the louder the better. We, we have um, we have these tiny little green frogs. I think they call them tree frogs. Tree frogs, yeah. And they're the cutest darn things you ever seen. Right? Do they have big feet? Yeah, they're, they're small. They're only like a maybe an inch, inch long. Are their feet big for them? I never really looked at their feet. Well, I just uh, they, they, I just like to see them around. I'm feeling so powerful tonight. I'm giving out homework assignments. You have to go and look at frog feet <laughs> and report. Hey, frog's feet. Frog feet. Mm -hmm. Seeing some frog's legs. No, not frog's legs. Well, I don't want you to eat the little guys. Just look at their feet. I'll do that. Okay. Uh, make a report on the. Huh? Are you interested in the size or? Uh... Yeah, just if they look kind of big for the kid. Patricia wants to order tennis shoes for him. <laughs> if their feet are very big, it'll have to be sandals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ones that fit between the toes or something like that. Both kind. Uh huh. Uh huh. Well, what do you think of all this stuff that's going over in Japan? Oh gosh. Awful. Is there something more current? I know that they had another earthquake yesterday or the day before. Was 7.4 or something. 7.1. Was it, was there something more recent than the day before yesterday? I, I, I don't know. I might have missed it. But it, it's just breaking my heart for these. You're getting shook up. Mm, and I, I just, the Japanese people culturally are so special and feel, um, I don't want to say an obligation. I mean, it's just part of who they are to help take care of each other. Yeah, well, they say most people over there, there's very little uh, panic, you know. Nobody's mm -hmm. really crying the blues, feeling sorry for themselves. Nope, nope. If it happened here, I think you would hear a great a great deal of complaining. Yes, well, we all know that. I was hearing a day or so ago, and I didn't realize it, but most likely, everything that happened in the, in the seabed over the, eventually will come over through, through the coast. Come down to Seattle and come down to California. Yeah, the, well, the whole uh, the whole Pacific uh, is is just ringed with uh, uh, currents, lines, and uh, volcanoes. Yeah, all sorts of things. Yeah, they, well, they call it the uh, Ring of Fire. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, we got a couple of dormant uh, volcanoes near us. Really. Yeah, we have Mount Lassen, which is still somewhat active. You mm -hmm. can go up there and see the vents. They're still working, and you can still smell sulfur. Wow. How close is that to you? Oh, maybe 50, 50 miles, maybe. Not far enough. No. But, uh... Is it very high? Mm, I think it used to be higher because it's, uh, it's flat on top. I think huh? the top blew off of it at some point in time. Now Shasta, uh, Mount Shasta, uh -huh. that's a you know a perfect uh, point at the top, but Lassen's flatter than a pancake. Hmm. And 
doing my best to learn about volcanoes, but I'm afraid I'm a flop. I know that some of them cave in. They, they literally cave in, and it's a crater. It becomes a crater as opposed to a cone. So, I don't know. I need other people to teach me about volcanoes. You want another homework assignment? No. <laughs> Looking at frog's feet, are, are, uh, that's enough? Yeah, that'll keep me busy. I'll keep you busy. I have to go chasing after frogs. Do you have frogs yet? Do you have them now? No, I haven't heard any yet. It's still, still a little too cold. Yeah, those are, those, those are springtime singers, so we have to wait a little bit for your spring weather. What well, has been going by here a lot, though, are geese. Really? Oh, yeah, they're heading south. They're heading south? No, they're heading north, excuse me. Oh, okay. I, I was out in the yard the other day, and I hear all this honk, 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 honk. Honk, honk, honk. There's about 50 of them. These are the Canadian geese? Yes. Uh, you, you know, <laughs> it's Canada goose, not Canadian geese. Is that true? Canadians are very, very uh, touchy about that. Canada, well, if you have more than, well, what do you say? There are Canada gooses in the air? Canada goose. A flock of, Can of Canada goose. So goose in that context is singular and plural? I don't, I don't know. You got a point there. But I was told it was Canada goose, not Canadian goose. Hmm. Okay, well, I'll try to behave. Yeah, isn't that something? Was it geese from the northern country? Yeah, I guess so. Well, they uh, they swing back and forth. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was a nice formation of them, and they were all flying in that V formation. V formation, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, <clears throat> and the, lead, the lead goose, he's taken uh, the most... Uh, He's got the toughest job of flying because the other geese are kind of in, in the wind stream. And they... they Occasionally they switch off. I was just going to say they switch off the lead position and give each other breaks. It's, it's a remarkable thing when you... I mean, you look up and you see this V and you say, oh, goody, you know, there go the ducks and there go the geese. But there really is an aerodynamic uh, plan in how they fly. They cut the wind for each other and then they rotate and take over the lead position. How do they know when the, when the number one duck is tired? Well, he falls out. He, he falls down on the ground. Then they have to circle until he gets better. And then he comes back up. Well, you're good. Yeah. You're good. <laughs> I don't know how they know. I guess he just drops back and somebody else takes over. Just automatically. Well, that would make sense. Well, they probably do, dra dra like they do an oration, they probably draft off each other so they don't use as much energy when they're flying up there. That's exactly what happens. That's what and they the do, same yeah. thing happens, people think Hefty. dolphins come out and play with boats. That's exactly what the dolphins are doing. They're swimming in the wake of the boat, and they can swim with approximately 50% of the energy expense expended when they're going with a boat. You know, dolphins are funny. Like when I was in the in the uh, Navy, whenever we would lower the transducer for the sonar, uh -huh. and it, th this thing pings, you know, and the dolphins would come up and get next to it all the time. Oh, it was. Had to pull the transducer up for a little while so they'd disperse and then put it back down. <laughs> oh, 
it was making love sounds to them. I guess uh, something had them something had them interested because they would flock around it. How interesting. Yeah, all kinds of stuff goes on out there. Yeah, I know that. You're not going to catch me with that one. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, I have some questions if you're interested in some questions. Well, all right. I, I'm always interested in questions. Yeah, you, you're such a, a good guy when it comes to stuff like this. All right, now, this, this is going to sound like a trick question. Yes. How many ghosts were in A Christmas Carol? With the Lionel Barrymore. Oh yeah. Yeah. How many ghosts? Well, there was Marley, and then the, the three uh, ghosts of Christmas. I would say four. You're absolutely right. Wow. I don't well, think then what would have been your initial? Three. I would have said three off the bat. I, I'm not. I would not have thought about Marley. Really, no, neither would I. That's really good. Three. Three immediately came to mind, yeah. but then I thought about Marley. Yeah. You're good. Yeah. You're good. <laughs> okay, now, I think I have an IOU for you already. Is it correct? Uh, and I still, I still don't know what I want. Oh, man. And I think I have an end. It's either in the mail or it's in there waiting because I thought you would, uh, you would have something for me tonight. <laughs> you think of anything you want, Tom? She's thinking. Oh, good. This is Take a while. This is good. Now, this lady you're going to get the chicks from? Yes. How many will she... <laughs> it sounds so silly. She's brooding. Of course she's not brooding. Um, <laughs> she must be... She has the eggs in an incubator. How many will hatch at the same time? I have no idea. You she know I was going to ask... It's a, a local feed store. <laughs> and... Uh, she has someone uh, hatching the stuff, the, the chicks for her. She's not doing it herself. Do you have visitation rights before you get them? Oh, yeah. You can go visit the eggs? You can go see them. But we're going to have a brooder here at the house, the way it looks, and um, we're going to, you know, raise them by hand until they're old enough to go out in the chicken coop. Oh, that's so sweet. So a, a brooder will keep them warm? Is that... What yeah. Have you picked out the six names yet? No. Oh. My son has, lives a, a good distance from us, but he has a red chicken. He named her Lucille. <laughs> Dear me. All right. But uh, well, I could, if you wouldn't, if you wouldn't be hurt, I, I could name one Patricia. Oh, oh I would be honored. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mr. Walden, you're in there. <laughs> there you go. If you get one, you bet. Well, the well, you really don't want a rooster. Not particularly. I don't. I'm more of a blondie guy. Yeah, well, you, it, it could be Walden. No. You're, <laughs> you're, you're blondie. Blondie! <laughs> He's good at that. Mm -hmm. He's got it down. I got blondie down. I can if, it, do... if it's a girl chicky, it could be a Waldette. A Waldolini. A Waldolini. <laughs> Waldette. Yeah, well, that would work. Well, if, if indeed we do name any of the chickens after you folks, yeah. we'll definitely send you a photograph. There you oh, go. great. If, if this would be like um, one of the adopted kids. 
If you send $19 a month, we'll send you a picture of the chicken. Yeah, adopt a chicken. <laughs> this is just $19 a month, and we'll get and we'll get letters from the chicken and everything. Hey, Patricia, we could, you know when people ask for a picture of you? Yeah. You <laughs> the chicken. <laughs> I still want a picture of you. Oh, gosh, you guys are too much. Okay, Waldine. I like that. Walden or Waldine? Waldine will work. I just send a picture of Patricia's chicken. That would be perfect. Yes, this is Patricia. <laughs> oh, that would be so much fun, having a chicken named after me. Yeah, well, uh, we're not sure just uh, what breeds we're going to get. Oh. There, there, there are several. She's going to have several different kinds. Huh? And uh, I don't know what the name of them is, but one one uh, strain of chickens lays colored eggs, like blue and green and stuff like that. Ralph? No, I'm telling you the truth. Ralph? Yes. You're really telling the truth? Absolutely. <laughs> Walden, do you think he's telling the truth? I'm not going to be able to bet yes or no. I, 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 would, I would think Ralph is telling us the truth. Okay, I'll go for truth. Yes. This occasion, I am telling the truth. All right. But All right. I'm not, not going to make a habit of it. <laughs> okay. Oh. All right. Okay. Well, that would be nice if if um if you decide one of your chickens looks like a Patricia, that would be cool. Well, if I knew what a Patricia looked like, I could I'd have a, a lot better chance of picking the right one. <laughs> If you if you have a chicken that seems appropriate for the name of Patricia, yes, um, right. I, would, I would like a picture. I'll, I'll pick one out. I I would like a picture of her. I might send you an egg. If I get the kind that lay the the colored eggs, I'll send you a colored egg. You know, there's a way you can blow these things out before you send them, so that it's just the shell. Yes. Uh, perhaps you might consider doing that before you put an egg in the mail. In the oh, I would pack it. Well, are you are you not an egg eater? Oh, I love eggs, but I mean after it's been bouncing around in the postal service for two weeks, because that's probably what will happen. Send it overnight. Scramble the edible scramble egg, yeah. Would send it overnight? Mm -hmm. Sure. Oh, I'd be heartbroken to crack it. No, uh, I I know we, we could pack it up in that uh, bubble wrap and. <laughs> it's just like something out of a Wiley Coyote <laughs> cartoon. <laughs> now he's he is my favorite cartoon. Oh, isn't that wonderful, The Roadrunner? The, I mean, this is just great, Wiley Coyote and and the the chicken. This is good. I used to uh, I used to work the graveyard shift. Uh huh. And and you know I'd be asleep most of the day. And my kids had strict orders that if Wiley Coyote came on, they were to wake me up. <laughs> I would, serious? I would come out and watch it and go back to bed. You are one serious coyote fan here. I like that coyote. That's what. That's what. Um, Roadrunner. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Here you go. Me. 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 Yeah, but when when he stuck his tongue out, he go. Oh, I know he did a lot of business with the Acme Corporation. <laughs> right. <laughs> There's no economic woes in that particular business. 
funny. That's really funny. Did you ask me about Sparky, our Big John and Sparky one time? Yeah, I think we did talk about that. I found some. Really? Yeah. Uh, you know, Saturday morning I used to get up and listen to that thing. Uh-huh. Is that something you might like? That would be nice, yeah. All right. Big John and Sparky. Teddy Bear uh, Picnic. Well, the Teddy Bear's Picnic, I think, was the Saturday show. That's the one I used to listen to. Yeah, and I don't know if there are any Saturday shows on here. They're about 90, a little more than 90. And I think they're the afternoon, you know, 10 or 15-minute dealies. Uh-huh. But whatever they are, um, that's that's your homework assignment. You have to report in on Frog Feet and let me know if Big John and Sparky make you smile. Oh, yes, absolutely. Okay. Right. Well, listen, I don't want to take up all the evening. You guys have a, a good time and uh, take care of one another. We will. We'll, we'll be good. Okay. Thank you, Al. Bye, folks. Bye. <laughs> we have to earn our names. If we're not good, we won't get chickies named after. I just love the idea of sending when people ask what Patricia looked like, we're going to send the chicken picture. Oh, Walden. You know, that's cool. How, how how often do you think we can do it? I think I think it would be a hot demand. Everybody will call <laughs> in. Hey, could you send a picture of in, in, with my CD? I think it would be a very hot item. Yeah, she is some hot chick. <laughs> <laughs> this is good. Uh-huh. This is good. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay, well, I've got, I've got stuff. I, I have stuff. What stuff you got? You didn't... We didn't have very much time last week. No. So, um, we didn't have April Fool's information. And I had some really fun stuff. But today is April the 9th. So I know, but last week it was April Fool's. So you think it counts? Well, it's good stuff, so I think it I probably think, will count. I think it will count then. What do you got? Well, you know, I'm, I'm still so fractured with the clock change that I'm hoping people will forgive me for this. There is apparently no firm origin of April Fool's. And I think I mentioned last week that most people think that it probably came when the Gregorian calendar came into play. Yep. And let's see. It was, oh, the Gregorian ca- calendar was introduced by King Charles the Ninth, And so people thought you forgot and you still celebrated the beginning of the new year around April 1st, then you would be called a fool. It sounds very benign for such a a really robust day. Sounds good to me. Yeah, but anyway, there are some really great hoaxes that have been played over the years that I thought it was really good stuff. The BBC... They borrowed a program, um, actually it was highbrow, they, these were the people who did it first, um, talked about the spaghetti that grew on trees, Uh-oh. and they did an entire show on spaghetti growing on trees, and how it was carefully cultivated. Now, no one was talking about this last week. Was it last week? Somebody was talking about it. Uh-huh. Um They were talking about a careful cultivation and techniques honed over the years would make the spaghetti strands all nice and even. And this apparently came about when 
there was a shortage of pasta products, so it was considered a very fine food in England. And they had people calling in asking how to grow a spaghetti tree. Wonderful. Isn't that incredible? That's pretty good. Okay, then there was a report on television about the invention of dehydrated water. <laughs> this is Walden's signal. I'm laughing. We can't hear you. I was laughing. I was over throwing a rap away. We can't hear you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it had a demonstration of a tap, you know, a water tap mm -hmm. suspended in midair. Wow. And they really did a, a, a really good deal here. Okay, then there was a full-page BMW car ad that was run on April 1st, 1986, about their new car designed for driving between Great Britain and the continent. Beautiful. It was both, this was an ad now, and apparently BMW does this every year. Every single year they do an April Fool ad. It had both a left-hand and a right-hand drive, one for England, one for France. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Had pedals on both sides, both mm -hmm. the driver's side and what would be considered the passenger side. It had a detachable steering wheel that would be affixed on either side, depending on which country you were driving mm -hmm. in. And it had a full set of instruments, like a speedometer and oil gauge, on each side. Sounds like a winner. I know. A mechanism automatically inflated the tires, and it was described by BMW in another year. Um, New Scientist, let's see. The British magazine New Scientist puts April Fool articles in each issue. Okay, the comic switch. Okay, that's not very good, but there were a couple of other good ones. This one, on a Paris radio one time, they announced that all of Europe... <laughs> would begin driving on the left side as of April 1st. Oh, good grief. France's right side. They, uh -huh. they drive on the right side. Uh -huh. And apparently it caused such pandemonium and pile-ups that um, there, there were some significant problems that followed that. Mm. But let's see. King Philip the Gracious. Oh, King Philip the Gracious? And a court jester. Okay, this is this is me. Tim Philip the Gracious was actually a king in 1466. He made a bet with his court jester. The jester would earn a bag full of gold if he managed to fool the king on the 1st of April. Otherwise, he would lose his head. Philip was clever, met with the jester the day before the 1st of April, and got him drunk. When the jester came back to his senses, he found himself sentenced to death already on the scaffold with the executioner's sword already raised. Oh, good grief. Right. What the jester didn't know was that the whole thing was an April Fool's joke placed on him. Oh. And the sword wasn't a sharp one, so, it, it, you know, it, it wouldn't have hurt him yeah. terribly. And there was a, a bag of pig's bladder, uh, pig's blood attached to his neck, and it was filled with blood. So when the sword was sprung, the blood poured from all over the place. Oh. However... The jester didn't move. <laughs> just, you know, this blood was all over the place. The king was surprised and distraught and convinced that in his roof he had, it was a horribly backfired trick, and the jester was really maimed. And he went over to recover the jester's remains, whereupon the jester lifted his head and, said, and requested his bag of gold. He had really fooled the king. Oh, wow. So that was pretty cool. Yeah.
So those are the things that we didn't talk about on April Fool. That's good stuff. Yeah, it really was. That's good stuff. Excellent. It was very excellent stuff. <laughs> All right, what else have we got here? What else would you like to know? Um, Diamond Jim Brady? What kind of toothpaste you use? Whichever is on sale. Um, how about you ever use this one? Yes, sir. Billy Brown, the smoothest, coolest guy in town. The jigsaw seems too thick is giant. Hey, tell us, Bill, how can we arrive? It's easy, Jack. Any gal gets sent when you flash a smile by Pepsodent. You'll wonder where the yellow went when you brush your teeth with Pepsodent. Pepsodent's new, improved formula cleans teeth whiter than ever. Tastes brighter, too. New formula Pepsodent contains IMP. There's nothing else as good at getting teeth white. You'll wonder where the yellow went when you brush your teeth with Pepsodent. There you go. Good one. <laughs> and you made me go to the bathroom and look. It's Chris. <laughs> Isn't that awful? You use stuff every day, two times a day at least, and I didn't know what it was. That's okay. As long as I get two for That's my... Two for the price of one. Two for the price of one. Hello there. You're on the air. Hi. Hi. I could not resist calling again. Oh, well, good. What didn't I do? What did I do? What should I be doing? You guys are just having way too much fun. You notice? And I've actually meant to ask you this serious question, so I waited for what I thought might be a time when no one else wanted to call in okay. at the moment. I um, have wondered about this actually pretty much all my adult life. Oh dear. Um, I understand when they produce a program, there's a director. key grips, there's all that stuff. What exactly does a producer do? Ah, interesting. Can I take a shot at it, Walden, and you, you tell me if I'm on track? You go right ahead. Okay, there is, there, there is actually a distinction between the term produced by, which indicates the person who's bankrolling the thing, and the producer who does the casting, or will direct the casting, you know, the, the person who is the casting director, you know, hires the people and the actors and selects the person, persons they want to perform, and is generally responsible for all of the operations. It's where the buck stops. How am I doing, Walden? That's really good. Um, I'll give you technically what, how I... We're doing it. I'm working on a TV project. And basically the producer, in our case, picks who's going to be the star and go get the money. Um, so it's the, the person in charge of all of the operations. Correct. And then he hires the director and the director go ahead and create the, how the thing's going to work. Mm -hmm. So produced by and producer are two different things. Mm-hmm. 
sometimes she, for example, when you see a movie, mm-hmm. a lot of time it's produced by Paramount, which is, you know, the company that released it or whatever. Right. And they have a producer who goes in and try to put the whole passage together and runs it through Paramount. Right. That might be an easier way to do it. So who is the executive producer? It's generally the guy, the head guy who must stop. He, he's generally the money guy. Basically, it, the way it works in Hollywood, the, um, how deals get done is who you know. And the, the guy who, who you know is the one that have access to money. Oh, so Hollywood is like Washington, D.C. Uh-huh. West? Yeah. <laughs> Very much so. Uh-huh. And and so when you see executive producer, you know they they go to him because he got access to the money and he as part of the deal gets a nice percentage for putting together the deal. Mhm. And sometimes you'll have more than one executive producer. Mhm. Yeah, I've noticed that. Yeah. Right. Because so, do some, I get credit for this? You're doing really good. You're doing really good. Do I do, Dennis, do I get credit for it? Of course you do. Oh, thank you. And, in some cases, you want to guess what executive producer might take a tip percentage? Oh, goodness gracious. I, we... I uh, don't know. Big time, but big I don't time. know. In some cases, they will demand to take 90%. Wow. Yeah. Providing the bank. Yeah, you got you know, the, the, Of course, the justification is that person is making the investment. Yeah. This happened, but 90%. 90%. Rough. For an average TV deal we've been looking at, mm-hmm. to shoot on island, it's a cool $1.8 million for a production. So. So if I hurry up and earn some extra money. Yes. I can get into this Ponzi scheme. <laughs> <laughs> Willikers. Well, do they. Do they arrange financing, or are they funding it themselves? It's done two ways. Um, Because there are certain names in the industry that are gold. Money comes to them to say, well, if you want to put your name on the pot, we'll bankroll it. I've been involved in that kind of case. Others, they have the money themselves. So with the executive producer... He can have it in his pocket, or he can reach into somebody else's pocket. He is just the source of the money. Where right. he gets it is immaterial. Right. Do I get credit, Dennis? Yeah, you do. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I have to admit, you know, I've looked at this stuff my whole life, you know, like we all do. We watch TV. Yeah. And I've thought about, okay, director. I understand that. He, he's the guy, he's the boss of the right. stuff, and they're the actors, they're the writers, and, well, I just always wondered, who is the producer guy who seems to get his name on everything? He's the generally the money guy. <laughs> well, the producer is the one who coordinates and organizes everything. Uh-huh. The executive producer is the one with the, with the bucks. Yeah. Okay. Where, where it came up most recently, again, in my mind, was this big thing with Charlie Sheen. <laughs> where he, he like, bitched out the producer, and they go, on the news, they go, well, that's his boss. Mm-hmm. So, well, I thought the director would be his boss. No, the, the director co- 
coordinate, doesn't coordinate. The director tells people how to act, how to interpret the script, where to stand, where to go, where the um, right. sound comes right. from, but the producer is the one who everybody reports to. Yep. And the producer of that show bought Frank Bazee's house. Well, I hope he's still doing okay. I hope I, so. I have to tell you, I don't know what their reasoning was, I'm going to give them credit for doing, I'm not even going to get into this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Why not? No, uh, no, 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 no. Uh, it's, it's, it's an inappropriate thing. You know, sometimes when, when you're on the phone having conversations, it feels like you're on the phone having conversations, and it's easy to lose track that it's not a conversation with one person. It's a party line. Oh, I used to love that. When I was a little kid, uh -huh. we had a party line. Did you really? How many people were on it? All right. And uh, it was actually kind of interesting because you had to be really careful. <laughs> Picked up the phone. You didn't talk about your neighbor because... No, no when, when you were a little kid... You had a little chance when mom was out of the house, and you could go over and just like pick up the phone. Oh, you rascal! Ladies talking about each other, but you had to be really careful to pick it up because they would listen while they were talking. Uh huh. That click of somebody else picking up the line. And how many times did you get caught? Never. Never? I was really good. Why, my goodness, you were a sneaky little dickens, weren't you? I was trying to learn. Yeah, well, you I, did. <laughs> I've taught. Not once. How old were you when you did that? Seven. Was it seven or eleven? Seven. Seven. Six or seven. Like, it, it was just something that I learned how to do. Did you ever hear anything really good? You know, I never really understood what they were talking about. So it didn't last very long. TV was better. TV was better? Yeah. Too funny. That is too funny. Okay, well, you've got your homework assignment, don't you? Yeah. I should be writing these down, giving everybody homework assignments. You, you're getting... I'm getting powerful. Really? I was going to say pushy. <laughs> well, All these people work to do. Yeah. Well, you guys have been giving it to me for months and months and more months. Well, I thought you wanted it. Well, you know, everybody's, oh, Patricia will look that up. Or, Patricia, next week could we have this? So I'm just feeling kind of powerful right now. I'll get, I'll, I'll be in control next week. Uh, I'll behave. Everyone's, and I have noticed that most everyone goes, oh yeah, I'll do that. Of course. Well, how could they resist? I set a very fine example. Well, you're also adorable. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and Walden is so lovable. You're right, Dan, she is adorable. And you're so lovable, Walden. Oh, my dear. And thank you, thank you for um, clearing that up. 
that thing. And I've always wondered about, like, who these guys are. Well. That don't seem to be making. And when they when they've got names up there with really weird titles, they're the stepsons and nephews of the people with the money. I'll tell you though, you know, if people love watching the TV shows, I over the last twenty some years, it's just as much fun to see how a deal gets made mm-hmm. in this town. Something else. Yep. Something so, else. I'll tell you, what um, kind of brought it up for me mm-hmm. was when I watched the credits roll by. And the actors also show up as executive producers. Yep. And then I'm like, okay, are they actors or are they money or what are they? Well, sometimes in Hollywood to get a really big name person... Besides their salary, they get a piece of the action. And that's just part of the... Uh... And sometimes you'll see the one of the actors listed as the director as well. Mm-hmm. That's true. That must be... Well, when I saw that, I thought, that must be a really hard thing. Yeah, and, and peculiar. I mean, what do you do? Run back and say, okay, now you stand over here and you have to send, and then run back to the other side of the camera. Um, yeah, that was kind of what I thought. It's like yeah, it's, it's, cutting back and forth all the time. It strikes me as a very challenging thing to do, and some of them do it extremely well. Yeah, in, in movies, you know, Clint Eastwood, for example... You know, right. that, and he had some great movies where he did that. Mm-hmm. I can't, I can't imagine what a challenge that would be, especially if he had to run back and forth so fast he would go, "No, Clint, don't do that." <laughs> well, I guess somebody like just think of the old days, like an Ocean Wells, who did Citizen Kane involved in the writing, the directing, the acting. You know, some of those performers are performers having their hand in so many pieces of the pie. Mm-hmm. And it can be interesting. And editing, too. Editing, cutting, all that stuff. Okay. And they can spread themselves so thin. Okay, what is your homework? What are you going to come back with next week? My uh, pad is in the other room. Now, 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 now. <laughs> you were going to look up where Buck Naked came from? Was that yours? No. No, that was mine. Never mind. What were you going to do? And I, and I heard you ask someone else. What? You're cheating. You're asking other people. What am I asking? What did I do? What didn't I do? You have to be kind. My brain was sick this week. What? What? You're asking other people who call in what buck naked means. Oh, yeah, I asked Nolan. He's smart. He didn't know. So, I had a good question. And Oh, and I know what it was. It was, um, I'm going to take take a bye on that, or? Yes. I'm going to take a bye on that. Okay. All right, what was your question? I'm sorry for interrupting. No, that's fine. Um, yeah. And I, and I thought about it in the meantime. And I, I really do think that's a, a Midwestern term. 
or phrase because when in doubt blame it on Indiana well no I'm, Iowa? I'm from Wisconsin Iowa? Wisconsin well I mean if we're going to blame it on somebody blame it on a small state <laughs> a small state no <laughs> Wisconsin will do fine Wisconsin will do fine but uh, no I mean when you say it I'll take a buy on that. Everyone knows what it means. Well, no. Um, you knew what it meant. Well, everyone I talk to knows what it means. Okay. Except you. <laughs> I'm different. I'm adorable. I'm different. Eh, you have that isolated life, you know. No bouts. Yeah. You don't know what I'll take a buy means. You know, no one didn't, and no one didn't either. Isolated. Yeah, well, secluded. Not isolated. Secluded. Hmm. Is it? Yeah, must, must be that, that Florida thing. No, it's, it's the Marlena Dietrich in me. Well. Not quite adorable? Yeah, that one, too. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, Marlena Dietrich was kind of, wasn't she almost reclusive as well? You know, I was talking to one of my students in Germany, mm-hmm. and uh, the conversation went around. And, uh, you know, Marlene Dietrich was fairly famous both over there as an actress mm-hmm. and here. And uh, what my student said was that she was offered, let me think, uh, she said, at the time, $1.5 million to do a movie here, like just before the war, mm-hmm. where uh, they wanted her to sing that, and I don't remember the name of it, but her Hallmark song. Marlena Day, Marlena, so it's the second word, I can't think of it. Lily Marlene? Lily Marlene, yes. Lily Marlene. And she she turned she turned it down because she was going to be about Nazism. And everyone in Germany now thinks that she's sort of a folk hero because she wouldn't make a movie that um advanced the Nazi political cause. Is that true? I, I would not be surprised she spent a ton of time on the front line in Europe entertaining the troops. She was rem- very remarkable serving the country by going out to perform. And I know, I'm trying to remember, she came from Australia just before she came to America the third and trying to be you know, from Germany to Australia, I'm trying to remember the exact cycle. I don't recall right off the bat. But I would not be surprised. Very strong woman. Well, my student was, like, really sure of it and was amazed that I didn't know this. Well, you know, an- another classic German story is Peter Roy. I guess Adolf Hitler loved Peter Roy, one of his favorite movie stars, and he wanted him to come to Germany the 30s to start a movie. And 
Peter Lloyd wrote back flatly said no because you are such a uh, disgrace. And so Adolf Hitler put him number three on his personal hit list. His hit list, yes. I remember reading about that. Yeah. Huh. Unfortunately, he never succeeded. Never did. Fortunately for that. Okay, Dennis, you're off to do your homework. <laughs> uh, yeah, I snuck out of my room. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, you put your jammies back on and go back to bed. <laughs> All right, you guys have fun. All right, All right we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And it's the Breakfast Club. We're up and about. It is the Breakfast Club. One after four in Patricia time, or two after. You can give us a call at 714-545-2071. We love spending our time with you. That's what we do here. That's what we do here. Would you like to know about Diamond, Diamond Jim Brady? I was sure of to know your research, you bet. Do you know what his full name was? Of course not. No, Why would I would anybody not. want to know? I do. It was James Buchanan Brady. No kidding, probably named after the President of the United States. He was born in 1856. Mm-hmm, that would have been about right. That would have been right? Mm-hmm, huh. yep. You're so good at history and <laughs> Okay, that's when James Buchanan would have become president of the United States about that time. Okay, James Buchanan Brady mm -hmm. was born in 1856 and died in 1917. So that was a very nice long life. It's 44, 54. No, it wasn't. 61 years. 61 years. That's not very long at all. Not in today's standards, no. No. Well, they haven't decided whether this is legend or for real, so they're talking about his appetite as being legendary, meaning it, it became so famous, it, it was a legend. However, it is written that, he was a big man too, I mean, not, it, it, I saw a couple of pictures of him, he, he was not, you know, he didn't roll down like a bowling ball, but he was a big man, just big all over. This is what he would eat for, for a day. A typical breakfast, eggs, pancakes, pork chops, cornbread, fried potatoes, hominy, muffins, and a beefsteak. Well, I'll take the beefsteak and the fried potatoes, and I think I can only have room for that. Well, we haven't finished. He also had a gallon of orange juice. Oh, this sounds a little weird. <laughs> I don't know anybody who can drink a gallon of orange juice and eat all that stuff, too. Yeah. However, um, it's... It, just all over the place. This is, uh, he was a very, very big eater. Okay, now, as he called his favorite drink, uh, that was, um, all right, for lunch, he was known to eat two lobsters, deviled crabs, clams, oysters, and beef with pies for dessert. I still wouldn't have room after breakfast to have that. <laughs> move. I mean, you could just move, just move the hand truck in and carry me home. Okay, now we're up to the evening meal that began with an appetizer of two or three dozen oysters, six crabs, and a few servings of green turtle soup. Yeah, I mean, this, this really sounds like legend. He likes fish. There's no doubt about that. Oh, my goodness. And the main course would have been two ducks, six or seven lobsters, a sirloin steak, two servings of terrapin. What is terrapin? E-R-R-A-P-I-N. And a host of vegetables. At least he ate his vegetables. 
Um, and he had a long-time relationship with with actress singer Lillian Russell. Lillian Russell, yeah, I would guess. Thank you, Lillian, somebody, uh, yeah. Well, anyway, among other stuff, mm-hmm. he died of a died of a stroke in his sleep. They think. I mean, it's it it sounds like the legend is a little bit bigger than he was, even though he was a big man. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, we went there. It might have been true. I know, but I don't know, Walden. Well, can you, can you imagine a calorie intake in a day eating all that? I, I I can imagine not being able to have enough time to do anything else every day. I mean, really, I'm a very slow eater. Well, I just can't imagine. I cannot imagine trying to make room to put that away. Yeah, where would you put it on the table? Never mind in your tummy. <laughs> I don't know. Hello there. You're on the air. Well, <clears throat> it sounds like. Yes. He could have wrecked havoc at, at McDonald's. <laughs> Maybe he did. I have something what? for you. I've been waiting for you to call. Well, it's been a rough couple of weeks. What happened? What's the matter? Well, I've had pneumonia. Oh. Oh, my goodness. And I still had to work, and it's just been rough. I can hear that you, you know, it sounds like you just got out of bed, and I didn't realize that we were listening to the leftovers from pneumonia here. Good grief, you were not feeling well and had a horrid cold the last time we talked two weeks ago. Well, I know that, but I say I was on Sunday by Friday. Barbara finally threw a fit, and I had to go to the doctor, and that's when I found out that I had pneumonia. Um, in one lung, and it just started in the other. So I got a hefty shot and big bottle of antibiotic pills and an inhaler and all kinds of junk. And um, I said I was on Friday by Monday. I, I really felt pretty good, and I overdid it that day. We got a big canvas job in here, and I just had to work. And... And the rest of the week I paid for it, but I still had to work, so it's just been one of those things. How are you feeling now? Do what? How are you feeling this very moment? Uh, outside of coughing, probably closer to normal. Wow. You've really been through the mill. Well, yeah, but um, I guess I survived it. But compared to the way I did sound, I, I guess I could probably be considered a nightingale's caller right now. Wow. Well, you know, it's kind of sexy. Oh, really? Yeah, that like, kind of echo, that, that echo, like the Lone Ranger, that really, okay. deep, that really deep echo voice. So, I, I, well, I don't have a horse. <laughs> Three-headed cat? Are you serious? No, no, no. I said all I have is three head of cats. What am I missing here? Walden, help me. I don't understand this either. It must be North Carolina talk. No. Now they always talk about they got so many head of cattle. I've got three head of cats. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. I'm sorry. I was slow. I am sorry. I am sorry. 
I do have something for you, though. <laughs> okay. I found a word all by myself. All right, that's good. Yeah, we didn't talk about young'uns. No, well, you can't learn everything overnight. It just takes time. I know, but, but you, know, you, were, you were talking about we-uns and you-uns and... I know, but, but, but you, you're coming up with things that are so familiar that... I don't even think to bring them up to you. Everybody knows that kind of thing. Well, I guess everybody doesn't. Oh, uh, well. Buddy, I'm a somebody. I'm adorable. I'm an adorable somebody. Okay. Well, and, and what... we're just trying to get you educated. <laughs> <laughs> well, I found, uh, Dennis has me looking up expressions, you know, the idiomatic expressions that we have in this country. And somebody asked me the other day, where did catty corner and kitty corner come from? And it came from the South that changed around a word named, and it, it was actually two words. It was catter, C-A-T-E-R, corner. And the word catter meant a diagonally across, like catty corner. But when it got to the South, and I don't know how they picked the date, Howard, um, just the messenger here. In 1883, it was first recorded in the South as Caddy Corner because people tend to lock on to what is more familiar. And Caddy sounded a whole lot more familiar than Catter. So that's how Caddy Corner was born. Oh, yeah. Well, I just thought I would finish that. That, that, was, that was done that day at 11.23 on Saturday night. <laughs> Yes. Well, thank you. Which day? Uh, it was 1883. Which day? I have to think about that. I'm not sure. I just know it was 1123 that night. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm really sorry, and I know you're not feeling well, so I shouldn't put this kind of pressure on you. Well, no. Um, there again, I'd heard both expressions all my life, but I'd never known where they come from, and I, I really question that, the... the a year even, but um, I don't know how anybody would know I, well, who's, sitting, who's sitting around recording all this. Uh-huh. I think, um, like Walden said last week, how many tens of thousands of words are now officially added to the Oxford Dictionary. 46,000. 46,500. I mean, it's just incredible to me that there can be that many new words being added. And yeah. so it would be the first time a word was recorded, and it will be listed as 2011, and I guess the same thing happened through the 1800s as well. And the first time a word was recorded in a dictionary as a local word. Well, that's a possibility. Yeah, and, and it was in the 1883 edition, because that's the way it was put, the first recorded, the, the word that it was first recorded in 1883, so I'm assuming that's the first time it appeared in a dictionary. But I thought it was kind of interesting that you guys created a, a word for us. Well, there are more. <laughs> Why doesn't that surprise me? Do you know what? Do you know what T A R is? Tar. Uh huh. Oh. Do you know what A T A R is? A tar. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's a thing that goes on the back of a car, or you know, four wheels. Well, Wait, you we are getting smarter. A flat tar. Well, not if it ain't flat, but anyway. <laughs> but you're right. Um, Did I do good? I really, I really wasn't expecting you.
guess that's a correct answer. Well, you know, they, you might have had a second one. Well, you got at least four and maybe five if, if you're lucky. Okay. I'm, I'm doing really well. You are. Okay. Well, you see, see you, you just got a different mindset now from what you used to have. <laughs> so you, you recognize educated things a little better. <laughs> You'll get me educated. Uh, well, I'm trying. Do I, do I get any kind of a certificate when I reach a particular level? Oh, yes. I will, I will be glad to do that when you graduate. I graduate. When, when I graduate? Yeah. When, when, <laughs> um, when is my target graduation day? I mean, like... Well, I don't know that. I don't know. It just depends on how fast you can learn. A very fast learner. You told me that. Now... Yeah, well... So, like, so three years, there, years? There, there's a lot to learn. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I've been going to school here 63 years. And they didn't give you a graduation certificate? No, <laughs> but, but, you know, hopefully another year, so I'll be in the second grade. <laughs> well, now, wait a minute. You've got 63 years to get into the second grade, and you're trying to teach me? <laughs> well, yeah. I'm trying to teach you everything I know. <laughs> Doesn't say well for me, does it? <laughs> well, I don't know. Oh my. Okay. Well, I have to tell you that I've got the. Um, I did pack up the um, the external hard drive. Yes, ma'am. And the outside of the box says it includes software. Howard, I swear to you, there is no software with this. But I have one more place to check before I put this in the mail. If it arrives without software, it's because you don't need software. I think okay. they were referring to something for the Mac, not for a PC. Well, a lot of times, the guy that works on my computer, son, mm -hmm. can, go, can go find drivers on the Internet and download them. He's done that before. Okay, that's excellent, because I did go to the site. It's Seagate, which is uh, you know, really... Um, yeah, I'm familiar with Seagate. Yeah, and they've got drivers at their site that you can download, but honest to goodness, cross my heart, I don't think you have to. But it just, it tossed me when I was, I was putting this in the box, and I looked, and I said, software? I don't have any software. I found, I mean, I had the, the manual and the here's the quick way to set it up type stuff, but right. I swear I don't, but I'll check one more place. You know, make sure that I didn't tuck a CD in with my collection of CDs, but... Well, like I said, a lot of times he can, he can find stuff. Okay, well, I'll go ahead and don't have it. it. I, I don't think that's a big deal. Okay, I will just seal the box then. That's fine. Okay. Well, I won't stay on here. I, I just, it been a couple of weeks, and <laughs> I listened to you just a Well, I listened to no one a few minutes on Sunday, I think, and I had to go, and was I am really so sorry that you're going through this. I mean, it, it sounds like you were really feeling miserable. Well, I was, and, and where we're having to, to sew is kind of a half-open building, and the wind and all blows through there like crazy, and we got a, constru a construction heater out there, but when the wind's blowing, you can forget it. 
Uh-huh. And um, Barbara still did most of it. A couple of days, I just couldn't hardly do nothing, but I still had to get out there and help her. And we're only about half through with it right now. Although we did get a couple of real good days, but uh, we've had some more bad ones too. And we're fighting the clock, and it just looks like everything is going wrong as it can. It's, you know, it's, it's a lot of work and, and a time consuming job, but it's about as easy as you can get. And um, it just, everything seems to have gone wrong, it looks like. It was just taking time she's been sick, and then I got pneumonia, and it, it just, it's been a mess. The kind of time where you just want to stand up and say, wait a minute, we get a do-over here. Let's start all over again. But none of us Yeah, have if, if I wasn't pushed so hard for time, yeah. they're trying to get through in a, a plant down there at Raleigh, and what we are making goes in the plant, and we've still got seven curtains to make by Thursday night. And if we get some real good weather, I think we can do it. But if not, it's going to be something. I just I just don't know. But we're trying. Under normal conditions, how long would it take you to do the seven? Um, if you were recording a job. It, take, it would probably take the four days if, you know, providing we got good weather. We've had, let's see, there's 14 total. And we've spent all week working on seven of them. We just finished the seventh one last night. And but if we got, you know, decent weather and, and nothing goes wrong, it shouldn't be any problem. But, you know, if, 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 if. You don't have any fudge room. don't always work very well. Yeah. No fudge room. But, you know, don't misunderstand me. We're glad to have the work and, and all that. It's just. I understand. They, they push so hard. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do understand that. But we'll get there. Wow. Are, are you in the market for a question before you hang up? Well, yeah, I will. <laughs> I knew I could depend on you. All right, Fibber McGee and Molly question. Okay. Which branch of the armed services did Mayor Latrivia join? Coast Guard. Oh. All right, way to go. I asked somebody, uh, I asked that question last week, and it's sitting here green because nobody got Lord, that answer, and we went through the Army, no, the Navy, no, the Marines, no, the Air Force, no. Well, we when, that, one was on, <laughs> that one was on there a lot. That he was in the, uh, in the Coast Guard? Oh, yeah, and, and even after the war, you know, he, he would make references to it, like, the time that Fever bought the, the surplus generator and was trying to get it going. Uh-huh. And and he bought it from Fever and all and well this is just the kind that of we used when I was in the Coast Guard and mm -hmm. stuff like that. He, they would make a lot of references to it over the years. And they did while he was in the Coast Guard and off the show. Yes. Would frequently make comments about it as well when they were doing uh, you know, some of their support shows. So uh -huh. you are you are so right. Okay, this means I can send you something. Well, I'm still, I, I was thinking. Um, send him seven rods. I, 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 I got to do some more thinking. I'm not sure um, what they would suggest. We'll come up with something eventually. Okay. <laughs> I used up all your brains on the question. Oh. You don't have any thinking left. Use, but it's all right. 
Okay. Well, I'm, I just need to be proud of me that I'm still doing my homework here. Oh, yes, absolutely. Okay. Well, I'll let y'all get back at it, and uh, I'll call again as soon as reasonable. Okay, I hope you feel better. By golly, and I hope the week goes well and that everything is in your favor. Oh, me too, yeah. I hope by next winter we won't have this area closed in where we're having to work. We won't have this problem, but um, looks like we will. Oh, wow. I got oh, wow. half of it done about two years ago and ran out of money for the box and stuff. And, um, it still just blows through there like a tornado, so hopefully, before it gets cold again, we'll have it all closed in. Okay, we'll hang in there with you. All righty, we'll see y'all again. Right. Feel better. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wow. Boy, oh boy, pneumonia. Ooh, ouch. And then to have to work, besides, you, you don't give your body much of a break mm. under those circumstances. Nope, you don't. Mm-mm. Nope, nope, nope. 714-545-2071, number. We're up and about. Yes, we are. Mm-hmm. Um, what have I got here? Oh, I got, oh, I'm, excuse me, I'm going to sneeze. This is Yesterday USA, and I'm, let's see what we got. Why don't we, why don't we <laughs> drop in a little thing? Here we go. There we go. Cream of wheat. As soon as I said I'm going to sneeze, I didn't have to sneeze anymore. You know that happened. Yeah, but you figured, why not? You play it. Thank you. Thank you. I do have a question from Chad for you. Chad is one of our friends and supporters who is in the chat room almost every night. And he said, I have a question for Walden. He wants to stump you. Good. Okay, now the question is... Which old-time radio show starring Groucho Marx was later remade? And it's okay if you don't know because it's kind of tricky here. We can hear Lovable's brain taking over there. Your lovable brain is overworking. Uh-huh. Well, I'm good. I'm just, I would sure say you bet your eyes go with made from radio and the TV, but that's probably not the right answer. Well, I, I picked the same thing. I didn't even realize that there was another show, Flywheel Shyster and Flywheel. Yeah. I, I knew that show, but I didn't know what he meant by being remade. Well, that, that was the tricky part. Uh-huh. In the 1990s, the BBC oh, yes. discovered some scripts, right. and they produced it. Correct, yeah. yeah. So what what would you like me to report to Chad? Tell him that he wants a CD. Well, let's not get carried away here. <laughs> <laughs> I told him he could win a CD if he calls in, but he's not going to get one by proxy. 
Shows. I have four, and so Patricia probably has them. Yeah, I've, I've got, I think I sent them to you. Um, there are only four shows that anybody knows about. We share some when I talk to her about it, definitely remembers it. It was funny. I never Great show. Before. It's out, it wound up being sort of the forerunner of the, uh, the TV with Eddie Albert. Ron, where did you hear the show? On a, on a website. I just has happened by accident. On a, on a live 365 website, I guess old-time comedy or whatever. Ah, uh, okay. Oh, yeah, but that was funny. Uh, it, I believe it was one of uh, a serial similar to like Vic and Sade or Lemon Abner. Uh, I mean, it was uh, completely... They lived in a house and they found a house on the farm. Right. The farm was a real <laughs> run-down, whatever, and, and that kind of... And, and Polly Bear played the, the, the ranch hand on it. There you go. That's the one. Yeah. That's the one. Be there, be there, what's the, what's the, uh, the mother, Louise Harrison, was the daughter... Uh, Michael, Michael Ryan, or Ryan Philpel, you went by two names, with uh, the boyfriend. Nostalgia. I'll play with Nostalgia. Hopefully then I can win that seed, some, some souls of that, and mix up, mix up, kind of, whatever, I don't Well, I'll give you another clue. Well, now, what other show that Gail go and play the father on? With a 15-minute show? He played, um, he played the father for, I mean, he was hired to Oh, right, right. Father. But let's see, who else? There was another series, and, and it was a 15-minute daily show in 1954. Really? Mm-hmm. He played the father in this show. Oh, oh help, Ron. Uh, his, his daughter was played by uh, Margaret Whiting's sister, uh, Barbara. Barbara Whiting. Right. 
Junior Miss, right? She yes, was a daughter, correct. right? Yep, yeah, it was Junior Miss, yeah. And so that's Gail Gordon and that. And we have, and the fourth, the female episodes floating around from that show. Well, I know Junior Miss, her sister, by the way, sister's name was Lois. Uh-huh. That's right. Her sister, yeah. That's right. And her friend was, Lois had a friend named Buffy or Buffy. whatever. Buffy, yeah, absolutely. Buffy. Yeah, I don't know, I, I remember that show.